Hey podcast listeners, this is Caleb from Team Gary V. I just wanted to let you know that today's episode is something new. It is a six and a half hour daily V from Agent 2021 in Miami. We're really curious to hear what you think about it. So tweet Gary at Gary V-E-E on Twitter and let him know what you thought of the episode. What's up everybody, super excited. The marathon video you're about to watch is from Agent 2021. I told Caleb, show Caleb, show Caleb. There's a lot of credit. I'm not sure how this final edit comes out. Two, three, four hours, but nonetheless, similar to our day in Dubai, we got such great feedback. This one specifically because of the real estate mortgage kind of auto industry, I just knew that this was so rich with so much information. It was actually overwhelming, so we're putting it all out for you. Hope you enjoy this marathon. Hope you get the value that I'm hoping you get. Enjoy. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Fort Lauderdale, uh, here for Agent 2021, a little warm. Caleb's wearing shorts, look at this, look at this. Look at this, this man is wearing shorts and I'm super fired up because I see my parents for lunch, which is a rarity. This literally might be the first time in 13, 14 years I'm having lunch with my parents. So I'm excited about that and lots of new topics. Uh, 4Ds you're about to see in today's episode, some random thoughts. I'm gonna try to drop some nuggets and do some Q&A because Caleb is really good at finding micro content when he's vlogging. I'm fired up, I'm excited that DRock's not here, so that would be good because everyone's like, where's DRock? I'm gonna point, he's in India for Sid's wedding, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna point to Caleb, that's DRock, so it should be a good day. Martineo, pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. Okay, I look a little crazy, I'm coming off the plane, but thanks. Perfect, awesome. thank you so <laughs> much, welcome. have a great time. Thank you. I'm trying to do live a lot more. Just randomly, just like super randomly. This might be two four two. Did Robbie Deeks die or something? What up, Twitter? Um, trying to do a better job of uh, of live streaming in 2019. It's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big agenda for me. This is Caleb, the better-looking D-Rock. We're waiting for Robbie Deeks, uh, who uh, who's in our ecom team. We just landed in Florida. We got four Ds here. We got the Agent 2021 conference tomorrow. Um, just hustling, just hustling. And uh, that's it. So let me answer some questions. What up, what up, what up? What up, what up, what up? What up, name's Mick. What's up, PW, AMV, Noah, good to see you. Big shout out to Amsterdam. Sorry, It's okay. Trying to wait. 
Actually, where's Robbie? I see him texting me. I love you guys. Yeah, this guy's beard's insane, right? Caleb, I'm telling you, he makes such great micro content. Pressure's on. All right, I gotta find Robbie Deeks. That's it, Twitter, I love you. Have a great day. Let's go. Ready. So enjoy your stay. Come back too. This jacket is a little too heavy What? This jacket is a little too heavy for me. Yours? Sorry. Yo, I don't think Wizard of Oz gets enough credit. Like Wizard of Oz is like Netflix, like Tesla, like Instagram, like Pokemon Go, all in one. It's, it's not like, original, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, none of this remix. No, <laughs> what fucking uh, Michael Jackson's version? I mean, what are you talking about? No, the original. I didn't even know there was another Wizard of Oz. Like. Starring Britney Spears or something like. Follow the yellow brick road. 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 Follow the yellow brick What's up, bro? Wizard of Oz. What's the? What'd you take away from the movie? Dude, Wizard of Oz, like, like just. That is the first movie that went to color, right? I think so. Sure. I, yeah, I'm almost sure that that movie is the first color movie, like in color, okay. and like just and the way they did it was black and white in the beginning. Remember? And then they, when they go yeah. to Oz, it goes yeah. to color. That must have just blew people's mind. Imagine living in a black and white world. Right. That must have just been like, like I I think like I think there's like these sentimental technology jump moments, like the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Like just made everything else like, like the razor and like BlackBerry were like dead. Yeah. Like obviously people held on to it. Back. Yeah. There was people like, no, I like black and white movies better. Like the yeah. other big jump that if you're like my age, you really really know was the Atari to Nintendo jump. That was like, that was crazy. Right. Like, that was like, wait, we have an arcade in our house, because the graphics in Atari were like nowhere close to the arcade. Yeah. I mean, Super Mario just like blew your face off. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be what like VR is. That's exactly right. CD and cassette tape wasn't like a blow your mind thing. I thought I thought the iPod though, of like being yes, the iPod was that's exactly the iPod was nuts. Just having that much music. Yeah. It was crazy. Like all those CD towers were no longer needed. Um, coming out of the momentum. Yes.
that's that's probably our goal. Thank you. How are you? I'm Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I love that that was the way, honestly, for all the people watching now on Instagram, the fact that that's the way you answered it made my heart smile. Yes. If you want it, if you want to live the life that you want to win, the answer's always going to be more until you're fucking satisfied. Thumbnail, uh, thumbnail strategy is monstrous. 89% of the time, the team has made a thumbnail I feel good about. Uh, once in a while, intuitively, I'm like, eh, and I'll play with the thumbnail. Um, but we design for the thumbnail. And if you're watching carefully on my Instagram, this is what we always talk about, watch what I do, not what I say. And that's why I like when Caleb does Daily V because he's asking me, better questions than D-Rock and Jason are. Um, these, these are the valuable nuggets in a vlog that are actually like what we should be focused on, so good job. Thank you. Yeah, leave a comment, hashtag Caleb's the best. Um, so to answer in full, like you have to give a lot of thought to your thumbnail on Instagram because you got a hundredth of a second a lot of times in that swipe and that could be the difference between something that reaches a million people or reaches a hundred thousand people and so um, it matters. And so I think about it every time. But the team's incredible. Like literally eight, nine, that one obviously that's an arbitrary number, but like eight, nine out of 10 times I go with, maybe even more, probably 19 out of 20 times, probably 29 out of 30 times I go with the thumbnail the team has done because they've got their shit down. I don't even know why this one felt a little, you know, off. So I, I did it. I even put a filter on it because normally I go with the color that the team does. And I'm also inherently good at testing, right? Um, I really live my thesis. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see what happens. What about the first line of copy that... You know, one thing that you guys probably don't know, and I'm glad you filmed it, I post every single Instagram photo. Maybe you can tell because I don't have good grammar skills and you probably always tell it to me, but like, I, I was with somebody last night that was a former Vayner employee, and she's like, do you review everything before they post it on Instagram? I'm like, I post it. So I have the gaps that you have when I'm like, just gonna say one more time for all you influencers out there or people building out teams, like the copy's imperative. Copy's a monster. I even could tell last night I had a post that should have done better, but I was tired and I mailed in the copy. I did like three words, like impact instead of like the thoughtful shit that I write now 90 out of 100 times. Yep. And it hurt it. Interesting. 100%. What, what are you trying to do in that first line? Um, I'm just trying to communicate. I, I'm not overly gaming the copy of like, I think I'm a good copywriter as a salesman, as a, you know? So I'm just trying to write my truth that rounds out the video. I always rewatch, I don't know what you just caught, but I'll rewatch the video. 
like, cause a lot of these videos we talk about, it's in the clips, I'll watch them, but uh, before I post, I always, 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 always re-re-re-re-watch re, the video. The whole thing. The whole thing, the whole thing. Even if I watched it an hour ago, I'll re-watch it again and immediately go and write copy to normally either do one of two opposite things, round out what the clip didn't say or reinforce the main point of the clip. I've obviously I have no engagement, but like on my personal Instagram, I've started doing long form copy, just trying to do what you're doing, and it works like crazy. It's really copy crazy. is the underrated aspect right now of Instagram. Shit. Hi, welcome, welcome back. Thank Good you. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Thank I'll you. escort you. They're in the process of putting up the signs. I, I actually see just it. complete there, and they're very nice. A hundred percent. It's going to. It's going to be like the fifth major. Yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, man, this is the U.S. Open, but better. Like, I mean, the U.S. Open's amazing, but this is like such a sweet setup. One of the things I think I'm very passionate about, I do think every single company should have a fifteen to $25,000 hero video as like their main commercial for the year. Like that should be, and you use it all the time. It's your pin tweet. It's your, like, right? So like, so I've decided I'm gonna write a book. It's called The Unlock to the Current State of Content. So just gonna own it, right? And in one, and I'm gonna break it into like for entrepreneurs, for SMBs, for corporate, right? And one of the things it's gonna say for SMBs is like you should make a hero video that is your commercial for the year. And you know, if we do that as a freelance network, where we're, you know, like the millions of Caleb's that live in Washington State or Kansas City, the lead comes in, we quality control, to, that will be what our work is, and then it's just literally like, bloop, Kansas City, nine people, bid, boom. <laughs> you think about that, Arb. You're, you're, you're in for seven, you're charging 35, but you're doing 17 a week. It's a business. All right, this is the time to go very selfish. Don't try to come up with a question that you think everybody else is gonna enjoy. This is the time to like ask your question or two, silly. Let's rock and roll. So one of my, one of my biggest problems has been uh, the culture and employees in my office and hiring the right people. Yes. The people that typically work in a doctor's office get paid like $14 an hour and it's really hard to get good people. Yes. So. That's one of my. I, let's let's I talk about it. Where to go to start finding good people? Because everywhere I go, I can't. I get lucky when I get somebody, you know, and I'm just so thankful and grateful. But it's usually word of mouth, someone else. It's not. Look, online. this is probably one of the areas I have a lot of expertise in. When I took over operations for my dad's liquor store, we paid people five oh five an hour, and this was literally the number one point. And my dad was also very cliche, first generation immigrant owner, which was every employee sucks, right? Like no matter what. And even if, and the best ones got treated the worst actually. It was like this whole fucked up situation. So nonetheless, couple things. This is actually a stunningly easy uh, answer 
and outrageously difficult for small businesses to execute. Number one, pay $18 an hour. Let's, start, let's go block by block. If I, if, you know, if I bought your bus- into your business and now we were partners and we started tomorrow and you're like, all right, here we are, 9 a.m. Monday, right? You'd say, this is our biggest problem. I'd say, okay, who are our competitors and or similar businesses to us, even if they didn't do the same exact thing? Doctors, offices versus dermatologists, dentists, whatever, right? And how do we figure out, and I'm being dead serious right now, how do we figure out, like I used to go to liquor stores as a customer and if I thought somebody had any level of hustle or charisma, I took no, I didn't try, I always, it's funny, I would go to see it. I never would poach somebody in it because that for some reason was my line of disrespectful. But then I would always come back to my store and ask my salespeople who were part of the industry to get me that person's number or do you know this person? You could call, read Yelp reviews, you could figure out who they are and literally just pay them more. People create, I don't know your business, but when I hear I wanna grow, create abundance for my family, but not always be there, that means you have to hire people. Like, like if you don't wanna be there and you wanna be home or you wanna at least be able to mentally relax on a Friday afternoon, well then you need to pay 18, not 14. People create these arbitrary numbers. Well, salespeople in, in the Sugarland area, they get this commit, like, why? Do you know why people are charging 30% for like back-end kind of infrastructure on technology? Because Apple decided 30% was the rake they were gonna take for the App Store and that became the standard. And had they decided 27, bless you Reed, or 33 or something else, that's what everybody would do. So $14 an hour is the current state of the current market for a million different reasons, but that has nothing to do with you. You know, all the time, like people, my, my senior executive team was like, but this is what's going on in the industry. I'm like, that has nothing to do with Vayner. There's places where we have to overpay and there's places we should not pay anything because we're Vayner. Like, you have to play in the reality. So the first thing that comes to mind is you'll get better people if you pay 18 and if you run the math and you can afford that, there's something funny that happens. You may make a little less profit in the next six months, but if you have better people, you'll probably make more profit in 2020 and have more time for yourself. People don't invest in their businesses and people choose, you know, I do this all the time too, which is why I have empathy. You're gonna grind it out because you're looking for a little bit more, mar- like it, it's, it's a very simple thing that way. So n- the first thing I would definitely do is be open to pay differently, right? Number two, then you get into retention and retention's really completely predicated on communication. You have to be willing to. My dad would never talk to his employees because he didn't want them to ask him for a raise. It's real. Like, and so that worked for nobody. He might have extracted a little less cost for six or nine months, but then he had to deal with the ramifications of people leaving, right? I think it's communication. You know, everybody's gonna evolve in what they want. Sometimes it's more money, sometimes it's more days off, sometimes it's more responsibility. But, you know, to me, this is actually a stunningly easy fix. How about screening? Like, how do you choose it? That I've got a good answer for, I think, as well. I just think you do the best you can, but you fire faster. As somebody who thinks he has disproportionately great intuitive EQ, the amount of bad hires and bad deals I've made has been extraordinary. So if I'm losing at that level, 
what do people that have no emotional intelligence or no feel for people? Got it? And people have ego wrapped up in hiring well. Like it means something. I think you just gotta go with your gut, which is what you've been doing anyway. I mean, I love, like I've never read a resume in my life or referrals. They're vigged. You're not gonna ask somebody for a referral that's gonna say you're shit. <laughs> right? Like it's the stupidest system of all time. It's a complete waste of time. So I never looked at resumes. I never do referrals. I make decisions, I hire, and then I fire. I mean, there was, I fired somebody I hired at Vayner two years ago, within the last two years, I hired them and basically fired them in my head a day and a half later. I knew I fucked up, I, I, I knew I was taking, it was, to me it was like, this is either gonna be the greatest or the worst. It was the worst. And so like, and it cost me money, but whatever you move on. What's nice about, about hourly employees like what was great about Wine Library and your situation, you hire somebody for seven, eight, 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour, you fire them, you don't even, you know, if you gave severance, you didn't have, you know, what's a little bit tougher when you get into like a bigger company and people are making real dollars and they're moving across the country, there's a level of guilt that I felt that I would have to have a severance package so it got a little more expensive but when you're in the $14 an hour business, fucking, you know, it's funny, I told Brandon this, who runs Wine Library now, and it's really helped Wine Library the last three years. I used the Seattle Seahawks championship season as the example. One of the things that struck me about the Seahawks when they won like five or six years ago, there was a big conversation around how they kept cutting the 52nd, 53rd, 51st player on the team and the practice squad. They were churning the bottom a lot. And they were able to, because of that, find some gems that then helped the team. And for some reason, that made me think about Wine Library, and I called Brandon, I'm like, you need to start firing more and hiring more in perpetuity until people over-index. Because you know this, what's amazing about paying people between 10 and 15 bucks an hour is the delta is from remarkable to straight shit, right? Sometimes you get lucky. When I think about some of the people and their impact on our business when I was building Wine Library that were paid nine or 10 or 11 bucks an hour, it was remarkable. It was circumstantial situations of their lives. Their dad died, they were a shit student, whatever it might be that they were just unbelievably sharp and hardworking, and then there was 88% of the rest, which was terrible. I would pay more and I would fire faster. Are you bad at firing? Because I'm, terri- I'm terrible at it. I was really bad, I hated confrontation. Me too. I kind of gotten, Better? I had a very toxic environment in my office, so I ended up getting rid of pretty much everybody. Good. Yeah, That's and good. I, and now I have like two employees, but I'm happy because I go to work the end. and it's calm. Right, you have no tension. There's, it's just like a peaceful good. oasis, so I'm rebuilding. Good know? for you. I, w- I, w- I would get more educated on the 10 to 15 mile radius of anything that you think even remotely, somebody that works at a spa, like anything that remotely you think maps to you, and I would try to figure it out and then offer more. My Mendoza line was don't offer a job in a liquor store. Yours might not be. You might just go to a spa or a tanning salon or whatever. You know, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to widen your thing than something specifically. I've thought of going to Sephora. I feel a little guilty. Sometimes I see somebody there and I'm like, oh, she would be great in my office. She's ask her for her card. Yeah, yeah, ask for the card. I feel kind of guilty. Ask for the card. You know, yeah. look, Sephora's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like, Sephora's so. going to be okay. But for Karen, this might be the breakthrough because you might be the inspiring entrepreneur that she looks up to. She's not gonna get that at Sephora. 
that may change the course of her life. So I think you should ask Sephora salespeople for if they want to get paid more to work for your place. Okay. I didn't do it because there was other small liquor stores, but if there was a Sephora of liquor stores, that would have been where I would have gone. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I guess if you were army of one and like where would you start with all of all of this? It depends on what your ambition is. Right? So like, you know, that's the most important question. Like for me, the number one ambition for me coming out of school was to repay my parents. So that's what I did. Built a business for my parents for 12 years. Then I went on to my, like, so, like there's just, the most important question is what are you trying to do? Like, are you trying to make more money? Are you trying to build a huge company? Are you looking for legacy? Do you want to move to Seattle? I'm sure those will change over time. I Uh, I agree. There are things that I would, I mean, there are things that I would like to do for my parents. They don't need me to take care of them yep. by any means. They've yep. done all right for themselves yep. and God bless them. But sure, there's something that I would, I would like to get my dad a Porsche just because I feel like he would have fun in, <laughs> in that car because he drives an SUV for work every day. And so does that cool. come in the form of like you just want your business to grow? Yeah, I just want the business to grow. And so being just an army of one and not having maybe what Facebook what and Instagram here, video content about you being a real estate agent. Okay. There's nothing even remotely close. I don't know what to say. No, it's like, fine. It's, you know, it's similar to the thing you said, and to your point, the fact that I wrote Crush It in 2008, and it came out in 2009, and we're here 11, 10, 11 years later, and the reality is most of the advice is pretty much the same. It's just, to your point, remarkable of how right that was when, no, I mean, people still don't see it, and this was a decade ago. If you literally, this is actually true, if you literally, People struggle, all of you struggle producing content because you think you have to have something to say. And my point is, if you just tell me what happened, that's more than enough on the delta of not doing anything at all. If you literally took your phone and said, and I just ate a sub at <laughs> you know, DC Central Subs, aren't these fucking great? Like, in the, however you communicate that, but authentically, I mean, you know, it's been, you know, a lot of people, you know, I'm just back to fucking great. A lot of people talk about my cursing now as a strength. If you go read all the comments about me cursing in 2009, 10, 11, it was such a liability. I think if you authentically communicate and don't try to posture, one of the biggest mistakes in the real estate industry is people posture. They get into the business, the first thing they do is they go buy a suit that's more expensive than the amount of money they have in life because they think if they put that on a credit card and look the part, look the part to be the part, it's fucking ludicrous. What, what you're doing is you're faking it. If you can't buy a Tom Ford suit, you can't buy a Tom Ford suit. So I think if you authentically you know, navigate, it will be a lead gen operating thing, especially if you learn the things that were talked about today. You can run, this is why I asked you the question, why mic- microclimates, you can write your videos in Bunker Hill. Like you, like it's like, mm-hmm. and and then if you know you're running the Facebook and Instagram ads in Bunker Hill, the video starts with like, "Hey Bunker Hill, it's me." It fucking works. It's just that, I guess my advice reminds me more of fitness, right? If everybody here was like, "Hey, I want to get into shape," I'd be like, "Okay, eat more protein and vegetables, go to the gym seven days a week. Two or three of those days should be rest and work on fascia, and you know, like, because your body can't take it. The other days lift, you know." cut out sugar, drink water instead of, like, it's so basic, but 99% of people don't do it. 
This is why there's such a crazy thing with my world. The reason my world's so interesting in marketing is I'm willing to give it all away for free and the few people that are actually so disciplined to actually do it get such remarkable results that they become such radical advocates but the information's outrageously tactical and basic and, and the best thing I tell people, I think, for all of you as I'm trying to give you ammo for yourself, running a media company, watch what I'm doing. I do nothing for no reason. It's either a test or it's tried and true. I mean, there's some people that tell me they literally have now, that finally clicked to them and they're just for beta, basically black and white copying it exactly to whatever they are. If I have like seven hashtags in a post, their next thing has seven hashtags, they just use real estate in this neighborhood instead of you know entrepreneurship. So I, I really believe that it's the volume of content and I'm glad when I asked a couple questions, all three of you basically said the same thing, which means the team is drilling it home. I've decided in the last 48 hours I'm gonna write a new book and it's gonna be called Now what I need to get people to understand is most people say, well my life is boring and I have nothing to say and they just don't put out content. And I'm just like, if your first video of every day was about the Nationals or the Capitals or the Wizards, you will get business. Because I promise you, if you made fucking Jets content and I saw it, I'd buy my house from you. That's how I make decisions. It's better than not. Right. But, but, it's a, but, but I love that you said, I love how quickly you responded. It's a very important moment. Just so you know, 99.999% of everybody who's ever heard anything from me decided not is better than the Wizards thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just have a lot to say. And so like, I, and this is why I got into that. There's a reason, I, is, docu- is that conversation with the young man, the document over create, that's one of the most watched, that's my most watched YouTube video, right? It's long. And I think it's, I, it's most watched because that theory of document you know, over create is a game changer. I mean, I get thousands of emails a month about that singular piece of advice. Some people don't, you know, if, you have, if you're willing to share your family or personal life, that's gold because people love reality TV, I'm not. But you could talk literally about the most mundane shit and as long as you circle in the neighborhoods that you, like, I'm telling you, I've been trying to tell this to the real estate industry for a while. I think if you made a piece of content around a pothole on a street that hasn't been fixed for six months, it's the most viral Facebook, Instagram content. Because everybody in a neighborhood knows everything. You know what I mean? Like, you know? I have these dreams that somebody in real estate is eventually gonna realize that if there's like a tree in a small town in Kansas that every couple carved their names into and they took a week to figure out who the first fucking couple was and then found them and interviewed them on FaceTime while they were in a retirement home in Miami, like that would go batshit crazy in that little community and then they would be the fucking mayor virtually of that community which then would lead to them getting business. Like how do you get, I love when people at, like tomorrow will say to me, tomorrow because this is this event, somebody's gonna come up to me and be like, Gary, I love you and your team's advice, but I'm Carol. I fucking own Outer Beverly Hills. I've been there for 22 years. Like, I don't need it. I've got the reputation. And she's right-ish. And that's what you can speed up with one viral piece of neighborhood content on Facebook and Instagram. You just get full penetration and awareness. Like, everybody who does real estate in the state of Texas should only go to every high school football game and become the local high school football personality. Cause it's religion. I would literally interview every one of those fucking high school kids. It's content that everybody in town gives a fuck about. And then everybody's gonna be like, who's Barry? 
oh, he's that real estate guy that interviews all the kids. Well, I'm selling my home. I mean, it's literally, that's how it works. So the answer is more volume, but the part that everyone's struggling with is nobody's, it's all insecurities. Nobody's listening. I only got two likes. It doesn't look good. Is, this, is anybody listening to this? Everybody quits. Everybody gets hyped when I hype them like this. Then they do it for four days, a week, a month. Nothing happens. They're like, fuck that. I, uh, you know what, Caleb, can you actually put this right into this vlog right now? You know how we put up those, AJ got me for my birthday, like historic tweets that I've tweeted and we put them in a frame and it's right outside my office? Did you look carefully at the 2009 and 2010 tweets, how much engagement they had? Versus now? Yeah, did you or not? Uh, no. You know that some of those tweets only had two likes and a share? I did know, yes. Yeah. People forget what my 2009 and 10 looked like. <laughs> Everybody starts with only one like. You had more hair though. More hair now. More hair now? No, back then? back then? Yeah, back then. But it looks, you know, a lot of people think like I have more hair now, mainly because like I would shave, it was just a way. I wish I had more hair now. It's a cool hair. I appreciate it, Reed. So I think, I think that's the answer. I really do. I really do. Contextual content mm-hmm. and media spent against it in that neighborhood will lead to enormous awareness. It's like running Super Bowl commercials. Got it? Mm-hmm. That's it. And here's the tactical part. You put a ton of content, eventually something kind of goes viral and you spend a fuckload of money against it because people prove that they gave a fuck. But think like a local newspaper. Like if I, like again, if, like this is the stuff I'm telling my sister. And the reason my sister has been doing pretty well besides any impact that I have on her is she's gone authentic. Her posts are like, I suck at real estate. It's my first year, I haven't sold shit. And people are like loving my sister because she's telling the truth. And that doesn't come natural to her. She was brought up in an Eastern European household that says posture to the outside. So like I've chipped away at her. I was like, you can't fake it. And that's why people are resonating with it. It's just the truth. A lot of people hold the truth back as a leverage point to make more margin. Everybody in real estate and auto made more money pre-internet. Now the customer's educated. I'm about to build the biggest agency in the world that I'm gonna write a book and tell everybody how to do it. All my competitors. Because I know it's execution, right? Former employee, I know Jesse, you know him well, right, right? He went out and went to go do a Gary V thing until he emailed me this weekend and says, I need a job. Because you have to be able to execute. Throw a football 73 yards on a dime if you want to play there. Cool, now go do it. It's the fucking execution. Cool. But it is content, brother. By the way, I, I think I, did I tweet it today? Uh, in, my, uh, in my latest Instagram post, I posted it. Everybody here is gonna be really sad when social media is not the current thing. Somebody knew that the yellow pages were right and they owned it for a decade and built a great business. Amazon knew that Google AdWords were right and built the biggest company in the world. So did Gary Vaynerchuk and helped his dad build a big liquor store. You can't let these moments pass. You're sitting at 4Ds, you know who I am. You've heard the propaganda, you've consumed the podcast, you've paid real money to be here today. To not go now, tomorrow, and start truly actually executing at 100, not 80, 70, 50, or 30, would be ludicrous. Make sense? 
That's it. You know, uh, makes sense. The mental hurdles are the hurdles to get past, right? And are yours, because everyone's got different ones, right. are yours judgment? Yeah, I mean, there's gonna, yeah, there's gonna be, yeah, there's yeah. judgment, the just, you know, whatever other, like. The peanut gallery? Giving, yeah, giving way too much uh, volume to that and giving a shit of what people think. And, yeah, it's the, it's. And worrying about that. I appreciate you from, saying that. It's coming from a place that, like, no is, like, I was, you know, told a lot, like, no, don't, you can't do this, or no, don't do that. Like, that's a, this is a bad idea, right? So, like. It doesn't make you look good? Not even those make you look good, it's just things that, like, whether, from whenever it was, like wanting to do certain things and being told from like. Growing up, you mean? Yeah, growing got, up. Got it, your yeah. patterns, got it, got right. it, got so it. So it's like, you know, you get, whether like, you want to call it like the overprotective Jewish mother, yeah. like you get knows a lot about wanting yeah. to do certain things. You, you become a defensive not, player. Right, you start to not do those things. That's right. Worrying about. Other people's opinions. All of that. Couldn't so agree more. That is something that is a huge issue for. If, if you ask me, me. It's, and I'm so thankful for your transparency, if you ask me at its highest level, what have I figured out about what's happening with me, it's that I've given people permission to do shit and they're using me to point to to take the blame if they fail. And I love it. I love that I have unlimited amounts of examples in my head through communication, whether voice, in person, or written to me, of basically what I am as a shield. People are just worried about other people's judgment, to your point. Right, and that's one of them. I mean, I also, I mean, I think I was telling uh, Nick in the group last night, like, I'll kill myself for somebody else. But I kind of whore myself when it comes to my own, right? So when I've worked with somebody or for somebody else, whatever it is, like in restaurants or whatever it was, like legitimately, I will, I will never say no. I will, I will be that one that's there no matter what so that you can go home and watch the Yankee game or yep. whatever, right? But when it's my own shit, it's, it's when I let things slide. So I. That's, a, that's something that I know at that level is a character flaw. I don't, okay. th- I don't think it's a character flaw. I think I you have to- the uh, level that I do it. But let me explain something to you. I don't, and I'm gonna give you an example of me. I'm, I'm actually wildly similar, and I think it's, it's perspective. So the only reason I'm in better physical shape today than I was five years ago was I realized I'm only at my best when I'm accountable to somebody else. So. So when I realized if I hired somebody to be my trainer and travel with me, I didn't want to let Mike or Jordan down. You just have to hack. You just have to, you know, I don't have the answer right now, Mm -hmm. but you know what it is. And by the way, I wanted to get into physical shape for like five to seven years and I couldn't, you know, it's amazing what you can't see when it's yourself. But if you can figure out how to do a hack like right, that? And that's the that's the struggle point for me. Is by the way, to figure out what that is. By the way, maybe it's putting yourself out there, and then your community becomes that, and then you don't let them down, and that's actually you. Yeah. Could be. All right, let's keep it moving. Gary, again, we're gonna go personal here. So yeah. Ten years in this company, start start my own recession, help people get through the recession. Commercial real estate brokers figure out how to survive. Because you were one. I was one and I ran commercial real estate companies yep. as well, national companies at one time. So it was natural for me just to help folks yep. out. That worked out really well. Yep. But as we all know, we get to the point where we can't take more clients. Yeah. We're done. You know, we have no life. So hired a coach, then another coach, then another coach. And so today I have 25 coaches. Uh, my entire team, everyone in my organization, we're a little different, are independent contractors. And they love those relationships because they love having their own gig. 
but they all we all are, have a culture that's I can't even talk about. It's amazing. The employee it's not it's a, like employee base, but it's not the independent contract. Good news is we've grown substantially. Four years later, I wrote a book. It was the boom factor for our company. We really started to grow. Wrote another book. Continued to grow. Then we had an interview with an accountant from my my tax strategist, and we shared how to turn commissions truly into wealth from a tax. You guys all know these. There are tax things you can do to really create wealth as a business owner. That blew up. So now I'm writing my third book, which I realized when that happened, in the middle of writing this book, which isn't out yet, I started getting calls from bankers and mortgage brokers and Chase Bank, all saying, we're hearing about you, we know what you do, how you do it, can you help us out? So now I'm in a crossroads. You know, commercial real estate's a great industry, but next time the cycle hits, the first thing clients do is, I can't afford coaching. Of course. That's, that's what they're gonna do. Of course. So we need to, to diverse, diversify. I got folks in Canada who say they wanna license my platform. I have folks in Mexico who wanna license my platform. And I'm thinking, is the next thing for Rod, is it, can, we, we grew on me and named the company Massimo, which isn't about me. Massimo is a superlative, so that's what it's about. But now, do I continue to grow the brand on Massimo Group and what we do and diversify? Was the brand really still me? And I continue to write books and give talks and do what I do. And what's the best strategy for that? And given that, then, what's the best platform to address LinkedIn, Facebook, yep. Twitter? So, what do you want to do? Do you want both? Both in what regard? Well, the answer is do I build the business or do I build a personal brand? I mean, that's really, do you, op, like, that becomes the question. And I think the answer is clearly, I think the answer is you can do both if you decide to. It's just giving up economics to create infrastructure around you to deliver on the personal brand part like I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the real, the, real, the real crossroads for you, to your point, mm-hmm. is you can either operate the scalability of this business or you could double down on your personal brand, maximize your speaking fees, right? Do one-off consulting things for big companies, write books, right? I know you can do both because I'm living it. Right. But it means, not, like I have not made as much money as I could over the last four years, even though I know the economy's gonna collapse, where it'd be nice to hoard some cash, because I believe in building both. Yeah, money's not the issue, that's, that's fine. So then do both. Yeah. You're not at a crossroads. Which means pumping the money. You, then, then you're not at a crossroads. So is the brand, I talked to Nick about this, but is the brand continue to be me, or is it focused on the, the reputation of the company? Both. Both. Again, your answer is both if money is, the only reason you should choose is if you didn't have the economics to pump both. Then you pump both. Are they different messages, different channels? Sure, I mean, they're definitely not different channels. I would tell everybody here, every single channel that's viable, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, podcast, they're all in play. They all are right. Even like, even if you're, I I told Jordan the other day, my trainer, I'm like, you should dominate LinkedIn. The organic reach is real, but you have to make content that's like six quick exercises for people that travel 100 days a year, because that's a LinkedIn crowd. You know, nine great exercises for a CEO. Like you have to customize the creative for the distribution. So it's not different channels, but they are slightly different messages. I mean, Garen will tell you that some of my opinions actually are slightly different than some of VaynerMedia's actual opinions for clients on media. That's just real. Or platforms. Or platforms. I mean, like, there's real... That's right. We, yeah. 
what about LinkedIn? You think LinkedIn because Vayner is, uh, panders to short-term marketing metrics and I <laughs> pander to actual business results. <laughs> so, That's the official statement. Given our audience is predominantly male, 25 to 55, that's commercial real estate today. Okay. Is LinkedIn the way to go? We haven't no, yet. no, LinkedIn is one of the places to go and you should make it more business content, but like every 25 to 55 year old dude in America lives on Instagram. And there's plenty of women in commercial real estate and you should also get to them. If you're willing to make enough volume of content, you can do everything. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, if you play out my thesis, I think what you'll see is when machine learning and automation hits scale in 15 years, every company is gonna be making 27,000 pieces of content a day. Because you should. If you could afford to make a piece of content for all 330 million Americans that was tailored to them and they would see it, you would win. Last question. Right? Like I just wanna really drill this home, I'll tell you why. It will really matter to everybody here because everybody's, everybody's got the same answer. It's why I decided to write this new book. The answer is volume of content. I don't want to buy you know, dermatology, but I have a mother, a sister, and a wife, and you knew, if you knew who they were and their names, and the piece of content in a place where I was said, do you want to buy Tamara a gift for her birthday in May? That may convert me. The reason nobody does that is it's too expensive to make content, and most people don't know how to run media. So what everybody does is the complete opposite. They make one piece of content and run it on Facebook for 18 to 99 year olds and hope to see what happens. Got it? So if you, if the reason I'm drilling this home is you're gonna get every answer from that statement. Because mm-hmm. what you're gonna get into is the and business instead of the or business. Got it? Got it. If you think about your framework, like us over a glass of wine talking about 1971 Joe Namath, as you're peppering questions, I'm always gonna say and. Got it? Mm-hmm. And so now the only thing that happens is how much money do you want to spend? Can you hire the right people? The end. Got it? I think you answered my last question. The reason I believe I'm successful is because I align myself with much better people than me and what they do. I understand. What's the one thing you've done in regards to making you successful? The one thing. I think, I think it's, it's interesting. I like good work environments. So I start with me. I always say to like anybody that's very senior and we're having a debate, I'm like, look, but I don't like that. And if I'm unhappy, me as the engine is so much more powerful than everything else. It doesn't matter how much she makes for us or he makes for us or what this is gonna make for us. If I come in this morning not pumped, we're fucking finished. So one, I put myself in a position to be mentally happy. Two, I give more than I ask. I really do. And I, and I, I really do and I think about it in forever terms. Right? Trades are funny. As long as you're committed to giving more than you take, I'm not crippled if I feel like somebody's over delivering for their salary or they started off giving me more. I'm always fighting to give more. And I always think I have in perpetuity to do it. I love doing shit for former employees out of left field, you know? So that's leverage though. I create brand and impact and influence which gives me leverage because the smartest people understand I have that, thus they want to give so they can get, da, 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 but I'm obsessed with giving more than I, I I'm, most business owners try to extract more from their employees than they give. I really see it. It's what they think it is. I really don't, I really don't. I really think of it as reverse. I really think everything's my fault. I think that I should be giving more. I don't think anybody should work even remotely close to as hard as me. 
Great. Thank you. You got it. So I'm one of the beneficiaries of your wonderful barter program. Mm -hmm. I literally bought 600 bottles of your wine. That makes me very happy. Thank you. What are you going to do with it? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I offered it to everyone at dinner last I love night. it. I love I it. Put it on eBay. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? That barter program is really fun for me because I think it's a great deal for the person. And then I realized, and not at first, I was like, ooh, this is a little bit different than books. Because I used to do it with books, or even sneakers for that matter. Wine is something you really can give away, right? Like, like wine's kind of like a good one. Like, I'm, I'm kind of pumped to see, like, that's why I asked you, like, either you're gonna pour it big at an event, and people are gonna taste, like, the consumption of, like, the amount of people that bought a ton of books because they basically got something for, you know how I, I mean, you know how I do it. I, you basically get something for free if you catch me at the right moment. But with books, people are like, burn them. Like, they literally are in a warehouse. Like, it's more trouble to, like, right? Not with wine. I so I asked when, when this came down, I yeah. asked, I said, can I ship it? Because I, I wasn't yeah. sure if I could yeah. ship it. Like, of course, so it, it'll be a big client gift for us, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of interesting from the fitness space to hand out wine, but I think that'll make a statement too, so. Yeah, just fun. Like, I have these weird imaginations of, like, people getting all these cases and just, like, going door to door in their neighborhood and giving people bottles and, like, and then people are going to consume them, which brings a weird, I'm curious, it's really fun for me to see what the barter play with empathy happens. Yeah. I'm excited to see like notes like, hey, somebody gave me this as a gift. Now I'm ordering. Like it's gonna be. I think there's a long tail affiliate part of it that I'm excited to see play out. So anyway, nonetheless, go ahead. Maybe. <laughs> so uh, my my question. That'd be some shit if you sold wine on your porch. <laughs> <laughs> go to jail and shit. I'll take your name. Yeah, exactly. Um, my my issue I don't believe is that unique, but it's something we're struggling with. So. You know, we started in the gym business. We owned five gyms. My former business partner invented the ab roller, a very famous uh, wow. crunch machine, yep. sold over 10 million units. Because of the success of that, we started to get inventors coming to us with ideas for fitness products. Makes sense. So we got out of the gym physical Ma Makes business, sense. Stayed in equipment. Ab Coaster was our next one, became a big hit. And when that, pro it was a TV infomercial also. But at our heart, we were gym guides. So we said we need to create a division of our business that sells directly to the commercial fitness space. I see. So that's what our main business is now. We deal pretty much with every major brand, you know, Planet, Gold's World, Understood. Everybody, 40 countries around the world. Um, but our pendulum really shifted to that. And my belief is always there's more doors than stores, so to speak, right? You're also at the mercy of the doors. Yes. The they have the leverage. And the trends and, and all of that. And we, we get it. And, and somewhat in the consumer, too, because they're following along. But what we really lost when, you know, the market changed in terms of how to reach that customer is the ability to not really do that infomercial anymore because nobody's watching. It's why I'm yelling at everybody in here, like, please, please pound Facebook and Instagram because it would have, like, literally... If this was 1990, I'd be like, please pound infomercials because nobody ever thinks it goes away. Yes. People don't think things change. And that quickly. And it happens that quickly. And social's gonna go. Yes. Like voice and AR and VR and blockchain, there are plenty of indicators that this has got, you know, like, this iPhone is gonna look like a Walkman real fast. So in, indicative of all that, I'm fully bought in on that okay. thesis of yep. Facebook is it and all yep. that. My, my, our question is when it comes to the content and the channels, right? I get the content. We can definitely make B2B, B2C content. That's, that's not a problem for me. But when we're driving them to you know, our posting of our Facebook pages, our Instagram and all that, do we have separate places to send them? Can we do the same messaging on one platform, B2B, B2C? Like our website, when you get there, it splits it for you. What are you? And we, we go this way. 
and I don't know if that's the right strategy either, but that's what we came up with. But on the, the bigger ones, the Facebook, the Instagrams, that's where we're a little bit stuck because we feel to the consumer, we have a little bit more license to play the vanity game, you know, abs, ripped abs, sexy abs, all that, where the clubs, they don't really want that content. So that's a little bit where we're stuck right now. You just have to target the media against the right people. Like, like I th- so, if you're trying to reach B2B people, you run ads on LinkedIn for employees of those B2B organizations so they pass on that content and that content is strictly for B2B. On B2C, when you run Instagram story ads with swipe up to your landing page, you run them. What, what's crazy is, it's funny, this is back to and versus or. Because you come from a TV back, this is like back to like me literally on a plane being like, wait a minute, I'll hire somebody, then I'll feel bad if I let him down. Like, strategy's crazy. You're literally one thought away from changing everything and you can't even see what's in front of you. It's, you're asking an or question when the answer's an and, it's a both. TV was tough. You had to pick one commercial. This is why you guys overthought the shit out of it. That's why you tested the fuck out of it because once you had it, whatever the fuck you were doing, it was running on Remnant late night and you were at the mercy of how good it was. That's why Proactive got so big because they had call centers and they really ran data and they were doing a bunch of different commercials and they're like that. But you didn't do that, right? You like did your shoot, you fucking did your best and you fuck it right. You changed your call to action, that was it, and the offer. That's right. The content was the same. But but on social, you just run 58 pieces of content because it doesn't cost you a lot to make the content and you just see what actually converts. Right, but the, and I understand, completely agree, the foundational platform, my, my Facebook page, but that's not your, that's, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Got it. If you had zero followers on your Facebook page, your, Facebook is not your foundational page. Got it. It's the content. It's the content. Gotcha. You know, like, I don't care if you have a single, fo- like if somebody said, Gary, but I'm embarrassed. I have, hey, Matt Higgins. Hey. I, I don't have a single follower on Instagram. I'm like, cool, just run ads. Perfect. Your Facebook page is not your foundational page. You know, it was foundational for people maybe six, seven years ago when the organic reach was so bonkers, but that went away. So even if you have two million followers on Facebook, it's not your, I'm getting a 20th of the organic reach I got two years ago from Facebook, even though I have 15% more followers on it because they killed organic reach to put more ads into the funnel. Mm. Got it? I understand. So so basically, they used to call them dark posts. Mm. Right? Basically you're just running ads on Facebook and Instagram, but you're driving them to your mobile optimized landing page. Right? Don't forget, you're in a mobile world now. A lot of people, if they've been around for a little bit, they've maximized the desktop, but when you land on a mobile device, which is where Facebook and Instagram is gonna be consumed, got it? Yes. Literally you land right there and you're like, do you own a gin or not? Boop, right? Got it? Understand, thank you. Cool. All right, so here's the deal real quick. Mortgage business is primer, so I believe Gal's business is is not going to be the way it is in three years. Being a real estate agent. A real estate agent. Go ahead. I don't think that the no offense, the KW, no, it's fine. KW, the big balloon. It's there's still going to be real estate, but it's not going to be the form that you and I know it with Zillow instant offers, open door, purple dot. So I am working to reinvent instead of going business to business to him as a realtor, I am gonna still keep that channel, but now go business to consumer, direct to the consumer, so that I become 
point number one in the process. Whoever is closest to the customer always wins. Always wins. So, organically, the realtor has been the center of the spoke. I don't know if that's I, the right purpose. 100%. So now I want to shift the paradigm where I become the center of the spoke. Whoever is closest to the customer wins. So, now, I, I know what he's saying, and I'm struggling with that because I'm not going to give up on him, the realtor. Does, I understand. Does, does that make sense? So, you don't want to create channel conflict, is what you're saying. So I might go and have a thing, oh my God, yeah, so Kevin Martini group. But ready for this? Yo. One person shares what you're trying to send to him that they saw where you're trying to go direct to consumer and you're not hiding anymore that you're trying to go around them. So you won't be able to hide even if you target. That's, but, but you understand it, it is like classic music versus hip hop. You're I mean, preaching. I don't know if but I understand that. I, that I understand completely. Gotcha. And so then give, and I was saying is like, oh, you like classic music? Here you go, here's classic music. Oh, you like hip hop? Like those, me, this is not organic, just so everybody knows and some of the themes are coming up. I, in social media today, you're not posting organically who to your followers. This is not email anymore. It is ad running. I will ne- there will be no person that listens to hip hop that ever gets a classic music ad for me because you're not following ASAP Ferg and Lil Keed on Instagram if you're into Beethoven. The data sits for you to not have any spillage of going to the wrong person. Got it. Got it? Okay. Because, that, because everybody's been... Every- that makes crystal, I mean that is kind of the effect. That is it. So number two, as, as, so uh, by the way, you know Nick? Yes, Nick. Very Gale. nice guy. I agree. You know, very smart I agree. guy. Super and charismatic. I, and, and no, just so you know, because you're not here in the room, he also interjects specifically to everybody's needs who the speaker is. Just so you know, real quick. I That's totally believe you. Job, I agree. However, you really need to work on his shoes. Did you see his shoes? No, I didn't. <laughs> Little Nancy boy shoes he's wearing. Listen. Unbelievable. So, but stay. But Nick does just fine. Uh, but so, <laughs> so one of the epiphanies. Uh, that I had here is that, well, my goal is to help clients and partners create wealth in real estate. Okay. Because I, I believe that real estate is, it's easier to make a million in real estate than it is at your job. Okay. okay. So I have also decided that today, didn't really have this as the objective, you're going to laugh, so don't put anything in your mouth, okay? I'm not. I'm going to become an influencer. Okay. Is that crazy? No, you're charismatic as fuck. Thank you, very kind. <laughs> I'm married. Okay, just no, anyway. Go I wasn't hitting on you. <laughs> so, so the question is, is now because uh, I think that helps me with my message. Of course so, it does. So I'm going to give you this. So in case you want to, I'm going to give it to him. So okay. To you, that's my uh, Instagram. In case you want to follow me, and if whatever you want to swipe and use, feel free. I'll do it. You know what's mine. The what are some of the cons? Because cons. I'm of, very blessed at doing what I'm doing. I'm very good at what I'm doing. What is the con from my core business by doing that? Uh, the vulnerabilities you create on the judgment of the people you're trying to sell to, right? Uh, Pfizer awarded VaynerMedia a $3 million uh, piece of business four years ago, but then a board member saw me cursing in a YouTube video and killed the deal. You said that you were a Patriots fan and I no longer wanted to be your friend. Like when you put yourself out there, you deal with the ramifications of the end consumer or the B2B consumer judgment. 
Some struggle with the judgment of just the human aspect, but on the business side, you will win and will lose business because there are plenty of people, like I like your energy, but I know your energy. There's a lot of people that wouldn't like it. You know your life. I love what I do. The end. And, and, And I think what will work for you based on my quick read is you probably realize it's a net, net game, right? If you have 17 people that love it and 13 people that hate it, you're a plus four versus a zero. This is why I'm pushing everybody to be themselves because there's nothing else. There is no other advantage. You know how many fucking people have abs ads on fucking Instagram? Everybody. The only thing we have of any kind of leverage point is the depth of the uniqueness of us being an individual human. Got it. Sense. Cool. So the uh, final thing is real quick. So in the in in the world that I live in, the mortgage we have become very compliant. Not compliance, like uh, the Nazis, the, the police. Yeah. The, There's the, rules. My attorneys, right? Yes. So we, I used to have content that was kind of like shady. Fly. Like I did a little piece right here, and I already got a text from the lawyers that. Yeah. I, Where's my yeah. air housing logo? Yeah, yeah. So I lose a lot of authenticity because now it then has to be more produced than not. Real quick, real quick, real quick. What logo? Like the fair housing. Yes, I understand. Fair housing yep. or equal housing yep. opportunity and things of that nature, or my NMLS number yep. and things of that nature. So I lose some of the spots. So I, I take my. Sometimes it's easier to say I'm sorry than to ask permission. Of course. You might want to edit that out. Okay? Yeah, we'll edit that but out. The fact of the matter is, is so. Those are some things that I'm struggling with content creation because it's not, I'm not able to be as spontaneous and as I'd like to yeah. be, if that makes sense. Look, you're talking to somebody whose first 20 years of his career, I couldn't sell wine on the internet to the state of Texas. You sleep in the bed that you choose. The end. Like, you're in that industry. The good news is nobody else can do it too. That's fair. Right? So you have to lay in that bed. Like we work with Chase, we work with Diageo, I have a cannabis agency, like they don't take Facebook and Instagram ads. That's what I do, right? So you just live in the reality. What I would say though is knowing a lot of these rules and regulations because of the clients I have, there's a lot of lawyers that are lazy as fuck and would rather just say to you something basic without actually pushing it. Could you put those things in your profile and then not have to put it on every piece of content? It depends on the interpretation of the lawyer. Got it? Right. So like where I get upset for people in regulated industries is they have lazy legal advice that is so conservative because they just don't even want to deal with shit, right? Because that's how you maximize your money if you're a lawyer. And so it's your job to push, right? Right. Thank you. You got it, brother. All right, we're an hour in. I really appreciate you still being here. It's time to go drink a little water, go take a piss, hit me up on Twitter right now and say you're an hour in. Gary VEE there too. All right, keep continuing. What's up, man? Hey, man. Understood, I remember. We went zero to 50 million in 21 months and in that 21 months, basically how it started was our CEO, Alex Hermosa, he had six gyms and found a way to make it extremely profitable. Somebody asked him, uh, what he was doing and it turned into the business that it is and so it's been really focused on the product and it's making money But there's no brand identity to it because it's sales arbitrage exactly. It's cliche shit. So we just launched a supplements company a month ago. <laughs> That's our, the next cliche move our, our CEO, um, Alex and Layla they're co-CEOs, so they're both brilliant people and what I want to do is I want to brand both of them and 
Gym Launch and Prestige Labs. So Good. Four brands. So my question is basically, we're making money. We got that part down, but there's no brand identity to any of them, and so I have four of them in my head that I'm trying to build together. And my struggle has been trying to strategize how I build out the marketing department and then how I actually tackle four of them together with that team. You build it out this way. You put somebody in charge of each brand and then you create consolidated efficiencies above those four that they report to. Okay. And then as far as like, you know, we just choose top of funnel content and then it just gets repurposed. The things that are the most engaging, push. The biggest problem you have, based on the way you set that up, is you have a sales DNA organization. Which is always great in the short term and always implodes unless there's an exit in the long term. Yeah, and they see that and that's exactly why I'm here. So it's to push all that forward. Good. So So what I would say is where people lose is when they're half pregnant. Even I was just talking to my team about this. Like dedication is super important to the output of the volume you'll need and then building a layer above it for quality control, best practices. Oh shit, Jesse figured out something on her, the CEO. Let's use that on the fucking supplement. You see what I mean? And so it's somebody up here's job to like be the thinker of what they're seeing to then make sure everybody's doing best practices but still have their own nuanced execution. Make sense? Yeah. a lot of people fuck up and they go top heavy and it goes like this, you want to be that. You know, like you want the volume of people in the trenches individually and then a small group at the top. If you think about my team, that's how I built it, right? It's me and then everybody, it's like, it's like doo, doo. And then Vayner was built in reverse after, after a time because it's cliche big business and now I'm undoing it the other way. Okay, cool. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is like staying ahead of trends, right? And foreseeing what's coming. What do you see in the next 24, 48 months to like? It's not what I do. Then you're guessing for the sake of trying to act cool. This is not a game of seeing around corners. It's a game of executing the second you see it. Perfect. You know? Yeah. Like I had no fucking idea I'd give a shit about LinkedIn. (laughs) And then I saw that LinkedIn was giving me way too much organic reach by comparison and now here I am 15 months later telling everybody to do LinkedIn content in the context of a business environment. But, you know. All right, last question. Yeah. So, like the new company, it's fresh right now. (laughs) The shiny thing. Yeah. Is there like, is it just literally repurpose content and just flood it and, I mean, with intention or is there a way to like really launch it in the sense of like a brand identity? Oh, there's a way to launch it. It's called Dollar Shave Club you could decide on all this flush cash that the company has to take the $300,000 risk to make a batshit crazy video of exploding fucking muscles off a fucking tree and a tiger and there's a way to go for it. The problem is most people don't want to take the risk because if it falls flat, everyone's looking at each other in a sales-driven organization and saying, why the fuck did we waste $300,000 on the fucking orangutans and fucking clowns and nobody fucking watched the video? You were fucking fired, got it? Sales-driven organizations suck. they're great at first. So yeah, you launch a brand by launching a brand. If you've gone from zero to 50 million, you should have bought a Super Bowl spot for seven million and launched a brand. 
So yeah, I mean, if I was like the chairman of the board of this company, I'd probably be pushing him or her, being like, guys, we've got capital. Like, this is like, let's go for it. Let's let's put out 50, 100 pieces of content, like in a day. See what themes work, and let's then sit in a room and use. You know, why is Chris or Babcock still relevant? Why would I have them? Because creative is the variable of success. The way to get to the answers, though, is a different way. You can use the web to get to the answers, and then they can ideate. Versus, we just used to ideate. You're at the vulnerability of what was in Chris's imagination versus some insights that were real, not, you know, other arbitrary things. Yeah, I would launch with a hardcore video. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I would make a three-minute, 19-second fucking manifesto, make a one-minute version of it for Instagram, and then go pay fucking 1,500 muscle heads to fucking post it on their account. <clears throat> That's what I would do. Thank you. Thanks, you got it. Car dealership, tier three, Sugarland. Yeah, so. How long have you had it? Uh, well, I've owned it for two years now. I've been in business for 20 years. Got it. Was that the, did you buy it, or did you work at that one, or a different one? No, got I, it. I came into it and yep. purchased it. Okay. So we've had a lot of growth. I mean, before I got there, the store wasn't in the top 250 in sales, and now we're like uh, 10, 11 in the country. Our parts department is number three, so we've had a lot of growth. And that's where the margin is, boy. The parts. Parts so and services is the business. Like, that's the fucking game. Uh, two questions for you. One of them was about that. So when you go to sell a car, you're pretty much limited to a I know. mile radius. I know. There's only so many people buying cars. Yep. With parts, um, although we really focus locally, what we're trying to do is get on the e-commerce level and be able to service the nation. I totally. A website. Can I give you a very good piece of advice? Because I've thought about this a lot. Sorry to cut you off. Do you remember the show Taxi? Yeah. I think you should make it. I think you should hire somebody like Caleb and he or she walks around the, the fucking place all day and I should and you should make your employees and yourselves famous and you will build a huge company. If that's in your DNA. And that kind of leads me to my other question, question is that's what we want to do. We're so all, do it. We're all, so a little bit different to him. We've started out a few months ago working with freelancers and we just haven't had a lot of luck because they've always got so many things going on. They want to hop on a plane and go to Europe and all this stuff. You got to hire it. So we want to, that's, that's you should, what are the positions we need and where do we find the right people? Uh, Lindsay's neck, you're doing the content model thing, right? Mm-hmm. So pay attention to what Lindsay's going to say, but here's what I would say. If you put out a daily show about the trials and tribulations at your, your dealership mm-hmm. and you put it on Facebook and YouTube, your business would explode. Now. Nobody's gonna give a fuck for a year. So for a year, you're gonna put some real money in, but it's a hell of a lot better than the bullshit advertising you're doing now in the paper and billboards and radio, if you're doing that, and amortize it over time. But it will work. Because you've got one, you know, you know right now that you have one employee that's a real character, and that becomes your fucking, you know, Fonz. You've got several. I'm sure. No, Fonz was unhappy. <laughs> I'm jumping around here a little bit. <clears throat> I'm talking about breakout stars you didn't see coming, like Urkel, Fonz, you know. I really want somebody to do that because it's really gonna work. Let's do it. And what you can do, let me tell you how I would direct it or produce it. So now you got Caleb, he's just filming all day. Funny things are happening, fuck you, Charlie, like you guys speak, whatever you make. Yeah. But what Caleb does better than D-Rock 
or better than anybody who's ever filmed me is he will ask me questions while we're filming. He just did it on the back of the cab now about how I post on Instagram. And I think you should do that. I think you should film the show and then stop and go to the parts and service team and start a segment in each episode called How Not To Come Here. Let me explain. If you have a segment that's two minutes long in every episode, so think about it. It's almost like it's a show, but then it stops. And there's like now an information piece in the middle of it where the people that do parts and service for you tell the viewers at home how not to come to the auto body shop because the amount of people that come to parts and services when they could have done something very simple at home but they're like me and have no, when I tell you I have no fucking idea, I'd rather throw my car in the garbage than figure out how to fix it. Like, and I'm talking about two minutes. If you're like, change the spark plug, I'm like, I'm gonna leave it on the road and go buy another car. Like literally, there's a lot of people like that. If you had a segment, the amount of trust that your organization would get. It's what I did with Wine Library TV. I literally told people to not buy wine we sold. And I did it like emphatically. I'm like, this shit sucks. Right? If you did that, it would change your business. And then you'd be able to chop out that little piece and do it as a separate one minute video on Instagram. You see where I'm going? And that's what Linz will go into a little bit. But that's how I would produce it. And then you can strip the audio and have a podcast for no cost. Challenges, okay. Things like that. So Makes it's sense. It's a matter of doing it. Okay. But from last time that I was here, and I was also the last one, and you was you were kind of rushing it. You gave me a tip. You said something about focusing on our IP as a yes. company, and I just wonder, like, I have a plan of how I'm trying to grow the company between producing our own cruises and yep. also uh, producing cruises for other companies. But as as a business, you know. Is it a good idea, is it not? What's your opinion, How what we should focus on? Well, if you remember the IP, the difference was if you're putting on Latin music, like, like kind of like events on a cruise versus building Cirque du Soleil, you're building something of value, right? The great, like having him, Matt here is fun, the great master plan of the whole Vayner machine is we're in services, we don't, we don't love that as a macro thesis, but in the micro it's giving us disproportionate leverage to when shit goes bad to then be in IP. I was giving you advice that I very much believe in. Like it's so much better for we you to- born in 2009 when everything was, you know, so. If you produce something that was scalable outside the cruises, that's an original creative story, you could run on that in perpetuity. Any idea like the one that, something that comes up? No, I think, I think you know, coming up with an idea that is Alice in Wonderland or is Kill a Mockingbird or is Star Wars is hard. But it starts with even thinking that that's what you want to do. Let me give you an example. One of the most fascinating things that I've always wanted to do is go to Comic-Con, but then go all the way to the back where the independents are find a comic book that hits me in my soul and then on the spot buy out the rights and then go make the movie. You could in theory do that. Like the three of the Netflix cartoons that are coming out next year were actually books that they bought the rights for for like $50,000 to make IP. So what, it's not that I have an idea, it's that I want you to think if I'm gonna produce, why don't I produce something that's original and IP owned versus something that's generic. It's the approach. It's the approach to it and now all of a sudden you're going and you're reading, let's just stick with salsa dancing. Now you're looking at every book ever written, every cartoon ever made 
And literally you can find a book about like Sally the Salsa Dancer written by somebody that sold 94 copies on Amazon and you're like, that's it. And you can call the person that wrote it and buy it, all the rights, for $5,000 and now you hire somebody to adapt it or you know how to do that and you adapt it and now the cruise is Sally the Salsa Dancer, not Salsa Week. God forbid you caught something and now you've got Hollywood reaching out to you for the rights, you understand? It's an IP strategy versus a service strategy. Right, but you don't, you don't just put a you know, uh, very expensive production and a cruise for an idea and test it. It's not like an ad on Facebook, but I guess you could test it with the creative and see how people react to it. Here's the good news. That's exactly right, but here's the best part. The fact that we're even in the framework of trying to achieve that is the answer. Does that make sense? You're exactly right. Why take risks that way? It's too expensive. The fact that you took it there, but what I'm just trying to achieve, last time quickly, this time longer, is the fact that that's incredible upside. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if you're thinking about next level stuff, how do you take it? That's incredible upside. I'm living it. I decided what I'm best at, I'm gonna live the prime years of my career in building the infrastructure. My ability to now take an IP and run it through this machine and make it successful is much higher than it was when it was me. Even though today you're not, uh, like, you don't believe about client services, uh, uh, businesses like you were when you opened VaynerMedia, you know, things change, you said it No, but, yeah, but I, I, right, where mistakes you mean? If I should continue trying to do what we do, we should branch more to, I don't know, personal branding, event production, off-sea, I mean, you know, what the IP can help me with other, but cruises, you know? Yeah, look, I think, I think the question is all of that. No, no, I think that's right. I think it's a great question. I think all of that is in play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it's all in play. It just depends on what you're trying to achieve, you know? Continuing growth as an entrepreneur, experience is my thing. Today is actually in a form of a cruise ship, you know, if it's the Dolphins cruise ship, if the ADC. So to me, just for how young you are and the way you're talking, you have to try something outside of a cruise just to scratch the itch to see what the difference is. I mean, I did that. I owned dance studios before. I remember. That's how we started I remember. With the whole Latin thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, anything. That IP. Okay. I just think it's, you know, you make a hell of a lot more money when you own the IP to Dear Evan Hansen than when you're in a production company, like, you know? Right. It's worth the risk. So, if you're asking me like what, like, it's really what I'm doing. Like look, like, uh, oh he left. Like Matt and I tried to buy animal crackers from Mondelez, the cookie company, but it wasn't to be the cookie company, it was to take the IP and make animated films. But by IP we mean like, uh, like rights? Like for example, yes. I get the rights to be the only cruise ship for the NBA. No. Like that's what we, no, okay. I want you to buy the NBA, but you can't afford the NBA. But what you can afford is Sally the Salsa Dancer. Do you understand? Yeah, but that would not, I mean, it would take a lot of, you know, brand building in order to get Sally the Salsa Dancer. But if you get the rights for the No, no. You're renting. Right, yeah. I just think you say salsa, you're doing Latin, you're just doing generic. All you have to do is starring Sally. And then you just see what happens. It's putting yourself in a strategic position to hit a lottery ticket. Got it. You understand? Do it consistently till something sticks. I just think it's a fun idea. It's literally what I'm doing. I'm giving, you know, I love giving advice I take. I built a marketing machine for one, now, it got big, right? And now I'm like, oh fuck. At first in 09, I thought AJ and I would do this. We'd have 55 employees. 
then the world would melt. I would be in a good position. I'd buy Perrier. We would fire half the people, right? We'd fire Chris, but keep Lindsay because she was better. And you know, help him get a job somewhere. Lindsay would come over and we would work on Perrier and we'd be Perrier. Now, the thing that changes, oh, I'm gonna have my cake and eat it too. The economy didn't collapse. We got real big. So now I'm gonna have an agency and eventually at some point, I'm gonna move over and run Aquafina or Reebok, but this is gonna stay and people are gonna move from this to all the different brands and this will sit in the middle and do a billion, kick a hundred million cash. Each year I'll take that cash and funding and buy something new and then people ladder up and I'll build a whole fucking, then I buy the Jets, Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. But for our level of funding and what we can afford to buy uh, as far as IP, like it's not- You have to buy, of course, guess what? You know what I could buy in 2009? Nothing, that's why me and AJ started our company in the conference room of another company. But but you build the brand. Sure. Yeah, but I built it over time. How old are you? 37. Good. You got time. Right? And by the way, if you notice, I didn't tell you to go buy Wizard of Oz. I told you to find some book that sold 14 copies written by some mom in Kansas City who'd lose her shit to give it all the rights up for $4,000 because she wants to go to Disney World this year. But that's how it happens. Like, what the fuck do you think Twilight and Lord of the Rings were? People do that for a that, I mean it, like I'm not kidding that I want to go to Comic-Con and like find the guy who's drawing, like that's what Ren and Stimpy was. That's what Roger Rabbit was. Now, I'm giving you the fucking all-time classics. There's plenty of things that people thought they were buying for 500,000 the rights to Johnny the Porcupine and nobody fucking's ever heard of it. So, but what I like is you know what you're doing. So I'm thinking, and notice I used, because I remember, like if you're gonna, if you know that Latinite's gonna play, the cost of buying the rights to Sally. Let's just let me play out my fantasy. You're doing Latinite anyway, and you know that thematically that can sell out the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's literally Latinite with surprise guest Sally, the salsa dancer. Like after you and I bought from the Kansas City mom for $5,000 the rights. Then we spent another $1,000 to make a very nice costume, Disney fucking costume type thing. So Sally jumps out. Now, miraculously, on that cruise, an executive from Warner Brothers and his wife go on the fucking cruise and are dancing and they, Sally comes out and it fucking sticks in their craw and the next week we get an email and say we want to make an animated fucking movie. That, that's how it works, bro. And the key is patience but also to do like 50 Sally's? Cause like you can't Correct. Okay. Or you do. You know, like some people hit on the first step at. Oh, of course. But here's the best part. Just the concept to even think like that is different, right? right? I don't care if it's the, long term. it's long term with a framework that gives you a lottery ticket. You know, to me that's the more exciting version of scratching something new versus going on land or personal. And pers- you do it over like what we already have going on and I continue with my business. And you notice how I did it? With Sally. You're giving yourself chances. Yeah. Cool, that's like. Oh, it's a different thought, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, you know, I like it a lot, I really do. IP is all that's gonna be left. No, no, of course, I mean, Disney does it, everything that they IP, buy, Star Wars was huge. And they bought Star Wars, they bought Star Wars and Marvel and everybody shit on them seven years ago when they did it because they spent billions and now they fucking stole it. I mean, fucking Black Panther? It's not a kid that fucking grew up with Black Panther. You know how much is in that library? If Black Panther is fucking opening, they've got 97 more characters, you know? Miss Marvel's gonna kill now, I mean, look. 
Aquaman wasn't even that, like, killed, and it wasn't even that good. People just watch fucking superheroes, you know? Awesome, thanks. You got it. Can I ask you about Sasha? Sure. I mean, I think many of us here are probably a certain level of revenue, so yes. how, how do you envision Sasha helping firms like ours? Well, there's some core products in Sasha. 4Ds is now in Sasha, right? Mentors is now in Sasha, uh, which is kind of our 150 to $300,000 Bain & McKinsey for smaller businesses, where it's literally what I just did, but for real, over 12 weeks, a lot of thinking, a lot of our time. Um, the Chattanooga office is going to adjust itself to basically do what VaynerMedia does, but in a way that's feasible, for, that's not a million in fee minimum like Vayner is. And what we're about to do is go through four to 10,000 emails and Nick and Jesse are about to do a ton of phone calls and we're gonna listen, we're gonna talk, and we're gonna try to create products. One of the things I was talking right before I came on, we have a big belief, I think I gave you that answer, that every company once a year, just like Oprah said, go to the doctor on your birthday, I want every company on their birthday or the 1st of January that has of any kind of scale to spend thirty-five dollars to $50,000 to make a monster video that they use the whole year, right? To pin on the top of their Twitter, to post on their LinkedIn every three days, you see where I'm going? So we're, that's just a random thought I had. You know, so we're about to do a ton of listening to figure out how we can produce something that we think will bring value to people and that we can make some margin on, because that's why we stayed away from SMB, right? That's what they told you. Like, it's hard to make money when you have a lot of infrastructure, but now we're, now we're getting further and further. What we realized was those divisions in the body of Vayner were foreign organs, so start a new body where it, from the beginning it works. I mean, the luxury is, there's already 50 employees in Sasha, right, because we took four divisions, so the Vayner DNA is deep. Um, so we're just gonna take a lot of phone calls. Um, but like, I mean, there's like a whiteboard session that we're gonna, like there's, we're like hacking the fuck out of it. The, what they know is the only thing I care about is don't let somebody at dinner say Gary V sucks, right? So like we're gonna say no a lot because even if it's 11,000, like I come from small business. I remember being scared about spending $11,000 on a Star Ledger ad. Like I don't, t- I haven't lost that part of me. So. You know, the biggest thing was getting the right casting of people that I thought would know, hey, even though you came from a world where somebody was paying us 7.7 million a year, in this world, if somebody pays you $31,000, they need to, at least 18 months later, because I don't mind if they're a little mad at us at first, because that's usually how it works anyway, right? But we need to, they need to feel like that was the best money they spent, mm-hmm. right? Um, and mentors was scary, those were real numbers, 150, 200,000 but the fucking results were so batshit. I mean, there's some people that really fucking changed our lot. I had so like, the, the Toronto Nails guy, the grandma called and said, you saved our family, I thought you were full of shit. <laughs> it's like, thank you, ma'am. You know, like, you know, so I think we got it. So that's where the Sasha Group's at right now. Very early, we got a lot of inquiries in the last 24 hours, they're gonna go through it. We have core products we believe in, this, that, you know. like. God, for, you know, do you know how awesome this program is? If God forbid he's a, on fucking television in 19 years, I'm like, how did you figure out to make the next Peter Pan? Well, you know, so we know it will work. We know how many people have benefited, you know, and I, I'm in this great spot. I'm as equally pumped as somebody reading a $9 book. Uh, or, Talk about books. 
Yeah, I'm re- we're thinking a lot about books. Just because if you, personal brand, like we're, I'm desperately trying to figure out a book launch product. I think there's gonna be this great, I'm so good at selling books. Like I have a lot of very different points of view than the market, mm-hmm. different than Tucker, different than the publishers, different than everybody. So we're thinking a lot about like this, tw- what does a $25,000 thing look like that either helps you get a book deal, but probably we won't do that, we'll probably do how to make a book successfully sell, strategy. We have, a, we have so many capable people in my company that are so much smarter than they even realize because they're in our cocoon and they don't get outside of it, right? It just feels normal in our four walls, but it's fucking genius shit and it just becomes your culture, right? It's like, you know, it's been funny. Vayner Sports has taught me a lot of stuff. I hate them. I hate them with everything. But when I hear about former Patriots talk about it, like they don't even realize when they go to other teams how different it is. That's why they're successful. It's culture. It's IP. It's like it, right? And so um, we want to do that for small businesses because we can. Parented, uh, steal an option. I will definitely write that book. Yeah. But it's Just a newly parent and looking forward to see what. Don't forget, I'm going to write perfectly parented, not for the perspective of the parent, but it's going to be the kid talk. It's I, I've got a lot of thought. There's a lot evolving with me in parenting content, and I think my. What I'm curious about, so I think when the economy collapses next, I think there's a lot of shit being hidden right now by money in the system that is gonna be really gnarly, like really negative. I'm very, very concerned about the next downturn. Because unlike 08, unlike 01, we're all now living public lives, so all of our failures are gonna be extremely public. And most people don't have the mental strength to deal with it, so, and a lot of it is parenting stuff, so I'm trying to, just, I'm just not ready to write it. That's right. You know? It will be a completely public shift. Oh my God. It will. You know, you got a lot of people posturing that they're ballers and they're killing it, and then they're gonna lose, and they're gonna have to go work somewhere, and they're not gonna be able to hide, and it's gonna hurt. Too much. It'll be necessary. It's super necessary. It should have happened in 09. The reason it's gonna be so bad is we didn't actually pay the piper in 09. We built it up, we bailed ourselves out. So nobody really felt the pain. Like some people got hurt, but we didn't get hurt. I mean, we could have been in some. We weren't willing to have four years of like, most people selling their homes and rent, like we didn't go there. They did in the 30s, which is why we had 60 years of prosperity. We were too soft and not willing to go there which is why America will lose and look more like Europe. <laughs> it will. It's 100%. It's already done. China's going to win. You know, they China own. It's the land of honey. You know? <laughs> it's the land of a lot. Of, listen, I love it, but like there, there's a, re, I mean, Europe's in real, real, real trouble. It's, it's now a global afterthought. Yeah. I wasn't joking when I said it's irrelevant. Okay. It is now an Asia, America world, and in 20 years it'll be in Africa, Asia, America, world, and Europe will be, Europe's just not a player. No. It just doesn't mean anything. We're crippled now, it's crazy. I mean. Germany and France and. It's Italy. over, it's over. And Spain. I mean like, the state of Texas is more important than 50% of the countries in Europe. Yeah. Like economically. Like it's, and America's gonna have the same thing. Because Europe was the global power. And then it got soft. <clears throat> and eighth place trophies become, and we worry about dumb shit. And that's what America's doing now. Is there anything I can do or anybody here can do to help you with any of your goals? Yes. 
execute on what I'm telling you. That's it. The case studies are the ones, right? I'm so desperate because I know it's gonna go away. I've lived it a couple times. It will go, everything I believe in will not work soon. Three, six years, that's soon. We're not in the early days of Facebook and Instagram anymore. You know? The second the mobile device is not our primary device, everything breaks. I'm completely at the mercy of the telephone. Just why commercial. So if it goes to voice, we're all in deep, we're all in deep trouble except the platforms that own voice. Okay, let's play it out. Let's say now we're doing voice, right? It's a non-visual platform. And it's a binary response. When you typed in buy a car on Google, you got 10 results. When you say, Alexa, I want to buy a car, you get one result. People are going to be really upset if they don't build a brand during this era. And brand is the only thing. It's why sales bothers me. You could be the best landing page, CAC, LTV, conversion-based click funnel person of all time, but if nobody remembered exactly what your brand was, it doesn't matter. Kleenex and Coca-Cola and Uber are going to survive. Not the best social media poster who's selling you detox tea, but you don't really remember the brand, you know? It's like, my, it's like my argument with Super Bowl. I think it's the best ad in the world, but all of us will watch a Super Bowl ad, it'll be funny, we'll turn to who we're with and be like, that was fucking funny, and then if I actually ask you in a minute later, what brand was it, you won't know. Literally, and VaynerMedia is doing two Super Bowl ads this year. I didn't get my hands in it. I kind of wanted to watch. Next year, I will sell a brand the following Super Bowl ad. It will be a human being, full face on the camera, and that human being will repeat the name of the brand 30 times, and that will be the entire commercial. And it will be the winner of the Super Bowl. Because nobody will forget the brand. (laughs) Will they approve it? We'll see. Depends on how much clout I have in a year. Eventually I'll have enough that they'll just do whatever <laughs> stupid thing I come up with. But for now, maybe not yet. But it would work. You remember that Beyonce was in it. You remember that the kid farted and that was funny. But you don't literally remember the brand. And that's the purpose. Happens all the time. Like the car. You remember the, yeah, exactly. The car with the Oprah, Oprah Winfrey when she gave cars to everybody. Nobody know what brand she gave. I surely don't. Whoever is closest to the consumer always wins. That's the game. That's why personal brand matters. That shit doesn't go away. So it's always a good thing to do in parallel. You can do Sally the Salsa Dancer while you put out content about event marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an and game. Mm-hmm. And what I don't want people to do is hold on to resources when the attention's underpriced. All those, all, you, let me, you know who I'd love, I'll, I'll expand on it because it's the advice I'm giving you, that's why I looked at you. I would love to dig up all the Eastern Europeans that came over to Manhattan in the 30s and 40s, worked their faces off, built something, and then saved and sat on cash but Manhattan property was so underpriced. So instead of buying a second building, they sat on cash. That cash is worth the same amount today. That building for 300,000 is worth 38 million. 
the attention is so underpriced right now. Look, I'm a second rodeo guy. I figured out Google and email. I did well, but the reason I'm the guy in the social media world is I know how much I left on the table. I'm not doing that this time, so I'm, got it? 20 fucking people on my team. Because I know it's gonna go away. And then I have good track record that I may be good at Alexa and voice, but I might not. When you can buy real estate at an underpriced price, it works. Attention is the ultimate real estate. You get to take it with you everywhere you go. I literally took wine fans and started a advertising agency. Now, I only took 4% of them because that was a weird-ass jump, but got it? Good segue. Thanks, Drew. See you guys. See you guys tomorrow. Are you guys all here tomorrow? Or no, is this mainly? Yeah. Can we snag a quick photo right here? Yeah, let's do it. Three, Natural light. Two, one. All right, everyone. Awesome. Rockstar. Thank you. Thank you. Are they enjoying it? They love it. My They're son learning? Your podcast on his Instagram and he's 12, so. Love it. So flattered. Thank you, guys. Guys, I'm telling you right now, because you have to understand, the advice I gave you is actually a grand slam piece of advice because if it clicks, it forever changes your life. It's a real worthwhile thing. And if you do that segment, that will give you the practical part while we're going for the home run of like people caring about Vinny, the, you know, the oil guy. Do you know what I mean? I'm telling you right now, I've looked, I've looked. I'm very deep in the tier three auto. I know I'm giving you the right advice. You put out content of telling them how not to come, it will blow their face off. You will, it will change everything. And everybody's gonna be like, what the fuck are you doing? Which is exactly when you know you're onto something. You see it take off, you'll know where it Exactly. We well, I hope so. We do need help. Oh, hiring? Send it, tell Nick, we'll, we'll, we'll try to help you with that. We're ready to do a full team. Yeah. Yeah, so you, but, but the first advice I give, don't be crippled. Hire and fire. Right, right, right. You know, good. You know what I mean? That's right. That's operate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. But we'll try to help. Okay. Lindsay, yeah, cool. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We're going to get some more pictures, please. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, by the way, so my son wanted me to ask you, what's this mean? Five is my favorite number. I take a trillion selfies. I decided to make it fun for myself. So that's it? That's really There's nothing it? else, just so you know? I'm not in some weird gang. No Illuminati. All right, and you want to, let's get a picture of you real quick there. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Okay, five. Got to do hand, just so you know. And then we go like this real quick. Alright, that's what I'm talking about. You think about. you can do it? That should be post number one. I mean, I think I kind of have to. Uh, you should. It, but it's, but it's, it's weird that, like, when I told you about that, like, wanting to do shit for other people, mm-hmm. it's like, I think about, you know, how can I do with my dad's business at this point? Because he's, I mean, not going to try anything yeah. with daughter in college, yeah. but yeah. like, I hate the fact that like that's gonna go away now. Like I feel like after like twenty something years of him yeah. owning this business, and it's like I never really worked there. I worked there for a bit. I got him, it. But I'm like, I get I, it. So it's like, I'm, it's one of those things where it's like I don't want to lose. Like I don't want him to lose that because it's like a legacy that he built. But it's again, it's not my shit. It's just like, I get it. And it's just a it's a weird thing to have that so Look, much for somebody else. Here's what I would say. Life is long. Good time. And it's also like I have to figure out the not like that one. hating yourself. That, that one. That That's one. a big one. That's the one. That's the one. That's that the one. Is, Can I give you a really good piece of advice of how not to hate yourself? 
listen to positive shit. This is an environment game. Put fucking positive shit in your ears. It's actually been remarkable for me to watch people because I wasn't sure it was possible to go from that, go from a place where you don't like yourself to a place that you do. It was actually cancer. You've cut out negative voices, you consume positive voices. I think I was just in a, it was a long, I was in a really bad place for a, while, for a long time. I get so it. I think it was like, it was a, it was a. I get it. Years. I get it. Like really bad, like I get it. depression. So it's like. That's exactly right. It's, it's, it's it sucks now looking back, knowing how much that has actually. Here's the good like, news though. You know what I mean? That's Spending crazy. any minute looking back looking at back it. Looking back on it now. Fuck it. Going forward, cutting fucking negativity out, people, situations, things, yeah. and just positive I mean, the, 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 that, kind of effort mentality is what I need more of it. 100%. So, and it's crazy because I have to I do that in the office and tell people how to do shit that, that I know they should do. Yeah. And not doing it yourself is the stupidest I thing I get ever. it. I get but it. But I appreciate all I get the time, it. man. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, yes. Beautiful. Love Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you later. So this is a meeting where I can't share the details, so we're just going to fly right through this, but I want to give you the context of the day. Did you call, Caleb, did you call? I didn't call him right now, I called him earlier. Good. I know what I want for my 40th birthday. Me, you, mom, Disney. It's a small world. After all. Is that your favorite, favorite, uh, Our parents were only here for, I think, six years in the country, and my mom took Gary and I to Disney, and our mom was 30. 29 and she's also never experienced it obviously coming from Russia and it was like the trip of a lifetime and we stayed in the Holiday Inn and my mom rented a car that had no air conditioning and we were only allowed to buy one stuffed animal and Gary let me buy (laughs) I feel like this is all my childhood I got the better toy and we were going to take turns sleeping with our mom, except I never left my mom's bed and Gary stayed on that pull-out couch the whole time. <laughs> my mom, like, came home and, like, found out she was pregnant, so AJ actually was there with us. <laughs> but um, it was the best trip, and my mom didn't eat the last two nights because she didn't have, like, enough money on, like, they just got their first credit card and they didn't realize putting the airline tickets would take from it so she ate the crackers to the soup that we got at 7-Eleven literally that's how we Disneyed right we should do it again go to Holiday Inn you play at the arcade I learned to swim in Dis- like right after Disney I learned to swim because mom was teaching me in the pool and Gary was really playing a lot of arcade games punch out and we came home and somebody invited us to their pool club and I or like in yeah and I like did a couple little strokes and then Gary saw that I was swimming before him and he didn't know how to swim I was nine couldn't swim yet couldn't swim and he just literally jumped in the pool he didn't even know how to swim you jumped in and taught and he taught himself which makes total sense now it's classic that makes sense <laughs> 
I literally didn't know. I, there's no question about this. Sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, yeah. I didn't open up the books that were given to me once Got in my it. entire fucking life. Got it. I read one in high school. Dude, I didn't even. Do you know, <laughs> this is this is honestly, is that, true? Is that really? That's 100% true. Wait, wh- Crush yeah. It was a book that. 10 years ago, he was 15. I, yeah, it was the only stop. book that I read in high school. Yeah. How did you know to read it? Uh, yeah, how did that do go you, down? Do you know you told the name me Sean this... Cannell and Ben yes. Travis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Sean was the director of video at my church, and I was interning there, and he started a production company. I was like, let me carry your lights, and I'll learn from you. And he was like, cool. How One day you know? on a drive, he was like, I found this book by this crazy dude. He swears a lot, so like, <laughs> ignore that, but like, you should Ign- check it out. And I read ignore it. Ignore yeah. that, love God, but yep. you can read Yeah, God doesn't like cursing. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know about that. But yeah, well, I definitely... Fun. Better. I hope not. I hope we're okay with that. I'm finished when I get up there. You were great, but you said fuck. God damn it. Fine. Good to see you. Sorry about the mix-up. Yeah, it sucks. It is what it is. You know what? I might sneak it in then tomorrow. I'm just gonna like set the alarm. I'll keep you. I'll text you tonight. That'd be great. And if you want to do it tonight after dinner, we can do definitely that. not. Cool. Definitely I just. <laughs> not. That's not happening. I'm trying to squeeze in my time. One more time, VIP uh, dinner. Dinner, they paid a special ticket there. Yep. They're gonna be open seat for you at the table. Okay. Congratulations on all your success, man. Thank you, man. Thanks Take for care coming. Yourself, man. Thank you for coming. Okay. It's in my bag, so I'm gonna have to dig for it, but I'll need to change your battery. Step through those lines. Okay. Hey, what's Hello. going on, man? How are you? Thanks Doing for coming. Fantastic. Hi, How are you? I'm Gary. Sarah. Sarah, nice thanks for coming. Now. Thanks for being Came here. Came around the corner, I was like, holy crap, there's Gary. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for, where are you guys from? Dallas. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yes. Looking forward to tonight. We're super excited. Yeah, it's going like, to be great. Really, really pumped. I'll see you inside. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Pleasure. Nice to meet you. What's up, Gary? Hey, man. How are you, man? How are you? Hey, really I, good. Shot, I shot an episode with you in LA when you dropped your first I remember. Yeah. I remember. Good but to see you. I, since then, I got promoted to vice president of our company. Good for you, man. Yeah. Congrats. So, I'm glad, glad you're here. here. Yeah. It's good yeah. to see you. I'll see you inside. Yeah. Hello, gang. Good to see you. Good to see you, <laughs> Good to see you again. How, you? How you been? It's been a whole week. Did you miss <laughs> oh, me? Well, yeah, so much stuff. <laughs> hey. Glad you're here. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great to see you. Thank you well? You. Thanks. Yes, I'm doing awesome. Nice setting. You're just I almost like feel like we should just only do it in here, out here. It's like nice. Oh, over here. I know. It's nice. It's How nice. How do these go? Really well. Different vibe? I, not at home? Uh, not necessarily. I'm so in this, like, I'm so focused on 4Ds. Yeah. Like, I take such a... You know, there's so much of me that like is always scared. Did this person pay just for this eight minutes? So I think like I have that kind of like. And the answer to that is a lot of the times probably. Sometimes, right? Yeah. And so like eventually, I th- you know, at least 20% probably with that intent, yeah. and then they realize everything else was worth it. Yeah. But, but I still feel that anxious pressure of like delivering on that. Yeah. So like. You're on. I'm so yeah. yeah. I'm so Style there man. that I that could, it could be anywhere, right? Were you it, just in India? No, the whole cruise in India. Yeah, Sid is getting married. Sid is married. Oh, okay, okay. Or so, getting married. So you were gonna be on my podcast. Uh, Tyler had said, "Hey, we're gonna have to reschedule." You had a flight or whatnot, and then he was like, "Next thing, it was in India." So the whole crew went to India. Got it. Gotcha. What's that? 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be great. I'll see you guys inside. Hello. Hello. Hey, good to see you. How are you? Hi, good to see you. How have you been? Good. All well? Yeah, I saw you last year here. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I'm super, oh, I'm, I'm massively image. Like I pretty much, I could, you could, I could drive somewhere right now. Like let's say you're like, go there. And like I went, if I drove it, I could do it 38 years later, just on memory of sight. Like my visual, is off the charts. <laughs> like I will never, I rarely forget a face. Yeah? Rare, and I'm talking like this fast. Uh, I didn't meet you last year. No, I know. So I mean, no, no friends, but I definitely remember. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah. This will be really good. I'm excited about the Q&A. Yeah. Jerry, I'm, not, I'm Dustin. We met last year. I How are you? Yardbird. Just for a quick second, you were exhausted, but super, I mean, compelling the just the, the work ethic, like you totally live up to it. The, Thank the you. huge day, like I saw you in the morning, keynote at eight and then all the way to 11. Thank you. I know you were hungry, so thank you for that. My and, pleasure. And I, did, I wanted to say thank you too. I have a big real estate team and you gave us a little a stock tip a few years ago at, at Tom Ferry and I threw a few shekels on Netflix. And um, <laughs> because of that, I, I had, a, we had a little bit laying around and I was like, you know, I, I told my wife I wanted to pursue mortgage. So we took that money and we started a mortgage company. And so it's, it's all layering next. That and makes we're me talking awfully about happy. Insurance for the next play, but right now we got to make sure we build it out. So I want that to makes say me thank happy. You. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Thank you very Thanks much. for coming. Sincerely Thanks appreciate coming. it. My Very pleasure. Sure. sure. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. Nice How are you? Have you been? Obviously, huge fan. Thank you. I was watching the videos of this. I live down here, so I'm born and raised in South Florida. Yes. And saw the videos, like real intimate show up today. And I'm like, oh, is this the table? They're like, oh no, this is the room. Like, holy shit. I'm like, little little bigger than last year. So last year looked pretty intimate. This is like 90 people. So I'm like, damn. Well, I'm my plan tonight is to go to every table and make it intimate. So that's what. Gotcha. We'll get it done. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming. Thanks for support. Yeah, for sure. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, how are you? Great to see you. Gary Yeah, I love it, man. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Brian. Brian. Brian, nice to meet you. Hey, Gary, Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Hey, how are you? Hi. Hi, Gary. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for coming, guys. Pleasure, man. Great. Nice night. Should be good. Much better here than New York. Yeah. Like, Caleb wore shorts this morning in New York, and I was like, was, but then when he landed, he was like, see, strategy, he had strategy. Yeah, you don't mind, Gary? No worries. Thanks, awesome, you're welcome. Yeah, he had the right strategy. It's been really, it's actually been a pretty cold week in New York. We've been in the 20s. Yeah, yeah, so. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we got to the airport on our plane. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So got to say what's up? You got to say what's up. To That's cool. Well, That's follow awesome. Instagram, so it's funny, her story, I don't know if you checked her story today. It was a dog. She's like, I don't know if this one's go- this dog. She took a picture. She goes, I don't know if the dog's going to Asian 2021, right? And then so you saw the dog. I saw. I saw. No, I saw her. I saw her. And then I saw the sneakers. And I was like, Oh shit, that's this. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so we said, Cool. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Hi. Yeah, of course. How are you? Good. So I brought you a picture of Muhammad Ali signed. That's amazing. It's a big one. It's framed. That's very sweet. I'm gonna bring it to you tomorrow. Is that Thank okay? Thank you. That's very okay. Awesome. Thank you so. Awesome. Much. I will definitely you signed take a glove it. for me about a year ago here in Fort Lauderdale. Yes. So yes. I still have it. I put it right in my office. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for coming today. I read every one of your books and I'm following everything you say. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank
Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. It's a nice schlep. Thank you. Who's taking it? Tony. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks. How are you? Yeah. Such a pleasure. How have you been? Last couple years, you're doing good. Doing good. I missed you last year. I coach with Tom, so awesome. Glad to be here this year. I'm glad you made it. Excited. You well? Is my girlfriend Monica? She's an agent in Anaheim, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> you said hello earlier. Good to see you guys. Photo? Absolutely. Hey, question real quick for you. YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we're on uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and doing a LinkedIn. I'm trying to build an audience of local real estate agents to build our company. Got about 80 agents, independent office. Where should I be really pounding money into boosting, etc.? Not boosting. Okay. Boosting is not a good ad product. Okay. Planning the media before you put. You can run ads on Facebook against people that work at Keller Williams and Remax. Okay. Right. When you boost, they're just giving you anybody. Right. And everybody's getting excited that they got to 40,000 people, but it's 40,000 people you don't right. care about. Exactly. You'd rather get the 31 people that work at Remax that would consider switching or whatever the hell you're up to. Right. Right. So, no boosting, no boosting for anybody. Okay. Boosting's been bad for five years. It's about planning the media, and then when you know if you're planning the media, like if you run an ad, and the media plan is you're targeting Kansas City Chief fans who are 71 to 80 years old, you can say, hey Chief fans, remember Len Dawson? Like when you know who's gonna see it, you change what you make. I make content with the media spend in mind. Got it? So you should do that on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Okay, those three, five. Yeah. Okay, great. Cool. Okay, quick picture. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you Peace again. Peace of mind. We Good met to see you. Carrie Scholl. How are you? This is my husband, Dan. 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 Good to see you again. Such a pleasure. Great to see you again. I remember in the couch, at the airport, I remember the whole thing. Yeah. It's great to see you guys yeah, again. Yeah, on the way. Nice to see you too. Our business quadrupled because of your strategy about being the mayor of your town. That makes me super happy. Three full-time videographers. It works. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, it's so crazy to sit on advice that you know is 100% right, it's kind of like health and fitness. Like, don't eat sugar, don't eat fat, work out, right? Like, it's so 100%, but what, what, I, what I live for is people, and it's funny, I remember that meeting, and if you asked me, did I think you guys would do it, I fully thought so. You guys were so lasered in, like, this is like one of the least surprising success stories for me ever. I remember leaving because I was rushing to the airplane. Uh, I'm like, they're gonna do it. Oh yeah, we did it. What was the most viral piece of content? Right the now Amazon. it's our Amazon video. Yeah. So Amazon is moving to Washington DC and we targeted Amazon employees <laughs> and then we tar- targeted local people in that neighborhood. We have like, blew it up. It. And it cost a But our recruiting, you changed the game. So we actually quadrupled in December and we were already number one in Virginia. We did over 50 million. Makes me so happy. Yeah, it was awesome. We're just Congratulations. tactical Facebook question. So as we've been doing this, our, our personal profiles have grown. Uh, we, we also have the business ones, and we use our personal to promote all those. And we're, we're getting close to being capped out at 5,000. Should we convert that to a public yes. figure? And, we should. I'm terrified of this. Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news. Let, the answer's yes, comma. You don't have to share anything you don't want to share. 
So, well, no, no, it's not about that. It's okay. about should we, he's saying, should we convert it to like a public figure page because we're capped out at 5,000? The answer is yes. Yes, I understood the question. Oh, <laughs> no. Really? But what are, you, what are you terrified of? I think we're going to get less exposure. She thinks it'll be served less. It'll be oh, served less. You're going to get more exposure. As a public figure. That's right. You're also not relying on organic. You're right. Relying on organic Facebook reach as a personal page would be like using a gun to hit somebody over the head with instead of shooting them. Yeah, okay. Got it? I got it. So, so that's that. Okay. Not to mention a lot of the features and functionalities that roll out that are actually the best always go to the profile public pages, not the personal profile. You are correct. You just really put me in a position where I have to tell him he's right. Thanks a lot for You're that. You're welcome. You'll enjoy that later. You enjoy that later. I know that's a big win. Nice Good to, to see, you. see you. I'm proud of you guys. I'm so pumped. Thank Makes me you. so happy. I'll give you another tip because I know you'll use it. So on the same reason that that worked, Instagram story ads as swipe ups. So like there's story ads and, you, and then you have a call to action, they swipe up and you put it to a mobile optimized landing page, will dominate. Okay. It'll Any skew a hair, it'll skew a hair okay. younger, it'll skew a hair younger, uh, skew a hair hipper, but when I heard the Amazon thing, that's exactly right. Nice. Awesome. It will work. We'll do it. It's even more underpriced. It's $2, $3 CPMs. Nice. It's absurd. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Good to see you guys so again. Much. I'll see you in there. Yes. You sure can, brother. Brooks. Brooks. Nice to you? meet you, man. I Pleasure. appreciate it. We got a phone here. Oh. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Brooks, Thank thanks you. for coming. Nice to meet you. Yeah, real pleasure. Absolutely. What's up, okay, Gary? Don't hey, take off. I won't. I'm here. <laughs> really good. Pardon really good. How are you? Good. Good, man. It's good to see you. Big day awesome. with Ace tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it, brother. Hi. Hi. So last year, I told yes. you you were my celebrity crush. Yes. You beat RDJ out. <laughs> Thank you. you don't, I'm sure you don't remember. Oh, I remember. No, you don't. Yes, my I do. My friend Conrad, though, Yes, I you do. did a video for my friend Conrad, and you were supposed to have a meeting with him. Okay. The wrestling guy. Yes. He's married to Ric Flair's daughter. Yes, I spoke to him on the phone recently. Okay, so yeah. you guys had your yeah. meeting. Yeah. I haven't talked to him. Yep. So. We spoke... Uh, Six or eight weeks ago. Okay, so yeah. um, he's a nice guy. He, oh, he's awesome. Like he him. sent me a screenshot. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, we're gonna get in there. <laughs> but so Meredith and I, you already met Meredith. Yes. She's a realtor. I'm a mortgage lender. Uh, we have started a podcast. Love it. Um, really not trying to get business from it at this point. We're just trying to, to grow it to grow our brands. Yep. Um, so what would your suggestions for that be? Because I, I was just telling John on the way here. I'm like, I don't feel like there's anybody listening. Well, we haven't we, we haven't, haven't released yet. We're recording. Them now. Okay. We haven't. We live in a super small town, twenty thousand yeah, people. Twenty thousand. So our whole thing is like think larger than your surroundings, like because we're doing really well. And then the whole like mom thing. Like, yeah, of the course. Balancing act, I got like, it. We follow big people like you. Yep. But like you can. Like, so we want to try to capitalize on the fact that it's that we're doing what like people like you. Obviously, I understand. Like I keep going. But. In a, in a smaller level, okay. so people can see real people doing because it. Because we often feel like we're targeted because we do things different in our town, yes. and yes. so like Ta- when you say targeted, like you can't do that, or you can't do that, or that won't Her work. More than me, or, she's got a she's got a boss. I, I have don't. a team, you know, my real estate team. That's not normal where we're team. at. I have a team of eight people. You know, that's not normal. Um, it's so. just it's a constant like. I guess the question becomes: Does it matter? 
It doesn't matter to me. She still it still matters to her. I said Understood. fuck it a long time ago. So right. So <laughs> so that's the real question, right? So uh-huh. for you, it's a complete non-conversation. Yes. For you, it's what's the Mendoza line yeah. of what you can do, and you have to sleep in the bed that you chose, and if and then eventually it becomes a game. Once you get to the ledge, it becomes a game of when do you jump or do you jump? Yeah. There's no there's no half pregnant. Yeah. So like all of like the na- like you know like the so- naysaying means yeah. nothing to me. So do because- you react to that? Well, like, say, like, I shut up, like leave me alone. Like no, not not like in that way. No, the but best like- the best way to react to somebody somebody is to execute in their face. Yeah. Because when I came to town, they all said I wouldn't do shit, and now I've taken all their business. That's so- right. I mean, like no, to me that like the naysaying is just motivation, but. I'm not gonna spend a minute debating in the comment section or confronting someone in the hall. I, the way I've talked is by executing and then telling them, fuck you. It's yeah. much more fun to fight after you've already won. See, I agree. But, so what do we do with the podcast to, to try to build more brand? Just keep doing what we're doing? And well, you, first of all, you gotta put it out. Well, yeah. Let's start with that. She keeps fucking recording shit over no. and over and over again. No, no. I keep giving her dates and she keeps going past them. Do you think that that subject line will fly? Basically, we're like the like for me, I'm like the small town Rachel Hollis. Like people, like I'm the mom of three. I you know started a nonprofit. I you know children's museum. We're in a super small town. I'm a real estate agent. I started a team. Like you can't have it all. It's okay to ask for help. Like even though you're in this little area. Like do you think that is? What well, help build our brands? Do you think? I think the, first of all that thesis is right. You understand, as long as there's one person going through something, there's millions going through it. Yeah. So the answer is yes. Yeah. But let's go to the part that I'd rather you think about, which is, it's just about the execution. Like your eighth episode that you're recording, you guys, forget about that, you guys may be on your eighth episode, one of you says something to something, and then that's the thing you notice people saying and talking about on Facebook. I mean, did you think I, when I started drinking wine on the internet that I thought I'd be talking about parenting? Like things evolve. Right. Too many people try to plan and strategize and debate in their head when all the action is about actually executing and then reacting to the reality of it. So do I think it will play? Yes. I also think the thing that might play is something none of the three of us could have ever thought of yeah. that happens when episode 11 goes right. out. Yeah. Got it? Right, got it, yeah. Like, cool. like we, I make cartoons now as Instagram posts. Like that's not... Thank you. It wasn't something I was thinking about. It was just that I produced so much content, I wanted to, I, I, I'm challenging myself to try new shit. I would have been dead wrong that those would have over-engaged everything else, but they have. Yeah. Okay. This is why I believe that volume of content output is the only answer. I did take your idea last year as a real estate agent. I started a community page mm-hmm. to as give, give, up. give, give, right? So I'm giving community content. I'm featuring businesses in my small town. Works. I'm featuring them and? for one week. I mean, we're only 20,000 people, so I have over 10,000 people. But followers. Tom Ferry spotlighted it on one of his yeah. Facebook posts. So She's everyone's doing like, well now like oh, you're that girl in only in Coffee. You know what I mean? So it's like, a big I'm deal. giving yeah. in that way and getting business on the back end. Listen. Big fishes and small ponds are good fucking businesses. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The end. Got it. <laughs> they just are. All right, let's get a picture cool. so we don't keep you all tied up. All right. Okay. Ho, 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 ho. Before you continue, you might have just missed it. There was such a nugget, a jewel in there. Please rewind and check this out one more time. Thank you so much. Guys, I have to go inside. 
and do a call before our dinner. I'm going to, I'm go, the entire dinner, I'm just going spending meaningful time at every small table, so I will get to every one of you. That is awesome. the agenda That's before I'm awesome. out of here. Want to get a quick photo? Yeah, well, it's good. Hey guys, just sure. a quick question. Can I do a quick question? Okay. So, oh, maybe. Got it, bro. All right, so you have all these people all the time who are constantly asking you, Gary, how do I execute? How do I execute? How do I execute? And you're always giving them the same shit. All like, you just gotta execute. Does yeah. it ever bug you? Does it ever get like personal for you? No, I just know. Uh, no, not at all. Actually, I I know how humans act. You never know which setting. And no, you know, it's kind of like that cliche saying, like, right? You find the teacher. The student finds the teacher when sure. they're ready. I I don't judge because who am I to judge? I I just stay consistent. And maybe this is the time that they hear, like maybe this time I use a different analogy. Maybe this time something happened yesterday that made them say yeah, like for me, for me, the thing I'm most proud about is the consistency. Like when people sometimes leave a comment in, 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 the, in a post that I put and they say, I'm out of here Gary Vee, unsubscribe, you talk about the same shit. To me that is the ultimate compliment. The ultimate compliment is that I'm true to myself that I don't make up advice for the sake of saying something different. Every, every single time I talk, especially now, as you can tell, I'm on the record and I need to feel good about that in 31 years from now uh, that my intent was right and that I was as right as I could be at the moment, right? So, no, I'm actually unbelievably comfortable with it. And, and by the way, I'm in the early parts of the, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I'm gonna be doing this at 86. Right, and so that's gonna, that's gonna be a lot of content saying this. What the nice thing is, is that I also have a good knack of understanding media shifts. So with, whether this is about blockchain or virtual reality or augmented reality or some invention that two gals in Texas make up tomorrow that captivate our attention, I'm always gonna be good at that. So. You know, some reason everybody's gonna learn what's going on here with this world, right? Hence this scene. And then we're gonna move to voice and nobody's gonna understand how to contextually transfer the principles. I will and then miraculously I'll be important to listen to again because what I'm talking about today is what I learned about email, direct mail and Google AdWords. I'm just good at being a chameleon and understanding the nuances when shit changes. All I'm doing, all you're doing is direct mail. It's just 2019 direct mail, not 1967 direct mail. All that Google ads were, and being good at Google, was just the yellow pages. It was just slightly different. Why do you think people named their company Triple A Real Estate? Because they figured out in 1963 that they'll be at the top of the list. Time to go? Got it? So no. A lot of good stuff there. Tons. Either way. I've been taking photos of the timestamp. Great. That one, there was the small town stuff, there's like three clips potentially there. Yeah, that to me was like super viraled out. You know? We're gonna head back into this room and then we're gonna get everyone in, seat them, and then you can Yes, perfect. And I have, a, I have a mic for you. Perfect, I'm gonna go very like, thanks Kim, thanks for being here, blah, 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 and I'm gonna see all of you at the end. Thanks so much, Kim. You look great, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Is everybody there? Yeah, everyone's Everyone's seated? Yeah. All right, good. You have seats for these characters? Okay, awesome. And are you gonna adjust it? No.
are you? Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Try, with this pillar, I'm trying to find a spot. I think it's gonna be blocked, so I'll move around a little bit. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, I, uh, I'm very excited for you to be joining this uh, reception. I wanna thank you guys all for coming. I hope that uh, you see the reserved spot in each table, because my agenda tonight is to make sure I get to every table for a meaningful amount of time, and get to jam with everybody, answer some questions. Uh, I want to first thank Kim Garcia and Emma and the rest of the team at Vayner Experience for putting on Agent 2021. Um, and and I'm, and I'm very, very excited to see all of you. This is a very fun night because my dad, mom, and sister are somewhere here too. So uh, obviously with the announcement of the Sasha group, I'm excited to have Sasha actually in the building. So that's fun. So somebody's gonna be sitting with them. And then, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you. So thank you for being here. Looking forward to saying what's up. Uh, and I'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks, have a good time. And what kind of a Hello. Wow. Uh, the cloud. First come, first serve. That's right, how, how are, are you? you? Good, good to see you. Again. How are you? Hi, Kenzie. So it's good to see you. Hey brother. Andrew. Andrew, pleasure. Good to see you again, brother. How are you? I enjoyed today. pregnant with a child. Wow, congratulations. Amazing. Number two for you? Number one. Number one. I'm okay, thank you for asking. How's everybody doing? Doing good, how about you? Really good. Really Really excited for the event tomorrow. Thank you. Where's everybody from? Start it off. Uh, We're Boise, Idaho. Okay. We, uh, I gotta see you speak up there with uh, Russell. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool, but. I've been to Boise a couple times. Yeah, you have? Yeah. What'd you go back for? Um, I, I uh, judged the Idaho Wine Festival okay. in 2007. I, I, Matt Paradis, okay. who's the center for the Denver Broncos, is a Vayner sports client and went to Boise. Okay. And so we did an event there once. And then that event that you saw yep. me at. Yep. Yep. I think that's, uh, that's it. That's it. We'd love to have you back. Appreciate it. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Trumbull, Connecticut. I'm actually Matt's nephew. Last yes. Higgins. Yes. I, yeah. I've heard. I've heard of that guy. He's on the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I texted him before. He said he was tied up with something, but uh, he's on the way. To see him. He just texted me. He's on the way. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. Glad you're here. Thank you. Did you guys just randomly pick your seats? Is that how it went random. down? Yeah, just random. You guys, by the way, can I, yeah, please. this is a totally unrelated question. You're Fire gonna away. freak out when you say this real quick. So, if you're new to wine, but you don't like it really dry, you don't like it really sweet, where do you start? Is that, is that a bad question? No, it's I'm a good question. It, it's relevant to me. I, I would probably go New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's white, no? Yeah. Okay. And white, you would think, you, I almost think everybody should start with white. Red is very tannic. Like it's, it, red wine, to go for it, like that's like Zico and that'd be like, hey, I've never started, I've never run, but I wanna run. I'd be like, all right, run the New York Marathon. Like red is intense really? for a palate that's not gravitating towards it, yeah. So, so that's just an, you know, he has a wine brand called Empathy. You can't have any because you're pregnant though right now. Tonight. 
It's not, it's not been made yet. It's still sitting in barrels. It's not ready. The rosé's very close. Okay. The rosé's very close, but not yet. Is that getting a lot of traction? Yeah, business? it's done really well. I mean, right now we've done no marketing for it other than my promotion. We start the Empathy Wines marketing next week. So we're gonna get a much better read on like how well are we gonna do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to it. What was the, so what's with Sasha? Tell me about it. I haven't really, I watched you a lot for a year. Yep. And this year I've not paid Been head down. to you. Head I get down. it. Things are going great. So I, I saw that come up and I was like, I can ask him about that. VaynerMedia. To work with VaynerMedia, you basically, VaynerMedia has to get a million dollars in fee. Okay. Which means that you probably have to spend like three to four million overall to get Vayner, right? Because if you spend a million on media and we get 15%, that's 150,000. If you make a big time video and it's 300,000, well we gotta pay for actors and props, so we get 130. So you gotta spend money to, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why Bud, you know. Meanwhile, 99% of the emails that we get are from people that have small businesses, medium-sized businesses who want VaynerMedia, yeah. but they have 100,000 to spend for the year, which we'll make 37 on, right? Yeah. So for the last several years, I've been trying to figure out how to tap into that market. Okay. And we think we finally have it. So we've started a new company okay. called the Sasha Group. It is literally VaynerMedia for small businesses. That's awesome. But I, I, I think that you don't realize how much you, well, I wish that you would realize how much you impacted people, and I wish that you would realize that whenever you talk to him, even though the, he has his entourage, you have millions of friends, I feel like you're my friend. I'm and, I, and, I, and I just want to let you I know am your that. friend. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, 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 it's. I'm really, you know, it's really, you know how you, sometimes you hear things like, your gift is your curse. Like my parents or my my wife or some or like my assistants would say that's very true. And it's actually the biggest problem they have because one thing I am is I am where I am. Like I am I am where I am. Like I am like definitely not thinking about anything else that's going on in my life right now. I'm not even thinking about that table yet. I'm like, I'm gonna drill this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why people feel that. And I, I used to think of like, oh, I have good charisma, or I have like a good vibe. And then I realized, oh no, I actually do that. I actually am like, boise and listen, and like, like, and I'll remember it too. Yeah, yeah, I have a good yeah. memory, so like, <laughs> like, it just will never, I will never run into you and not know that you're mad against, like, like I won't, it's just, I will, 87% likely when I see you in six years, as long as you look generally the same, we'll probably be able to recall something like Boise because yeah. now we've spent enough time on it. Exactly. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah, it's a real, names no, names nothing. I mean, I, I can Millions eat it. Names. Even like employees on the fifth time, like names <laughs> I'm really not good at. And I use my other knowledge, like I'll see an employee for the third time, I'll know, and I'll be like, hey, how's uh, too bad about how Purdue beat Ohio State, you went to Ohio State. That I know, but, are you Rick or Sally? I'm not sure. Wait, you know? Wait, wait, that's why I put on a sweatshirt. Martini. It's Martini. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> I just want to make sure you understand. I couldn't wear anything Dolphins related for obvious reasons. I knew to avoid that. 100%. So. Are you a Dolphins guy though? 
my fault. I yeah. I, I you mean, didn't grow up. A, I grew up a Jets guy. You did. I love Mark Sanchez. Yeah, those were great years. Those were some great times. Rex was always really, really fun nice guy. Fun guy. But you go where Matt goes kind of thing? Exactly. I respect yeah. that. Big so you didn't grow up. Well, actually, you're young. So how old were you when Matt was at the Jets? must have been 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. I was, but that means prior to that you weren't locked in. I was not locked in. That's why you'll jump. Exactly. I get it. Is and he, Matt the one speaking with you tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. He played in the NFL? No, Matt was Definitely the president. Real, real estate. Matt, no, Matt was the president of the New York Jets when the Jets became VaynerMedia's first client. Okay. We became unbelievably friendly and then Matt was poached by Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, to do a bigger version of what he was doing for the Jets and Matt one of Matt's first moves was to buy a piece of VaynerMedia. And we started fun together, and started Resi together, and we like really have a real big time friendship and business relationship. That's awesome. I was watching uh, some of your videos actually. The last video I watched of yours was one that you said to, you hope people stop watching your videos. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard something like that, but I thought that was a really, really powerful message. The best teacher doesn't want to teach the student when the student's ready. The problem is I have to re-hone that message because a lot of people hear that, I challenge them, so they're sitting at home, I've challenged them, they feel like shit when I say that because they're like, yeah, I've been watching this guy for two years, I haven't done anything yet. Then they stop watching me because I challenge them, but what I've been, and I watch. I have to be careful because what's even more disappointing to me is a lot of them will stop watching me but then we'll stop, start watching somebody, somebody else who's like trying to get their money. Like, I've seen some things that have really upset me where I like, they were with me. They, were, they felt bad when I was like, stop fucking watching me. They stopped and now they're paying somebody like $3,000 a month. Like, I've seen a lot of that. And so I'm like, fuck, I need to be, I need to clarify what I mean I by. Yeah, and a lot, and by the way, I meet a person, I get an email and meet a person every day that says, you did it. You fucking looked me dead in the face in that video. I stopped, I started doing, and my life has changed. I'm not a book reader or a video watcher anymore. On the flip side, I've also seen a shitload of people now get caught by spammy shit. Because they need to watch something because they're not ready to do. Constant simulation the environment in which we live in. A lot of people, a lot of people feel like they're doing something by watching me. I'm gonna bounce around. It's so nice to meet you. Such a pleasure. Congratulations. Really nice to meet you. Brother, I'm sure I'll be seeing you more often. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. If I have more time, I'll come back around and come over. After this next one, can you do a little hosting telling what we're doing? To you? To you? I'll do it right now. So we're here at the VIP reception at uh, Agent 2021. We have a bunch of tables. I'm just table hopping to give a little more depth to every individual. A little hello, a little kiss, a little question answer. So pretty excited about it. Can you do me a favor? Can you go? Can you go ask him how many tables I've left and what average amount of minutes yep. I should do Absolutely. to be done at nine thirty? To be done at nine thirty. Hey, gang. What's up, guys? How up, are you? Good. Man. The great thing is, please. You know, we, we spend a lot of time, money, and energy giving back to the community. Every day, we have three dedicated people at our dealership that are out and about in the community, taking food to seniors, taking food to home, all kinds of things, but no one knows it. We've never called anyone. Now we have the ability through these platforms to share that, and that's our content. That's our content. I totally understand. I think the thing that you need to be careful of in that context, make sure you have a good balance because one of, so it's really interesting about me. 
I do a lot of nonprofit work. I donate a lot. I talk nothing about that. There's a very fine line of cynicism that you need to make sure you nail on that, okay? Otherwise, people will think you're staging it. So keep that in mind. So I am comfortable selling as I am, like, you know? Keep it in mind. But the truth is the truth. You've been doing it. So the good news is you should show some of it. And it is great. I'm a a buyer. The balance of how much you put out. A lot of it is just our guys being out there physically doing it. Not, oh, here's a check. Not not that type of thing. I get it. We're out in the community. I always say to people, like, it's a lot easier for me to write a big check than to go and spend an hour. So I always admire people that are doing it. Please. Body shop, right? Yeah. The average person gets into action every eight years. It's Is that eight. the number? Yeah. As of last year, it's eight years. As a, it's a negative approach, right? Getting into accidents, a negative experience, it's, it's bad. How do I stay in front of people saying this is the body shop, we are Baltimore's body shop, eventually we're going to be Maryland's body shop, we keep growing our empire, we've got a good foundation, we want to keep growing on that, we want to get in front of the audience, but no one wants to hear about a body shop, how to wreck their car. And, and are people using the body shop for anything but a car wreck? Not typically, no. Not Can you add something left field? That's what, so. I think one of the things that I, one of the reasons I've been able to help a lot of people is for some reason I'm very, I'm outside the box. And I did that for my dad's business, like that's what I'm good at. So, and when, when I hear you, I'm always in the mindset of like, oh shit, now we're partners. So I think about like tomorrow coming into work and you're like, all right Gary, you're supposed to be a big hot shot, what should we do? After even listening for a minute, I'm like, can we do something else? I mean, literally if you sold, I'll give you something so fucking left field. What if you sold 4,300 different air fresheners? I know I'm going a little left field, but you see where I'm going? Air fresheners don't take up a lot of space. What if we took like a corner, bought four units of as many air fresheners as there are and became the single store that has the most air fresheners in the world, what I always think about is like, what else can you do that could be the focal point that then subtly brings awareness? I told them today in our 4D session, literally to create a sitcom similar to Taxi, the 1980s show for their car dealership. I think if you can find something that has a slight connection to cars, which is why I went to air fresheners, and the capital cost of buying a lot of them wouldn't be a lot, because they're cheap, what else can you do? Because otherwise, to your point, you can't. So often work, get more attention. Dude, I think, you, you're a young guy, I think you can do something like, pretty left field. You know, the liquor store, my business, there was a day, back in the day, I don't know which store was first, that said, we should sell gourmet cheese too, because people that buy fine wine, and now like food integration to like specs, like like big, great wine stores nationally have to have a true gourmet department to be a player. But somewhere 33 years ago, somebody was the first person to say, let's sell food in this liquor store too. You understand? Like Walmart came around and said, let's have gas stations. Creative. And when I say creative, I'm saying to you, 
another product or service that doesn't cost a lot of capital to start up that could be the awareness driver for the whole thing. Okay. So we have partners with insurance companies that use us and send us the jobs. That's bad. Exactly. And I can't rely on one source. I gotta go right to the consumer Correct. to get the attention to come to me direct. Correct. That's, that's How big is your location? We're 17,000 square feet right now. What happens in that location when nothing's going on? Nothing, right? I mean, luckily we've been blessed. We have a lot going on. Do you have a, lo- do you have a parking? Big, plenty of parking, plenty of storage. I'm a big fan of doing events okay. in your location. Okay. Like, could you possibly do a farmer's market in your parking lot on Sundays? You see where I'm going? I see where you go. I have a crazy one for you. Do you know what my advice to people that own car dealerships are? To give away every Friday to give a free, to give away 80% of the inventory of the cars to people by surprising them on social media to have for the weekend and bring back on Monday and then on the weekend use all that empty parking spot to do things like a farmer's market. You don't need six of the same fucking thing. I mean, this is where I talk about like, even better. But you have cars taking up the space. Respect. You understand? Yeah. I still think you should give away cars for free. I would do a high school program where I would give new car, like, you know, and you got insurance and there's other real shit, but go with me macro. If you can get all the T's and I's, if you guys did a campaign where Monday through Thursday, anybody that stops by the dealership, 16, I don't know, Texas lost. What's a 17, 16? 16 to teenagers, 16 to 19, Monday through Thursday, most creative Instagram post on our lot gets the car for a week for free. You would build up so much awareness. You'd have the entire regional high schools building up your brand for you. Cool, right? Yeah, we're in the mortgage space, like selling The what space? Mortgage. Mortgage space. So what is the math? Thir- uh, 13 minutes per. Okay, cool. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll- Got it, but I wanted to understand so I'm not like too front end. Good, go ahead. So yeah, the mortgage space, selling money, right? Yeah. Residential mortgages. So something left field. Something left for yield for you, I think, is doing something like Dave Ramsey yeah. and like Barbara Cochran and like Susie Orman. You just need to put out good financial advice in podcasts and LinkedIn and Facebook every fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, I would build a monster company because literally I would just put out money. In, I mean, I would destroy that industry. Yeah, so what, we, like, what we've been trying to focus on is, um, so we want a lot of, our disproportionate amount of our business comes from the real estate agent because a client starts, I I know. start their search with your sister, right? Like, the problem is whoever's closest to the customer has the leverage. That's right, yeah. So You need to go around it by yeah. building a brand so it comes direct to you. Yeah, that's what we want to do. I mean, the that's end. our end goal. The end. You know how you do that? The media. So we've been trying to focus on... Look what, look what our president did. He was able to arbitrage out the entire mainstream media. You can definitely arbitrage out these fucking real estate agents. Oh yeah, but I mean like, right now, we're trying to divide, balance it between going direct to consumer and also the way we get their agents business is we say we're gonna help you with your marketing. We're Love that. Video guy. Great. We're gonna bring you real value. And Great. In exchange, we wanna be your partner. Great, So that's like, right. 
That's the way we've been. Get the leverage. The reason I give more than I ask is it's the ultimate leverage in life. There's nobody on earth. It's why I wanted to build a huge business for my parents. I didn't even like them having leverage. Really? No, I mean it. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, the amount of people on earth that look like me, the amount of people that went into their parents' business, spent 14 years paying themselves nothing, built a monster, and left with nothing is very low. Thank you. But it comes from this almost like disease-like need to not let anybody on earth have leverage with me. That's why I never want anything from anybody. I don't even know how to ask for anything. By the way, I will say this on the record. I don't think it's the smartest thing either. I think it leads to, when you're much older, or when I'm on my deathbed, a little bit of resentment. I understand that. Right? Because when you're... You know what's funny? I know this to be true, so I'll share it. Even though I'm the one who made the bed, there is a, I mean, if people knew how much economics I've left on the table, I better always be growing because if I have a tough spot, I'm gonna be mad at everybody. You know what I mean? So it's a vulnerable place, but it is the absolute ultimate leverage. And that's how I think you should treat your customers. Just give them more than they took, you'll get them all. It's how I built the wine business. That's how I built VaynerMedia, and it's how I built the fan base. There are people that are here, literally, because they feel guilty of how much I brought to them. Literally, guilt. Somebody outside just now in the cocktail hour goes, I bought this ticket because five years ago, you were at a Tom Ferry real estate event, and we asked you for a stock tip as a question because we were all impressed that you invested in Facebook and Twitter, and you told me to buy Netflix, and I did it, and I made a fortune. And I started a mortgage company. This is literally what he said. It's crazy. Guys, thank you. It's, so you've been saying, from the content side, you feel like you're getting a cadence, but you don't have the distribution figured out yet? I mean, we do. Like, we do on certain platforms, right? Like Facebook, Instagram, we do. Yep. Um, Can you pass me? The, yeah, thank you. Especially on the paid side. Really good. Um, what we're trying to figure out is, you know, to me, I can't do as much with the Instagram views. So he wants Instagram views, right? Which I get. But I just don't see the value. Whereas in Facebook, it does a lot for us, right? From a recruiting standpoint, we can, most of our content that we're pushing out is much more agent focused, value to the agent, how to get better, how to grow their business. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's talk, let's break it down. Facebook video content, you're amplifying on Facebook, and yeah. you're run- with ads, you're running ads. We're running dollars behind that on Instagram and Facebook. And you're seeing much more success from Facebook. Tons of success, yeah. And is the content the same? No, well, what do you mean? Is the same video, how so? In that, depending on where we're running it, the feed to Instagram is different, it's shorter, it's quicker, or it's younger, right? More memes, stuff. Um, like mix into the content. Facebook's longer form, for sure. Um, like full video goes on Facebook, 60 second cuts going on Instagram. So like different, right? Are you pushing the 60 second video on Instagram to a link to watch the full video on Facebook? No, we, we will push that to run on YouTube, but 
Instagram 60 second video pushing to YouTube. Okay? Or or our website that also hosts all the content. Depending on the video. We've tested both. Why does he want Instagram views? He wants YouTube views. Out of the vanity of just being a videographer yeah. that likes YouTube? Exactly. That makes sense, I understand. No, I, yeah, 100%. Are you running YouTube? So you have to immediately start doing Facebook, excuse me, YouTube pre-roll. You can do YouTube pre-roll based on people's Google search behavior. Okay, so let's break that down. No matter how good Facebook's targeting is, if a motherfucker is typing in, I am a real estate agent, how to move my real estate, like you can target, it's intent-based marketing. My intuition is that YouTube, once you get it right, your best conversion is gonna be YouTube pre-roll, Facebook, Instagram. Now, why Instagram's important is because six years from now, it is disproportionately more likely. I wouldn't give it up. It's about allocation of money and time and energy. So, We are spending less money on Instagram right now than we are Facebook. Facebook is still the bread and butter for sure. Have you had have you, how many different Facebook pieces of content are you amplifying? Right now we run, so we'll, like we're producing a, a video, right? Different video every day, right? On YouTube. That's getting paid every week. So every week we're swapping them out from a pay perspective. I understand. Have you, one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in the last five years is realizing there's a reason that Aerosmith and Bon Jovi and Cypress Hill continue to be able to tour decades later. You love them and if he went up there and only sang new shit, you'd be pissed because you'd be like, where the fuck is living on the prayer? So, the number one thing that I would also tell you is go back and look if one of the pieces of content disproportionately worked better than the others and if it it has, right? you should mainly only be running that one until it stops performing. It's a very counterintuitive piece of advice because I'm like, more content, more content. But you've got a hit. They're vigging Facebook Watch. I just follow what the platforms care about. I know they're gonna care about it, which means they're gonna vig the organic reach up. How much longer do you think we have of a good mind or mind share grab with price point, Facebook, Instagram? A couple years or a year? Yeah, it's longer than it's. it's I'll tell you, it's it's uh, you're right. It's uh, it's it's uh, the the you know the the Russian and the politics and the Cambridge Analytica. It's helped us because the day Facebook and Instagram are going to be not a good deal anymore is the day that Bud Light and Nike and Century 21 Macro spends the right amount of money inside of it. Big companies are getting tricked by agencies to still spend on television and other places. And until they spend the right amount, the auction price won't go up. That's what happened on Google. I'm sorry? You know, You'd think so, but then as soon as they get close, something happens like Russians hack Facebook and then some 68-year-old CEO at Coca-Cola is like, fuck Facebook. And that's, I love it. Dude, you know that if you changed one word on the written words 
that you support the one minute video on, it could be the difference between 24,000 views and 180,000. Like it's crippling when you realize the creative variable. It's crippling. Right now it's just me and him though, we're trying to do it all. Yeah, but when I hear how, when I hear that, and now you're tasting some blood in the water, so this year's advice is more. Two more people so you can, it will go away. And then you will be sad that you didn't squeeze the fuck out of it. And we'll be positioned at that point with a mind share in the marketplace that we want. Already and by the way, it's also, you know how many times people have listened to my shit and it was the 7,000th time they did something? Just because you've been in sure. front of agents in your area twice in a Facebook feed, it's the 11th time they decide to convert. That's how it actually works. Got it? So what was, the, what was the catalyst? Like what made like 2021? How did that whole thought process come about? I'm very passionate about the event space. I think as we are all living more in our phones, real life experiences are gonna grow tremendously in value. And I wanted to have IP that I owned. And so, and I'll be honest with you, like I'm not overly passionate that I'm gonna do Agent 2021 forever. I'm just, I just wanted to do some of our own events and I'm learning and doing stuff and so, Kim was an extremely talented executive at Boehner who I thought could do more, she wanted to do more. Very entrepreneurial, you know, like the advice I give to you to like, hey, you're not happy, do something. It's kind of like, it's not that I'm not happy, I'm most happy when I'm creating and so, it was nothing, nothing too crazy, you know? Event space, find people that consume the kind of content, they can use the kind of content. Yeah, I, I, feel, like, I feel like this industry, uh, like every industry, is so within, it, within its own self that there's not a lot of creativity for the opportunities that there are. And I'm talking about all of them, mortgages and real estate and auto. And uh, yeah, it's why if you think about it, the hodgepodge of the four categories is a little hodgepodge right? It's like auto and mortgage and travel and real estate. It was just four agents that, that I thought I could put into a bucket that there was enough crossover of information that I thought could really be valuable. So, and back to feedback, a lot of people in those industries would email me in the last decade getting results from my advice. So he and I uh, about 12 others have put together it's called Industry Syndicate and it's kind of a collaborative of real estate, mortgage, like podcasts, flash briefings, Facebook live videos and so what we're trying to do is kind of be a collective of people that are providing content for the real estate industry as a whole and even go into interior design, investing and things of that nature and so we're trying to have like one... Caleb, can you give me the lobster? I want to try it. I'm listening. Yeah, so essentially one place to kind of have content for the real estate industry as a whole. Okay. And so one of the things we're trying to do is just kind of grab the attention of the industry and, and figure out kind of a monetization model long term once we kind of have that community. Um, any, any thoughts on the best way to um, kind of hack that culture, kind of monetize long term? We're trying to be patient. But once we have that attention, I think there's a lot of different models, exclusive content, um, you know, we're, we're working on putting an app together, you know, that kind of thing. That's right. Whoever's closest to the consumer wins. Whoever has the most attention wins. Right. 
Now the question becomes, how full of shit are you or not in your ability to stay patient? I heard. Yep. I think you should follow my sister because I'm giving her advice. You should tell the truth about how much it sucks. The truth. The biggest mistake that people make in real estate is they, usually guys, they get in young guys and they go buy like a fucking expensive suit because you gotta look the part to get the business. I think the right thing to be is, hey, it's me, all right, I've been in Atlanta for fucking eight weeks, like, nobody gives a shit. Shit's tough. This is gonna be a little harder than I thought. The truth, I think documenting is always the best. I think everybody here should post on Instagram four times a day. Now, when I say that, everybody goes into, the fuck am I gonna post? And I say, whatever the fuck happened today? Because here's my answer. Just posting something's a hell of a lot better than not posting at all. Documenting the journey of becoming a real estate agent in a new town. Got it? And and she's not a fully and she's not a transparent person by nature. This is me really pushing her. This is super out of her normal demeanor. We grew up in an Eastern European, everything stays in the house family. So this has been very hard for her. But it works. And it works from this standpoint. She hasn't sold shit. But she's got a lot of awareness. And over time, that will play out. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe what you're more comfortable with is taking a picture of this lobster and writing six sentences about why you loved lobsters as a kid and now you don't eat it because you got allergic when you were 19. I don't think people have to do a certain type of communicating, I just think they have to communicate. Right? If you follow me carefully, you know, I always say watch what I do. I'm making cartoons now, comic strips, and it's working. And you know why I love it? It's scalable, I don't have to do it. Hey team of, of animators, which I have, interpret my shit into cartoons. Send it to me, I'll post it. So you don't. You, you don't like, I love the fucking camera. You don't? Mazel tov. Fuck the camera. Right. Audio. A lot of people have the gift for gab, but they're insecure about their looks, or they just don't, or they just don't like the camera in front of them. So fucking record. And post audio. But don't I get better results if I'm in front of the camera? Yes, the, the video does outperform everything. But if you suck and hate it, you're not gonna get anything out of it. Is it better for me to be a NBA basketball player and make $213 million a year over five years? Yes. Now go be an NBA basketball player. That's what you asked. Got it? Forcing yourself into shit is rarely a good outcome. That's the most defensive, defensive, defense, like that's a ludicrous thesis. If that video is great, you'll sell the home. The suggestion functionality of social networks is not your problem.
post a video of the house and they just basically talk to Yeah, but posting videos of houses is like so cliched out that that's not gonna stop anybody. Putting an animated character walking around the house will stop everybody dead in their tracks. A fucking egg got a billion fucking likes. Because it was counter to everything. Kesha gets attention because she posted a photo of her actual face with freckles because it's the truth. Because everybody looks like fucking Kim Kardashian on Instagram. The only thing you have is you. The reason I win is I consume nobody else. I don't know what anybody else is doing. It's why I'm original. And I'm all the way me. Everybody pushed back on me in 2009 when I cursed like fucking crazy on YouTube. The problem was that was me. I curse. And in 2019, way less people give a fuck. The biggest differentiate, right now everybody's on and everybody's trying to be the same shit. So the only thing you have is the deep uniqueness of what you are. That's why I'm telling you to just, do you? Because you're gonna inspire a bunch of women who wish they would take a jump too. And one of them, his girlfriend called him this morning and said, I'm putting up my house for sale. And we're like, you know what? You need to look at this. I'm gonna send you a link. I watched this new girl for about a week. She's so sweet. She just started, but I believe in her. We can let it go. I want a unicorn to come in here right now and feed me grapes. You want work-life balance. You don't want to trust, like, that's everything you just said is a vulnerability, right? Now, if work-life balance is your North Star, which I think it should be, like you're... It is, but I, I mean, I, I think it's something it my family wants for me. Here's the question. You have to understand what's an ideology, what's an outside want, and what's an inside want. You're gonna lose. The only way to be selfless is to be selfish. So cool, you're gonna be home more often, and what? You're gonna build up resentment and then get a divorce, or whatever the fuck? Like, I couldn't be more passionate about this issue. Pandering to outside forces, including your loved ones, never, ever, has ever led to anything good. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I ask you about stress? Do you ever get to a point where you just, maybe you don't even get there, but you get so stressed that you're just like, you gotta take a break, you gotta go do something, and if so, what, what do you do? In the few times I've been really stressed, when we lost the state of Texas and couldn't ship there anymore and it really hurt our business, like it was scary, I went home at 3.30 in the afternoon and went to sleep and then woke up the next day and just started fixing shit. It happens very rarely. I, of course I get micro stress. I'm never really stressed. I leave stress for somebody getting sick. Business has never stressed me. I just don't value money. I don't know what to say. Like I don't value money. Like I'd be super pumped selling my home and renting. It just wouldn't even run, wouldn't, frog? I just can't believe how many people value money. The thing that really fucks me up is people value money so they can buy shit to look good in front of people they don't like. I can't get over it. 
it's fucked my whole mind up. Now that I've become me and I'm listening, I'm like, wait a minute. Because you're talking to somebody who weirdly was able to go through high school without even acknowledging peer pressure because I was built like a fucking monster. That's why I fucking give so much love to my parents and America and capitalism and entrepreneurship. I was built circumstantially like an emotional monster. I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm just not in the business of knowing what's next. I'm in the business of the second I see it, striking harder than anybody. Right, I don't know what my next poker hand is gonna be, but if I've got the nuts, I'm going pot committed. Got it? That's who I am. I'm not counting cards. I'm an executor of, a, of the knowledge of the game. If you think I thought that I'd be pushing everybody on LinkedIn content 18 months ago, I would have laughed you out of the room. But now I am, and I challenge everybody here to make content original for LinkedIn, understanding there's business people in there. I, I gotta get to every table. Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Awesome, Thank right? you, looking forward to it, thank you. Hey, Caleb. said something about the work ethic. Don't do something that you don't want to do. Yes. Don't force yourself into it. Yes. I wake up at 8 o'clock every, every night, every morning, go to sleep at around 2, working. Do you and love it? Not forever. Great, well that's okay. I didn't love running a wine store forever either. Is the answer not forever? Or is the answer you don't like it now, but the financials and the current circumstance are making you do it? The current circumstances are making you do it. Then you need to fucking get the fuck out of it as soon as you possibly can. And there's only two ways to get out of it. I mean, outside of emotional. Are you saying financial? Because you need the finances? Or is it emotional? I want to grow. I want to grow. Grow what? Like the company. Business. Business. Okay. And for me to do that, I get that I understand that I put a lot of time into yeah. it. Right? Okay. But I, I can't seem to be getting there. Like, we can't seem to be getting there. I mean, look, there's so many things to dissect in that question. So I wouldn't be sure, but I mean, I think the question becomes, do you have a sense why? Like, honestly, why? Efficiency, I guess. Why what? Why you're not getting there? Why we're not getting there. No, or, like we're growing, we're just not, like, I, I feel like the biggest thing is like, how do we let go of control to grow better and put aside our, because we're both like, I'm good at sales, he's good at sales, and we hire someone, we're like, what if they go to a $600,000 show and fuck it up and we lost 18 grand? Because we invested a bunch of money paying for a bunch of marketing to get the client through the door and now they fuck you, it up. You're playing defense. You so, gotta you gotta amortize it out. You won't scale. You guys are micromanaging. Yeah, that that is our issue. Because you're it. you're playing defense. Fuck eighteen thousand. Have seventy four people do it and make four ninety and lose twenty nine thousand. Make make one eighty and lose one fifty. You made thirty. Yeah, so I don't I, I have no fear on spending eighty thousand dollars a year in marketing and only make and losing one one you're, year and doing it again. You're emotional I mean, about people. Yeah. The problem is like trust in people. Like, you're I emotional about service. Yeah. It's product you, I buy. You're in a business that requires people and you don't trust people. You're finished. You're emotional about people. You don't want to get got. You don't want to, you're emotional about people. I'm unemotional about people. I'm only emotional about business. Right? I want to hire 39 people. Yeah. 26 of them suck shit and fuck me. Yeah. I told my dad once that if somebody was fucking stealing from me, yeah. but I was making a net positive on it, I'd keep them. I told my dad fire those people. Right? 
your shit makes more sense. My shit makes more sense if you understand I'm destined to make billion dollar revenue companies and you're destined to not. And by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just giving you the answer to why you're not growing. Right? You, you, you have something inherently in you that feels competitive with a human when they get over on you. Yeah, I can't say that. You won't grow. You could start a business that doesn't rely on people. That would be, my recommendation right now for you at this young of an age is start a business that doesn't require other people. Day trading, stocks, building a personal brand and just speaking and writing books. So I like, I like selling books, I like seeing people happy, I like, I like making people money, investing, I love all that shit. My problem is not with dealing with consumers, it's dealing with like micromanaging. Like Brother, when he came in, I was like, I, I, I got to brand all your shit. I understand. I have that massive. You've got, you've got no deal. shot of building anything with that if you hold on to that. Okay. Just you don't have no shot. So the same way You'll I, be unhappy, people won't like you, like it's got no shot. So take the same risk I take on buying advertising as hiring people and if they suck, fire them quickly or keep them on or... Fire them quickly. So it doesn't matter what sunk cost, 30, like whatever you're talking about. You're, sunk, them, you're doing the same thing with fucking inventory, with marketing. Yeah, because I, I lost money on... You're emotional cost. about people. You're holding people accountable for something that isn't theirs. I don't mind giving shares away. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not like a, a greedy fuck that's like you I believe become you. equity You don't like the feeling of like a, it's a principle more than it's all it is is principle. To be completely honest with you, that's all it is. This gentleman right here is not growing his business because he values principle. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're, you're, you're the owner. What percentage of your profits are you pouring in? Then as much as I can afford. As much as I can humiliate. You're completely vulnerable. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the real, unless you're Quicken Loans, nobody knows who you are. And Quicken Loans will continue to build leverage and continue to squeeze. And every day there's gonna be a rocket mortgage and a fucking giraffe this and a fucking, guys, <laughs> this is real. Yeah. I don't even know the industry and I was able to name those examples. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Cause I know who's smart and who understands. And I know nothing about your industry and I was able to name that. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. You're all gonna die if you don't build brand with the end consumer. Brand. And so, brand comes at the expense of giving value. Brand, brand, meaning, brand meaning me. Not yes. Like yes. Not global banker. No, because there's something in between you and her. Global banker. It's one long race to the end. The internet eliminates everybody. It's an even playing field. All four of us, global banker. All four of us can race for me. Whoever's best wins. It's simple. It's real simple. That is absolutely why I am who I am. I keep it simple as fuck and contemporary as fuck. So we're all quiet. Yeah, so following up on it, how do you like for all of us, or most of us, and at some point we all kind of run out of resources, how do you suggest distributing the assets that you have to create personal content versus business content. What's the ratio? How Smarter much than you're doing it now. There's no perfect ratio, but my question is, like, on, like this is what's so fun about these moments, it's not me pontificating on stage, we can go detailed. My answer to you, my friend, would be, what the fuck are you trying to accomplish? So if you were saying to me like, yo, I'm young as shit, I wanna make as much money as possible, I would say, stop buying dumb shit at home. 
Don't buy anything in life. Rent. Live the most modest life so that you can take every dollar that you make professionally and pour it back into underpriced Facebook because if you're doing this for 30 years, it's what I do. I leave tens of millions of dollars on the table every year because I'm trying to buy the New York Jets. But if I was just trying to enjoy my life now because I got burnt out, I would fucking be selling my fucking ass off. So, got it? Like, at first it takes the macro. Before I tell you 13% LinkedIn and 30%, but I mean it. You have to know what. Yeah, but we're, 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 that's what I'm saying. Is like have, we all have a limited amount of, of assets. So how much do you index to your business versus personal brand? And then like, what's we're, the we're what's at, the, the, talk to me about you? Your business is what? Real estate, and we just acquired, we just started a mortgage franchise. So and then we actually started a marketing company, kind of as a you know as a companion. Um, so, so if I said to you strategically yeah. for what you give a shit about in life in those three things, here's 10 shekels. Yeah. You know yourself right now on January 2019 and you know what you're up to and what you want. Where would you put them? And once one had two and one had five and one had three, you spend 20%, 50% and 30%. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I'm giving you a bigger answer is because that's the truth. I need to know what you're up to as a human to give you the advice you're actually asking me. I don't give a fuck if you have a personal brand, a business, and a marketing firm. I have a million things too. What am I up to? A million different things. At one point, at 24 years old, what was I up to? I wanted to disproportionately deliver value to my parents. So what did I do with my life? Instead of all the things I could have done, I ran the liquor store and built a fucking huge business for them. So that at 34 years old, I went and started a company and I had a get a free conference room out of a company because I have no money because I paid myself 50, 60, 70,000 a year even though I built a $60 million company because the only thing I was up to was disproportionately build the biggest possible company for my parents until I was ready to do something else. That's a very unique life cycle. That's not what most people are up to. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of us are obviously considerably lower levels you know, from a budget perspective than you are. Yeah, but I was at zero in 2009. I had no money. So what did I do? I spent 15 hours a day replying to people on Twitter. So my question is, is, is for us, it, you know, at an obviously very different spend level and different levels of assets, what would be a good strategy for all of us as far as scaling up as we move up in, in content creation? You know, we, we're creating great video, we're creating great content, but we're, we're a bottleneck is in the distribution piece right now. And kind of kind of breaking down your deck, it's like it's labor prohibitive for us. We just can't, we don't have the resources to do it. I so think you do. Okay. I think you can hire three people at thirty thousand a year to do it. So I want to see your P- I want to see your P and L. I want to know how much your watch costs. I want to know everything. I'm being serious with you. I'm very passionate about this because I want you to win. People make up fake rules. If you actually believe in this shit, find the fucking money. Okay. Like that's. It's all, it's all about choices. And by the way, you yeah. might say to me, "Yeah." Now you need to. Now, now you. Now you need to distribute it. No, I'm not saying you need five. You haven't even distributed it. Sounds like you have too much content to even distribute. Right. So first you need to. So you need to. I'd rather you not have the content, people, if you're not distributing it. It's like cutting a tree with nobody, right? That shit, like. So. You're not distributing it. You don't know if it's good. Who says it's good? You too. The customer says it's good. And until you distribute it, you don't know if it's good. 
Cool. We've got a lot of people following suit, so I think that at least the marketing's done that we're going to get this. Great. So now you're to distribute it. I, I think the thing that, my big thing is this. Uh, uh, let's use real estate. I believe that attention is the actual real estate game of our lives. Whoever can most amount, most of it wins. I'm telling you that right now on Facebook and Instagram and all these platforms, it's like buying Manhattan real estate in 1954. My question to you is, don't be like a lot of those people in 1954 who bought one building when they could have afforded 11, but instead they wanted a Rolls Royce and they wanted to save some money in the bank. I'm telling you this is the moment I'm saying, let me audit your PL. I'll find. You're saying I don't have the resources. I'm saying I think you might. And so I don't. By the way, here's the good news. I don't know, but to your, but but that's where my intuition's going. And to your point, we look at it like taking one person and basically changing their responsibility to become a, you know, a content jockey, which is basically. Do you spend any money on marketing outside of this? Yes. Good. What? Right now we're spending on portals, Zillow, Trillion, Realty.com. You're paying $180, $1,800, $400 leads on Zillow. You're paying a tax. Well, 120, but right. we got a, we got a four to five dollar return on this, so it's not, you know, it's not good money after bad. It's profitable. Yeah, but what happens when Zillow stock crashes with the economy and they charge well, eight fifty? But the social leads have such a low conversion, relatively speaking. Because branding isn't sales. You're in the sales business, brother. Absolutely. Period. Yeah, I mean, we're, we've been, we, and, we were early in on social, and the conversion's just lower. I mean, I know the numbers. Of course, I do too. Yeah, I know You're you. in the sales business. Right. Yeah. And right. I'm telling. So, and I'm telling. We're tell- over We've been over indexing on social with a lower return. So we got to go to what you know, what's in the beach. I mean, we're we're, I, we're, play, we're playing three timelines. We're playing portals, which are short term, which are more expensive. PPC with you know, yep. organic. Which is, you know, that. But the other. But also an inter- intermediate incubation, but the social is so long incubation. Bro. And, they're, and, and they're much harder to convert. There's, a lot, there's so much FUs, there's a whole lot of over. You have to over index so much. Your entire energy. strategy is broken for the long term from one man's point of view. I could okay. be 100% wrong. All you're talking about is sales. You just talk about social. That's not true, though, because we have a. We have a Brother, you just said the conversions on social are longer and more expensive. That's, that's called true. That's called sales. I don't talk about conversions. Nike doesn't talk about conversions. I'm talking to you about building brand. No, we're, as building, we're building massive amounts of like, pay-as-forward content, and that, I mean, and it's not generating sales in that way. It's, I, force it's as if you're not listening to me. Okay. Let's try one more time. Yeah. Don't use social for sales. Wait. Okay. Complete branding play and pay-as-forward. Got it. Because then it will drive down your CAC and on all the other channels. Right. The, the reason, the is that please, as much as you can afford, right? If you're saying, if you're saying, okay, Gary, I hear you. Let me call your bluff. No, no, I, no, I'm, I'm playing it out. You're saying, okay, Gary, I hear you. Let me call your bluff. I get it. So I'm gonna take 20% of my budget. I'm not gonna expect anything from that and I'm gonna make my 80 work harder, right? And you're gonna say to me, is that the right balance? 80 works hard and the 20 on the social, you've convinced me. It's just there, I'm a fucking saint, right? Play it out, play it out with me. The question becomes, how much can you, I would tell you, as much as you can make that 20% go and as much as you can make your 80% feed you on the short-term economic needs that you need, that's how, that's how far I would push you. And then the question is, do you have to eat caviar or do you have to eat hamburgers? 
Because when you say we have to eat, I will say to you, brother, when shit hits the fan, you're gonna be happy that you ate burgers, not caviar. That's it, that's my framework. Make sense? That's it. That's, that's why people are struggling with social. So, Google's great, it's intent-based marketing. Affiliates and Zillow's and portals are great, it's super intent-based, but it's sales, which is why sales companies always go out of business, because they give everybody else the leverage. Because when shit gets tight, things get expensive. And then the whole thing It hasn't, it hasn't even started because when they feel pressure, they're gonna ratchet it through the fucking moon and the only people that are gonna be left are the ones who can pay the most. So unless you have the deepest pockets, you're vulnerable as fuck. And the only thing that gets through shitty times or vulnerability is brand. Hey, 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 for the people in the back, rewind. I think you just missed one of the key moments in this episode. If you're looking at, just to change it for one second, if you're looking to build, acquire talent, right? You're looking to build sales sales professionals. Are you doing it more through the brand of a Colwell Banker? Or are you doing it more through the brand of a Gary Vee? I, I will always go to the bottom, right? I would never want Sotheby's to have any leverage on me. I just wouldn't. But if I you, wouldn't. Because you don't have the to. Of, the reason you used to sign up with Sotheby's is it was expensive to market. And they would give you leads. But you could just do it right to camera. If you can. You know, you have to have the talent to do that. So you're, you're, you're trying to grow, you're trying to grow uh, VaynerMedia. You're doing it through the personal, you connecting with them versus, hey, come work for the Vayner brand. You're, you're, you're leveraging more you as a figure than you would as the company. Comma, the execution of what I've done for all the employees at Vayner that when the person gets into the funnel and they do their double check, they see it's a place they want to work, right? right? So it's top of the funnel, it's conversion too, right? So my actions as a a CEO for my employees and how we do HR is the other part. No, I think every broker is out of business in 25 years unless they become marketing companies. What do you think happens if you leave? She, her business continues to grow the same exact thing. Nine out of 10 times people say, what broker are you with? So what's the question? You know the answer. I'm aware. Right, because she's executing, right? When I say last year build a community page, she does it. Like this is about execution. You bought Netflix stock. I said that to a lot of people, they didn't. Why'd I tell you Netflix? Because Netflix was doing what I was saying and Blockbuster wasn't, which is why when you bought it five years ago you made a lot of fucking money. Sales, branding. Sales, branding. Sales, branding. Sprints, marathons. Sprints, marathons. I, this is 150 years of capitalism, foolproof. People want to eat caviar. I mean it, I, I mean it, I mean it. And I have no context of, you know, we were bantering, this is not direct, this is a macro statement. When there's a good deal, you buy it. 
So you, you have to be that person that does the social you have somebody else do it. You can, have, you can have somebody else do it. You just, you don't need to be on camera. What about voice? Record on your fucking you phone. Voice, your fu- Got it? You hit the, there's a memo app on your phone and you talk and you post it on social media. My viewership on video by percentage is down and my audio consumption is up. Who's going to listen to it? Everybody. Time is too valuable. Whatever the fuck you know, you've been doing it for a while. <laughs> Tell a funny story. People will consume everything as long as it's real. Right? Biggest mistake in real estate, I always say, kid comes into the game, buys an expensive suit because you gotta look the part. I don't believe in that shit at all. Tell the truth. What should your first episode be? Your first day in the insurance business. I was a fifth generation, my fucking grandfather said this, my dad said this, I fucking poured coffee on my pants, and that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Got it? And three people can associate that because somehow they stumbled on it, they listened, and they're third generation farmer, and they're like, that made me feel better. And nine weeks later, they buy insurance from you for no fucking reason. Because you're real. (laughs) But there are some true tried and true things, and I think in this industry specifically, there's a huge underestimation of what the major internet companies are about to do to it, and I'd highly recommend building brand at the closest to yourself as you can. Starting with you, in whatever format you can. Then if you own your business, that's fine, it's yours. Then, you know, got it? This is a race to the human. That's where it all ends up. The human has the leverage. The internet is the middle. Not Sotheby's, not Caldwell, not not you, not, the internet's the middle. And it will squeeze over time everything but the human and the end consumer. And then blockchain will take over and that will be even crazier. There will be no commissions for transactions. Guys, there's a technology called blockchain. It's the internet 1989. You don't understand it, you've heard of Bitcoin and it's gonna put every single, every single dollar you make on a human to human transaction to go to zero. You're out. How much time do we have? For that one a while. You know why? Online dating worked in 1994. Social norms didn't catch up. The blockchain works, but we're not ready for it. Scalability. Scalability. Yeah. Recruiting anything leverage content wise to be recruiting really kind of in real estate. I'm building a real estate brand right now. Got it. Are you recruiting agents? I'm recruiting trying to scale up right now. So the biggest thing I've learned even today is people are taking too much commission from their agents. And if you just made ads that lowered the commission in your market, you'd win everybody. I, I said something earlier. I said the best thing that's ever happened to the industries that I'm not in is that I'm not in them. <laughs> They're so easy. I mean, think about what was your ex... I, we talked how many months ago? And what's happened to the business? So like if I'm able to do that, imagine if I was in it. And so like for me, it's like, okay, we're trying to recruit agents and we're getting a top of the funnel, but they're not converting their leads. And I'm like, well, how much commission are you taking? 30 to 40%? I'm like, so take 10. 
incentivize. If you can create enough demand and your issue is supply because you're charging the same percentage as everybody else, lower the fucking commission. That's why Walmart put Kmart out of business because you could buy toothpicks for 10 cents less. No, no, both. It's Uber. You need both. You need, it's a two-way marketplace. Dominate the leads, but if you're not fulfilling every lead, you need to lower the commissions. Right? Let's play it out. Cool, let's play it out. Are you fulfilling every lead? No, nobody could. Let me ask you a question. Are you not fulfilling the leads because you don't have the horses to fulfill the lead or the horses aren't good enough to convert the lead? The market doesn't allow it to happen. There's been a ton of those companies over the years that went out at 2% and and they lost. Because? They spent a ton of money on marketing and they lost. The industry is not ready for that. Explain. What's that? Here's here's the good news. Here's the good news. I totally fully understand. It just becomes how much margin you want to make. How much margin do you make in your business? Tell me. Good. I'm willing to make three. Now what? Because I want to capture the market and I know how to get the leads. The end. Now just play play out business. I understand but I don't know who fucking executed. There's a reason everybody told me I couldn't do what you guys just told me in the liquor business and the marketing business and I did it. Cause I know how to create the leads and I'm willing to work on far less margin for a decade to kill everybody in my way. If you're making 25%, you can't make money? They're making 20 fucking 5%. You have super No you don't. No you don't, you just, might, you just have to be willing to not live as fancy as a lifestyle as everybody at this table. No, it's not if you're making 25% margin. It means that I can make 12. Yeah, but that's what you think it's owners. That's not net. That's not net. That's net. That's net. And by the way, if she said six, ready for this? If she said six was her net, I'd work at two. The reason people don't build big businesses is they want to spend too much money personally along the way. I gave them a tactic. Then they executed it. So I'm gonna say it again. The thing that's very clear to me is if you wanna go from, what's your top line revenue? What? If you wanna go from eight million to fucking 80 million, cut the fucking commission. I mean guys, I've run, I've operated two businesses. My dad and I's liquor store and VaynerMedia. They were the two fastest growing businesses in their industries. Now you can't say I got lucky. The end. And you, you have to, you have to I didn't, I'm not one of the most followed people by accident. There are tried and true things. Disproportionately make as little as possible and bring the most value to the end consumer, who in this angle is the broker. You're in a B2B play there, right? And know what you're doing and then do that in a way where you're not spending your dollars in a way at home. My dad, my dad spent so little money at home that he was able to give everything away at cost because if you have no home, if you're P&L at home, we went on one fucking family vacation. One. Dad, nobody believes any of our fucking stories. One fucking vacation. All of a sudden your business can run on three points instead of six points if you're willing to not have a Lambo. 
The the long term problem though is building a culture that's based on on the reliance on leads. If your sales team's culture is built on being fed leads, it's never going to be able to sustain. Of course not. Especially when the market goes. Of course not. Which is why you have to build brand. The more money, they're going to be hungrier to fucking do more business. So leverage that. Or or you amortize at massive scale. If you're built on sales, you scale the living fuck out of it. That's why. Well, that's what you know. That's it. That's the punchline. And you can scale it if you think about supply of humans. You can scale it by putting pressure on the commissions by stealing everybody. You just take everybody. You know what else that does? If you actually took everybody in your 50 fucking mile radius, you'd also quadruple your top line because there is no competitors left because you took everybody. Guys, there's a reason that Amazon and Facebook and Walmart worked. It was the proper execution of the advice I'm giving you. Yes. And those times are as following. When Google ads are grossly underpriced, Amazon spent the most and Jeff Bezos executed the best. Facebook is that now and it will go away. In six years I'll be sitting here and be like, that is not my advice because there's no arbitrage on the attention. Got it? Yeah, I think creating friction for the end user is a huge mistake. It's, it's why I, yeah, why? If people want to listen to me while they're running in podcast form, I'm going to give you audio. If you want to read, because you like reading, I'll give you LinkedIn and my website and Medium. If you like videos, you go, so I'm, I think that you need to be, I, I, I mean, I think people should put out as much content as humanly possible in as many places as possible. As long as you can afford but it. Exa- but the exact same content. Well, I mean, no. The exact same. To the, platform, but to the best of your ability. I mean, look, you, sure. I always talk about watch what I do, not what I say. Like, I have the same content platforms, but there'll be nuanced differences. The copy, maybe the first, maybe the thumbnail. Got it? Yeah. Context matters. But content is the gateway drug to every business opportunity. I also think, like, you should microclimate all your content. So you should be like, hey, you know, hey Bunker Hill, blah, blah, blah. I think you should make the same video 37 times. And then run the app, like you should make higher CPMs for more relevance. Context. So, right, because you want the sale. You don't care about how many likes and shares and how much the media cost. So if you start the video with hey Bunker Hill, that person's like, yo fuck, I'm Bunker Hill. As long as you're converting. If you literally put a Redskins mug in the Virginia area and then you layered whatever you're doing with Redskins and then you stopped and you put a Ravens mug and you did the same area and then Ravens fans, you would convert better. You would sell more leads. Like sometimes when my team's together with me, I'll sit there and do the same thing nine times because I'm saying, hey entrepreneurs, hey Shark fan, Tank fans, hey Detroit, literally doing the same fucking thing. You know like newscasts do that? Right, they're like, after you watch the Jets and Raiders game, tune in for 11, well, there's another person in Oakland doing that for the national feed too. Context, at scale. So basically since my boss left, I feel like it's like all this stuff that like, it's kind of, they're like, hey, can you do HR stuff? Can you figure out scheduling, hiring, firing? It's a lot on my plate, but I don't know what's the first thing to do. Well, the the good thing is it's kind of like a snowstorm, right? The first thing to do is just pick one of them. There is no right thing to address first when a ton of shit needs to be fixed. Right? Yeah. Like, like, I'm not gonna, like I don't have enough context right, right. to know your HR issues are an 11, your product is six, 
The reality is you have to get to all of them. And so every day what I do is I walk in and to the best of my ability, you know, don't forget, London, New York, LA, Speakers, Sasha, Gary Vee, Life, like you're never even remotely close gonna get to all of it any day. It's literally like, all right, we just got 36 fucking inches of snow, I gotta shovel this whole fucking thing. Deciding that you're gonna start at that left corner of your yard versus here is irrelevant. You gotta shovel all of it. I'm completely not crippled by the plates or balls that I'm dropping. I'm focused on fixing the ones that are in front of me and trying the best I can every morning to pick the best one. But the reality is, especially when you get thrown into the fire like you, you don't have probably even enough context yet to know. Definitely not the experience. So honestly, no joke. Whatever the fuck you're in the mood, honestly, what I would probably tell you now that I'm thinking it through, whatever feels the easiest for you to do first. Whatever naturally you want to do first. Because you'll probably bang it out quicker than starting the thing that you don't want to do, you know? That, that takeover of my team the other day, right? right? That was strategy. I don't know if you saw the last tweet where I showed everybody it was me that came up with the idea. That was my strategy to get a read on how much can I put out. That little stunt that was fun was actually strategic. Zach and I had drinks last night, late. And I said, Zach, when do you think I'll get the credit for like how smart this all really was? Because even Zach, right, and you who watches Andy, Andy's your hero, not me, right? And now you're with what's what's going on, right? Every time somebody gets even a little closer, and I'm talking about, we've worked together for nine years, but, and I don't, this part we didn't talk about, but I just know, just being in the office for 60 days, every time somebody gets even a little closer, it starts being like, oh fuck. What I'm very good at is not talking about how smart I am. That's something I'm very good at. That's hard. So, to that point, where I'm going with that humble brag is, <laughs> where, I'm, where I'm going with that humble brag is, there's so much strategy to what I do, and I can tell you right now, the answer to everybody's, I can literally take the mic right now and say more content and leave, because it's the answer. More content, because once that gentleman over there who was worried about being in a camera but felt real comfortable at audio, once he goes all in for a year and it works, he goes, motherfucker, the next thing when he comes next year, I'm gonna say to him, now hire somebody to transcribe all your audio into written words, written words into LinkedIn and Medium because that's a different medium of consumption. That's a reader, not a listener. You know, watch this. Let me show you something very real. I'm very excited because this is amazing. Look at my phone right now. I'll show it to you guys. I'm excited because the last couple of photos, here you go. These are the last two photos I just screenshot. If you notice, I've circled the views on my last two Instagram accounts. They're two of the worst performing pieces of content I've put out in years. And I'm pumped. I'm about to share it with my team with a smiley face. Are you pumped? I'm pumped. Why? Because no's are just as good as yeses. You know why? Because the cost of putting out more shit is very low. I'm super pumped. It comes down to value. If I sell real estate in fucking hardcore Texas, where the religion of our shit town 
is fucking high school football. High school football. There's nobody more famous in my fucking area where I sell homes than the high school quarterback. QB1. I would put out high school fucking football content. Right? That's what that town's about. So less real estate, more. If I, more human, right? If I lived in a town where the pothole on Main Street hasn't been fixed for nine months and everybody's talking about it and I go and fill it in the middle of the night by filming it and filling it myself and then running it to everybody in town, I'm gonna sell a lot of homes. Attention. Attention. You guys sell homes. You have no fucking idea who's actually in the market for a home right this second. What you need to do is build brand and awareness so when somebody buys a home, it's you. When you're selling in a small area, you should be able to dominate it. You know everything about it. I'm like 10 episodes deep on the vlog. Okay. And your book is telling me just put it out. But What's that? Your book is telling me just put it out, but I'm watching it and it's like, I don't even want to watch it. It's like almost boring for me. Okay. Put it out or just keep going and try to make it better. So you're saying you don't want to watch mine? Mine. Yours. Mine. I'm like 10 episodes deep. I'm recording every week. I don't even want to put it out. Because it's boring to you even. Right. Okay, well what is, have you put out the 10 episodes? Have not. So you have no idea what the actual consumer thinks? That is correct. Cool, that's your answer. Okay. (laughs) Guys, every agent that doesn't build a disproportionate relationship with the end consumer and doesn't rely on a brokerage and other shit is going to get wiped the fuck out. Relationships. It's all you got. Zillow has a mortgage company. They have a transaction-based platform called Dotloop. They are positioning themselves, just like Amazon is, to take the business away from us, and God knows who else is. No, no, guys, they've taken the business from you. Well, yes, they have. No, no, this is not positioning anything. It's over. I was saying earlier, Keller Williams, Keller Williams It's over. And the only thing you can do is build your fucking brand. I'm gonna say it 100,000 times over. And everybody's gonna sit here and argue with me for because the economics of short-term sales are more exciting. That's cute. You've been happy with your fucking Zillow leads? They're gonna fucking stab you in the face. Exactly. And brick and mortar, brick and mortar are in trouble. Keller Williams. Brick and mortar? They're in trouble. Of course no, no, but listen to me. Let me tell you why. Listen to me. I'm the one who told like this is the model. Of course I, I know. I know. Tell them. I mean, I know. Okay, let me tell you. This is boring talk for me. Here's why. Let me tell you the actual macro version of what you're saying. I'm just, the internet is the middleman. Whoever was fastest to build on top of the internet, first layer, won. They were called Google, and Amazon, and Apple. Whoever then built next, Zillow built on top of Google Ads. Bought into your data, got in front of you. You're all in for the short term. You paid for it. You fucking put yourselves out of business because you wanted to buy shit in the long term and your sales people, not branders. The end. Can I ask a question? Sure. And by the way, you know who this is gonna happen to, not just real estate people? It's gonna happen to Coca-Cola and Pepsi and Kellogg's because they're in the game of using Walmart and Costco while Amazon's gonna go direct to consumer. Guys, this is so, of course, this is not happening, this is not cute, this is not, this is over. It's over. This is now just a matter of time, as they say. It's over. Unless you do one thing, you build your personal brand. That's all you got. You have nothing else. 
they're the decision makers in our practice. You're doing sales. Doing sales, yes, correct. But very targeted where I can quantify. Sales. Dials, contacts, meetings, closes, right? Sales. So we're going all in on digital media now. We're focused on LinkedIn. We've done good on LinkedIn because we know our market. We know how to contact with people that are connected to our clients. When how much comes, have you spent on LinkedIn per month? It, not zero. as much as we should. Not zero, but not enough. How much? How much? 10 hours a month in the past 12 months. Okay. But our effort is more about this year. Digital media marketing is all about what our focus is. Okay. The question I have for you is Facebook, Instagram, the other avenues to market. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, is where we believe to go all in. Do we have tunnel vision? LinkedIn and Facebook. Because you can talk. Here's how. You're talking only about one part of the market. You're talking about the getting in front of people. The next part is what do you say? You can roll up on the girl in the club. What's coming out of your mouth? So the second part really matters. The creative is the variable of success. So on Facebook, you can target by employees. So if you make a video and you target, you know that this company you don't have, right? And you want them. You want VaynerMedia. You can target employees at VaynerMedia. If that video starts was with, does your head of HR know? You may get somebody who's an intern that works at Vayner who might be ballsy and just forwards that video to the head of HR. What to say is more important than even getting the at-bat to say it, or at least equal. But everybody spends all their time worrying about getting in front of people. Sure. Got it? So it's all about content. Always. Content is the variable of success. The Super Bowl ad, I said it earlier, is the best ad in marketing. In three weeks, people are gonna run them. We're all gonna see them. Every fucking person here is gonna see the Super Bowl ads, whether on YouTube or during the game. But most companies are gonna fuck it up because about an hour after that Super Bowl ad, we're not gonna remember what brand it was. We might remember Mr. T took a shit, but we might not know what brand for. So, the answer is LinkedIn and Facebook for your business, but the entire variable is the volume of contextual creative that hits. And you're a sales org. So what you need to do is build brand content. You know how you drive down your CAC? Brand. Because when you build a brand, all those fucking sales fuckers convert at a higher rate because the brand's trusted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Gary V. You believe. It's Schmucky V. You're like, that's a scam artist. (laughs) Got it? What I don't like, and you notice I was poking, like trying to figure out how much sales. I, I hate this whole fucking industry because everyone's so pot committed to sales. Everybody sales the fuck out. I'm seriously thinking about starting a fucking macro brokerage, like like top of the funnel. I'm gonna think about Zillow, like I'm thinking about building Zillow 3.0 on brand and just put everybody out of business because it's so easy because everybody here is so short term economics. Like, Jeff Bezos just happened to pick bookstores first. You think the taxi companies thought their time was up? They didn't. But then Garrett Camp, because I was there, this is probably the coolest story I have. I was actually in the room in Paris when the human that came up with the idea for Uber came up with the idea for, with, for Uber. Literally, if you Google my name and Paris and Uber right now on your phone, there's a Business Insider article, which is the only coverage it's ever had. It was at LayWeb, a conference. I gave a keynote. I was in a room with set. It was just like this. One night, then like seven of us went to a hotel, somebody brought out a nice bottle of whiskey and we're just shooting the shit. And Garrett Camp 
And if you remember a website called StumbleUpon back in the day, mm-hmm. who was the founder of StumbleUpon, literally, I mean, this is crazy, it's so fun. I can't wait to like tell my grandkids this. Literally just said, hey, I've been thinking about this idea. What, how cool would it be if you could take out your phone and hit a button and a limousine would pick you up? And I remember somebody said, well, that just sounds like it would be for rich people. And I was like, yeah, just for rich people. And that was it. That was the night. And then they did it as a side project, him and Travis. And the kid that ran it first, Ryan Graves, became the first CEO of Uber because I had so many followers on Twitter, Travis asked me to tweet the job listing. And a kid who was following me on Twitter took the job as CEO of Uber and made $7 billion. Getting home. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So let me tell you something. When, every, when Lyft copied Uber, all my tech friends were like, it has no shot. I'm like, it's too big of an industry. It has a shot. I'm telling you right now, this entire industry is finished the way you know it. And the biggest reason is the same reason you always feel pain during down economic turns. You're too short term. Your bravado up front is about how efficient your sales machine is. It's the biggest vulnerability your business has. Mm -hmm. Your pride is wrapped up in your tightness of your economics. My CFO makes fun of me every day for not being profitable until I remind him that I'm building a billion dollar company. Here's the good news. Your focus and operation skills, all you have to do is now just be committed to brand. Happened to me. Something, you know, I evolve. Clearly two years and change ago, I got fucking serious about my thesis. Right? Just basic metrics for context for even, you know, to go from 300,000 to five million followers on Instagram in that period of time is a focus. Because you earn those followers. Those aren't, you know, you gotta retain them. So, yeah. My team went from two people to 30. That's margin I don't get to take home to buy a Lambo. Sure. <laughs> Save it for the Jets, right? That's, that's it. right. That's how I'm gonna, that's why I know I'm gonna buy the Jets. Yeah, of course. Because all my, that's why people, I was saying earlier, people get upset at me, they're like, when are you buying the Jets? I'm like, 27 years? They're like, eh. I'm like, well, I'm, they're like, no, Gary Vee, you can do it in five years. I'm like, no, I can't. Captain Crunch and Puma come first, right? That's right. I gotta buy a brand and flip it, but I will because I'm building something that grows during an economic downturn. Brand. While everybody else is building something that's, when everybody gets fucking annihilated, but they still have to market, Mm -hmm. they're gonna wanna go to the thing they consider the best. Who's gonna get that business? Hmm. Not to mention all these young fuckers, I'm in their funnel, so by the time they're 27, they don't even know about anybody else. I'm fucking making cartoons right now for fucking seven year olds. I want every seven-year-old in fucking America to love me. You know why? Because in 23 years, that's gonna be good for me. Long game. I'm a marathon runner in a world of sprinters. I'm trying to get dealers to shift their mindset to brand, right? Because it's addicted to bottom of the funnel. And we're we're doing one of No, no, I'm sure, listen, I think what what I would tell you, because I know enough about you, and this is just good advice for everybody, Stop selling unsellable people. Mm-hmm. You know I believe in that shit. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in convincing anybody in this room 
about everything I just said. I could give a fuck. <laughs> There's a lot of tier three auto. Yeah. Just move on to the next one. I just literally say my piece. Find the believer. Take the one. Nine years ago, there were 3% of people that bought from Vayner. Now 11. Next year's gonna be 57. Got it? Just keep going. I'd rather just talk to somebody new. I have no interest in convincing you. I gave it my all, and now you'll go home. <laughs> right? And that, but you know what's so fun for me? This is what's great about giving historically correct advice. I win twice. Here's how it all plays out. You come to me and go, holy shit, everything you taught me has changed my business, and it feels incredible. Or you come to me in three years and go, fuck, you were right. I like them both. Cool, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Now we're on to day two of Agent 2021's actual event. Hope you've gotten some value. It gets real serious now. Thank God it didn't rain. Oh my gosh, I know, but it's fucking freezing. I'm, I'm so cold. It's cool. Hey, how are you? Good, glad to be here. Thanks for being here. Hi, Gary. Hi. Yeah, of course, let's do it. Is that weird? I feel awkward. Okay. I'm getting you walking. Awesome, I'm in. This is the... The shock walk? The, the shock walk. Which way are you going? This way? I'm following. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the CEO of VaynerX, Gary Vaynerchuk, and co-founder and CEO of RSE Ventures, Matt Higgins. with a huge, huge shout out to the two guys in the corner there on the left. That's the best fucking spots. I just, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being at Agent 2021. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be here with Matt Higgins, a dear friend, somebody uh, that I've been able to do business with for about a decade now, over a decade. Uh, big shout out to everybody who was at the dinner last night, the VIP. Thank you guys so much. Enjoyed spending so much time with you. And, Really, we're just going to go into some uh, questions. I'm going to interview Matt and create some context in this industry. Matt, first question for me is, when you think about you know, this, these industries, what are you seeing in the current market space? I think what you've done extremely well is evaluated talent, uh, looked at trends. What are you seeing right now in a macro? Obviously, you're, you're very close business partners with Steve Ross. Uh, and so the real estate in the macro world, but in the trenches or through any serendipity, is there anything that stands out as a trend for these industries or a thematic to anything that's happened in your career over the last couple decades? Well, it gets me, uh, first of all, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome. Hope you had your coffee. Uh, what, what gets me excited about this conference and everybody here is everyone's in an industry where uh, it's slow to adopt. 
And as shocking as this might sound, but when I was back at the New York Jets in 2009, the NFL was really slow to adopt. Sports teams should have been the first ones to embrace Facebook and so forth. And I remember back at the Jets, we created a My, MySpace account, went rogue, and it got a <laughs> cease and desist letter from the NFL. Like, you're not, you're not allowed, you know, content belongs in the mothership. And so my point of that is, when I look at the trajectory of my career, I meet Gary at a bagel store and realize, you That's know. so fucking Jersey. I know, I know. <laughs> We could skip that start, but, but there was an arbitrage at that moment, which is if you could be a sports team that can embrace technology and social media and communication and pull back the, you know, pull back the curtain, you would stand out from the crowd. And that's exactly what we did in the Jersey. I basically, and the Jets rather, I basically stole all Gary's early ideas before he was on the radar and made them my own. But you have a chance to do that today. You're an industry. Oh, they're doing that, it. No, I know. So that's what gets me excited. I'd rather be in an industry that doesn't understand that life is about storytelling. Right, that you stand out by telling stories. And back in my day when I was in PR, I had to re rely on a reporter and convince them that my story was worthy. You can bypass that filter, right? And you, as long as you can aggregate an audience and you have a great story, which we all do, uh, you can stand out. So as crazy as it sounds, that, that's how I began my career and began standing out and began with this guy over here. Matt, for everybody here, just as, before we go any further, literally the one, one and a half minute version of your career, uh, please set it up for everybody. Okay. So, uh, Grew up in Queens, uh, uh, grew up dirt poor, Queens. Oh, I got a shout out from Queens. Where's Queens in the house? Wow, that's amazing. So uh, anyway, so you understand, hustling, selling flowers on a street corner, working out at flea market in Roosevelt Field. And, and you know, I made a decision when I was young. I was 16 years old. My mother was very sick and things were just getting worse. And I realized if I don't take matters in my own hands, no one else is gonna do it. And I'm not gonna get there the traditional way. And uh, Gary always talks about context which I feel very passionate about. I made a decision when I was 16 that I'm gonna drop out of high school, I'm gonna get my GED, and I'm gonna start college in two months. And everyone around me said that is the most insane thing you're gonna do. Gary says nowadays it's cool to drop out, but back then, even from Queens, it wasn't cool. Uh, <laughs> but I did. That single decision to kind of go an unconventional route set my entire life up for what I do now, which is you don't listen to the other people if they don't have any context into what's going on in your own home. Um, forge your own path and do what you need to do under the circumstances. So dropped out, went to college, everything took off from there. I was a journalist for the Queens Tribune back in the day. And, you know, just that's where I honed my pattern recognition skills as a reporter. Ultimately went to sports, ultimately ended up running the New York Jets uh, business where I met Gary and became an entrepreneur. I'm skipping the last you know, chapter. Uh, Matt, actually I wanna go a little meta. We're sitting here yep. right now in Grandstand Stadium. Yep. Uh, one of the things the first that I event, think, by the way, here, which is pretty awesome. Which is yeah. amazing. How beautiful is this? I could tell you the story of this, which is well. This amazing. is where I'm actually going. I think something that, from a from a high level for everybody here, uh, and it was definitely a theme of last night's uh, reception. I think there's a lot of businesses and revenue streams and angles that a lot of you could be looking at that don't seem obvious in front of you. I think this this stadium. Uh, is something that wasn't obvious. Again, for, for context, give us a two-minute story of how this was even built. Yeah, so I'm partners with Steve Ross. Um, he's one of the biggest developers in the country, but also one of the most amazing dynamic entrepreneurs. And his whole philosophy is you just connect the dots, right? Like if you have an asset and that asset is working, you figure out how to leverage that asset. And don't be a grasshopper. Don't jump to the next thing build off of that asset. So he owns the Miami Dolphins, uh, and he owns... Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you could have had a little 
involvement with that, Gary. Screw that is that. a good story. Screwed that up. So Owen the Miami Dolphins, and uh, I'm partners with him on that. And uh, there was a Miami, Miami Open in Key Biscayne. Great tournament. It's basically, you know, the fourth Open in the United States. Hadn't renovated the facility. The uh, owners of the tournament were threatening to leave, and they were going to leave. And Steve said, first of all, it's a shame. Second of all, I have an idea. <laughs> Why don't we take this stadium, these 200 acres, and we'll build the tennis stadium inside a football stadium that sometimes serves as a soccer stadium, which nobody had done. Comes up with this whole construct to convert our stadium uh, over a three-week period to turn it into the Miami Open. Convinces everybody who thought, this is crazy, it's not going to work. And now you're standing 24 months later in a most incredible tennis facility. Um, Amazing. Yeah, that deserves a clap. So what's, what's the point of that story? Uh, I thought Steve was crazy at first, to be honest. I, I said, how is that gonna, how are we gonna convince anybody to take this tournament from basically a, you know, a beach facility and move it into a stadium parking lot? And he created a vision, and here we are. Speaking of vision, uh, one of the things that's been interesting for me to watch as you've evolved as an entrepreneur in your partnership with Steve is you've gotten very heavily into the food space. Um, why don't you create a little context for us in the investments you've made in the QSR and food space, and, and what you've learned from the, these last, I guess it's four or five years, it yeah. feels like, that you've been in it. What, what was the first, and why did the first investment happen? What companies have you invested in? What are the similarities, and what are the differences? Well, so I always say, I ask myself every morning, what is the highest and best use of my time today? And that question changes every single day, because if you have a growth mindset, naturally, that's going to evolve, right? That also changes with your business. When you're looking down from 30,000 feet and saying, what is my business today, broadly defined? What are my assets that I can now leverage to go in a different direction? You know, in year four of RSE, you take a step back. I'm partners with the biggest you know, developer in the world. We have all of these assets, the Miami Dolphins, huge soccer tournament, partnering with Gary, our own PR firm. Those assets could really, when combined, help a you know, high growth, fast casual concept, right? David Chang, Momofuku, Milk Bar, um, that often struggle when they need real estate help. Those assets can make the difference in that category. So rather than saying to myself, well, what do we know about the restaurant category? What do we know about fast casual? You learn, right? You go deeper, you understand. I took my time to figure out the space. You know, and fast forward, you know, we have some of the best concepts in the country that we're using all those assets to help them go to the next level. And, and what's the biggest thing you've learned about the fast casual food space? Like, what's uh, the biggest thing that is different than what you thought four or five years ago? Uh, I think the biggest thing I've learned is just because a concept resonates, uh, most of these will live or die on the mundane. They live or die on real estate strategy. And with real estate is very unforgiving. If you're a con company and you're looking to scale and you get one or two, three units wrong, you, you could be dead because you'll have to explain why your same store sale numbers are down. And the mistakes that I see these concepts make often are, well, I'll take you know, tier two space because it's a good deal, even though it's two blocks off the main stretch, but because my brand is so strong and I'm so, I'm so clever, I'll draw. And then two years later, you're talking to investors and you're apologizing. So what I love, I love about the space too, it combines business with artistry, right? If you're, if you're in a restaurant space or fast casual, there's a degree of art to it and obviously business. Um, but to me, real estate could be the whole game. So going a little bit closer to the thematics, of the, I think Kim, and actually, I just want to thank Kim and the rest of the Vayner Experience team yeah. for putting this together. Um, Kim said something insane to me, which is like some ungodly percentage of all tickets sold here were tickets where the person bought a ticket and they plused one with the video person that was coming along with them. And so 
I see a ton of these fucking video people out here. Raise your hand if you're one of the video people. I mean, this is like, there's a solid amount. Uh, a lot Thank of this, you, video people. Uh, a, a lot of this has been predicated on personal brand building, content creation. Uh, recently, you had a pretty significant situation in your career because you became a shark on Shark Tank, right? Yep. Tell us about that story. Like, what was that experience like? Uh, what's happened in the aftermath? And, and then, actually, let's start with that, and I'll ask the follow-up question. So uh, it actually began because my son uh, is a huge fan of the show. He does not that interested in sports, doesn't care less. I can't, doesn't come to a lot of Dolphins games or soccer. Very cerebral little guy. But uh, when I come home and I tell him about a deal, he'll always say to me, but did you get a royalty deal? And I'm like, I'm like no, that's son, that's just like TV. That's Kevin O'Leary. But then I had an epiphany about a year ago. Well, what if I was a shark? Then I would earn his respect. You know? <laughs> so, like, and then I said... Well, how does one become a shark? This is a simple tale of yeah, a dad yeah, and a boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more complicated, but I've always been a fan of the show. To me, the show represents transcendence, right? Like, you know, people turning into butterflies. And something I'm really passionate about because I came from dirt is that everyone's got something in them that you're trying to unlock. And I love the idea of unlocking it, right? And to me, that's what the show was about. It's also, how does one become a shark? Like, you can't go on the internet and Google, like, if I wish to be with Mark Cuban on stage, how would I do that? So, uh... I just began at the beginning like anything. I took the first step. I made, met the folks at Sony, sat down in a conference room. I told them my crazy story about dropping out, where I come from, what I do in my day job, which is the show, right? Helping entrepreneurs go to the next level. Um, and I just worked at it. And improbably, they gave me a shot, gave me uh, two episodes this year. Um, and I got my son to come to the party, which was great. And uh, it's been an amazing experience. What was the feedback after the first, first one aired in what, December? The first one aired in, uh, yeah, in, in November, uh, October. Like, uh, October. October. Yeah, yeah. And? Well, the feedback was great. It, it, interesting, when I, when I like anybody, I, when you're reaching, right, this was the biggest reach of my career other than becoming press secretary uh, to the mayor of New York when I was 26. Like, this was the biggest reach. And that morning, I had a moment, like, what am I doing, right? Like, sitting, all of us go through that sort of moment of self-doubt. And I'm thinking, the morning I'm going on to the studio, I've never sat in front of cameras. Gary, you're used to every minute of your day being chronicled, but I, I was not at the time. And uh, I was thinking, like, what's going to help me get through this? I'm totally freaked out. And then it occurred to me, you know, Eminem, right? Like, Eminem. The rapper? The rapper, yeah, okay. that I decided, what's the one? This Maybe is, the candy. I'm yeah, yeah, no, Eminem. And I, uh, I, put, uh, I put Lose Yourself on a loop for two hours while I was getting ready to go. You know, you know mom spaghetti. You know, yeah, I get bit. it. I and, and I did it. And what's interesting, like, I had a moment, I had a Matrix moment. Anybody see the Matrix? I love the, I love the Matrix. But you know when he sort of pauses and the game slows down and he freezes the bullet and he just sort of turns it around? I'm sitting on set about a minute in, paralyzed by the cameras like a deer in the headlight with the lights in. And Cuban leans over and he goes, hey, Matt, did you come here to do anything? And I thought, did I come here to do anything? <laughs> did I come here? And I was like, the bullet stopped. And, I said, and then I just, you know, weapons free. I just like, wait, this is what I do all day long. Why am I intimidated? I do that. I know how to do this, so it's a different set. And then it just went rolling. Ten hours later, I was like, oh, I like this. I like this almost too much. Um, but the feedback has been great, and I think it's because, like you always said, I can proudly say I went on that show and I was myself. Maybe I was a bit, little less you know, sarcastic and biting than I would have liked to have been, but we all got to grow into it. But you know, just be yourself, and that's what got me through it. So the feedback has been nice. And the feedback, I'm happy about the feedback because the feedback has been what I would want it to be about, that you came across as empathetic, which I believe I am, that you came across as really trying to make a difference. You weren't like a showboat, you know, just trying to rip apart somebody's idea to look clever and creative. And that was the advice I had gotten from Cuban and Kevin O'Leary and everything. One piece of advice is don't try to be an archetype. Like, 
don't aspire to be anything other than what you are because the camera will see right through it. So I just went up there and you know I was myself. And what you know, obviously we're very very close. So you've gotten to see personal brand building on the internet from an early stage and at scale. You know, I, I do believe that a lot of people here um, are really at the mercy of brands that they sit within. And over time, my big thesis is that, that the internet is the only middleman and everything is going to get squeezed. And for a lot of people here over the next decade, who they are, either their personal brand or the business that they own, the brand of that business, is really all that's left from a leverage point. What is your hot take on what you see out there? Like, how about when I first started doing it? That might be a good angle. When I first started doing it, and, and at some level I was already there when, when we even met, yeah. but clearly there was no way that people took it as serious back then. Yeah, I think, I think, like, what's your, what's your decade view? Like, what are some of your five to ten point. points? Well, I think when you first started doing it, watching your, like, we met in 2009, right? And yes. uh, first of all, the ability to do it one-to-one -one and reach everybody wasn't at scale yet, right? Yeah. Instagram is what, 35% of the population is now on Instagram, but, you know, back in the early day, it wasn't as easy. And I think your behavior of building the personal brand and standing out and communicating constantly was aberrational, right? Now, fast forward 10 years, and those who aren't doing it are being kind of left behind. There's, a, there's I think, a conflict between, you know, I call old power and new power. Old power is still saying, this is self-promoting, right? This is self-aggrandizing. What are you doing? Like, just Charlton. keep your head down, right? You're whatever, versus new power and millennials and so forth. And that you have ability to communicate one-to-one -one with somebody. Why would you not do that? Why would you not create a human connection directly rather than just sort of stay behind closed doors? I still feel it in myself uh, that there is a tension between what are you doing, you're self-promoting or self-aggrandizing versus, no, I'm building a brand for a purpose. And I think that is something I've had to refine and ask myself, why? Why am I doing it? Why would I put myself out there? Because I'm not totally comfortable being out you know, on the stage. I can do it, but I don't derive joy from, you know, prominence, my why is the more I can reach people, the more I can have a one-to-one -one connection, the more resources that I have, the more I can make an impact on people's lives. Like, I saw something when I was 16. I saw human suffering up close. I saw what powerlessness looks like, and ultimately my mother passed away. I get excited. The more I can touch people, like, in this stadium, and the more I'm on Shark Tank, the more I can make an impact. And that sounds like rhetoric, but I feel it in my heart. The tension I still feel is the debate between old power saying, you know, this is, this is you know, self-promoting. And the reality is this is the way of the world. And I think what we need to do is hold their hand and bring them along. Like, you don't need to chronicle it. I, even with you sometimes, I don't want to be Gary V. Well, nobody can be Gary V, right? Like, you watch this guy. It's like, I feel insecure. How do you do it? It's like fatiguing. I watched him in the room the other day. I just want to go hide in the bathroom and, like, you know, surf the net. Like, I don't know how you do it. But we're not saying be Gary V. Be you and don't be afraid to share you. And how liberating that we now are starting to live in a world where you are able to share your idiosyncrasies and you're being judged now on whether or not you're being vulnerable as opposed to being judged because you are vulnerable. I'd much rather live in a world where I can go ahead and share pretty much everything about me, right? I can tell you almost anything in this crowd and not give a shit, right? Dropped out, lived on a mattress in a you know, dirty apartment, all the insecurities, went on Shark Tank, needed to listen to Eminem to get through it, who cares, right? I'd rather live in that world because it's liberating. So, but even me going out there, I've had to deal with the haters and people wondering, why are you doing it? You know, it's self-promoting. So that's annoying. I hope we, that can go away in like two years, but it will go away. When you and Steve bought into VaynerMedia, one of, you, know, you made an earlier reference that you know, AJ and I were not putting the capital into the business. There was a piece that we wanted to take off. AJ wanted some dollars. 
and then there was an ability to deploy some of it. Yeah. The offer was to take the equity and have a piece of the Miami Dolphins. AJ and I decided that was completely unacceptable for diehard New York Jets fans. So what we did instead was start a fund. You know, obviously I had a really great track record at that point. Um, we started a fund, we incubated some businesses, Resi, Faithbox, Brave, and then we invested. Uh, sitting here now, you know, five years later, wh what's, your, uh, what's your summary for the audience of like that behavior? What did you, what did you learn? What worked better than you thought? What didn't? Blah, blah, blah. Well, has anybody ever seen the movie Pretty Woman in here? Do you know the scene when she goes into the store and she comes back with the bags and she's like, big mistake? Big, so my first takeaway is you made a big mistake with the Miami <laughs> Dolphins because yesterday you told the group, you know, you, don't, you know, ideology is bullshit, yes. right? Like all this, whatever. So yes. you didn't take the deal on the Dolphins out of ideology. So big mistake. Let's Fair just enough. start talking because the team is worth a lot more. I'll start, I'll start there. I'm so happy I didn't um, take it. I was so enamored with that thought. What was the question? What did we learn from both? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, one thing that when there, there's a lot of people here who are doing well and I think, you know, there's a lot of activity I see it every day where people want to, you know, everybody wants to find their Facebook and their Uber and their Twitter. The, the, a lot of people put their money into real estate, a lot of put, put their money into Wall Street, but more and more people are willing to write a twenty-five dollars or $50,000 check into a very early stage company, and I think you had a first-hand view in that, and any data point that might bring value. You know, I'm thinking about the lineup of speakers. Obviously yeah. today we have so much practitioners and deep executors. So this opening keynote for me is I'm trying to go a level up or a different angle that might be a one nugget value prop for somebody. I have a feeling for some of the people here that are doing well, they're starting to contemplate an, an early stage investment. And so... Yeah, um, well, let me, that's a good... So I think one of the things we learned, and we, we probably have 100 investments together, so what are the things we learned? Um, it, it's not enough to recognize a trend in a space. Think if, if we, if I could, the number one mistake we probably have made or learned is, so you see a space and you know the space is real. I look at Meerkat and Periscope as sort of an example, right? We, it was obvious several years ago that we're going to have the ability to telegraph uh, anything live, right? Now it's, you know, Instagram live. Um, it's not enough to see that. You have to then go deeper and say, well, who is most likely to be the winner in that, in that trend? And I think that looking back, if we had done more of that, we probably would be more successful, but that was one of our learnings. So to me, once you've identified the trend in the early stage investment, uh, you gotta ask yourself the most fundamental questions. Does this person who is leading it have the ability to succeed? Are they likely to win? And those questions are always fundamental. What do I look for? Um, does the person have the ability when faced against the critical turning point, are they gonna pivot? And I know pivot is such an overused word, but it just means are you gonna iterate through your problems? And I find people who do it most likely have an interesting blend of confidence and humility, right? They have the confidence to admit that I got it wrong, I need to go in a different direction, right? And they have the humility to make that change fast enough, right? It's no good if somebody makes that, you know, in hindsight, like, shit, I wish I had gone left instead of going right. That, that, that thing is kind of critical. So my overall point, my message to all of you is don't outsource your judgment. Oh, you know, Matt Higgins is invested in this, so therefore I should. That, that's bullshit. Like, they, I, somebody could be trying something out outside of their subject matter expertise. Ask yourself the critical questions. Is this founder likely to be successful? And that's about confidence, humility, you know, is the idea correctly? Are they likely to build a big team or are they arrogant? They think they have it all themselves. They'd rather hide in a room or can they connect? Do they have empathy? You know, all those, all those questions that I talk about all the time. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I was just thinking when you were talking, I think that the, the first point of advice is exactly right and much more common. 
I'm so intuitive and I made so many of those decisions that sometimes if I just feel the intuitive nature, the homework on the back end of the competitive landscape or who else is doing it didn't exist. I mean, the Periscope Meerkat one's easy to swallow because Periscope was already bought when we did Meerkat. Well, we, no, we invested two weeks before, though. We could have we could have canceled the investment, I think. Yeah, before. but once you make your word, Matt, you oh, don't no. go behind Oh yeah, Gary, it. right? Yeah, no one ever backs out of a term sheet, right? Yeah. <laughs> not me. I do not. Yeah. Um, so, what about now? What do you? How we're early in the year, 2019. Uh, what do entrepreneurs or senior executives, which is the far majority of this room, uh, do you think the economy is too frothy? and it's time to bunker down. Uh, do you see any trends in, in voice or OTT or um, what, what, anything from a, a content standpoint or podcasting? Um, what are some of the one or two things that are running through your head in the macro that you will then deploy in conversations with all these businesses you're involved in? Yeah, I think the, uh, the economy is definitely, uh, you know, we are in, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, we're in the fourth quarter, you know, where we got 10 minutes left on the clock maybe. But um, we are definitely coming to a point, corporations are you know, over leveraged and I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't think it's going to be as apocryphal you know, as as, the, as well as, as you want it to be, which yeah. I don't get why you want it to be. But uh, Gary loves the big reveal. I'm I'm happy when things are okay now. You know, I want to like relax. I paid my dues. Gary Gary loves the the uh, the big reveal. But I do think the economy is going to. I want the Great Depression. <laughs> I'm being, Can you I'm elaborate being, on that? Yes. Why? Like we because own think, a business together. I don't. I, I think get, I think we're. You know, we want to make money. No, because I think everybody's <laughs> soft, and we've created dramatic entitlement, which is lead, leading to massive depression because everybody is worried about dumb shit because the tried and true is not in the right place. I mean, I think people really need a punch in the fucking mouth. Right, although I, so I lived through 1999. I worked at an amazing company, which is still Bless my favorite you. company, called Cosmo.com. I don't know if anybody remembers, K-O-Z-M-O. We would deliver everything to your door in under an hour. Before, before he says that, at one point, how much were you worth on paper? Uh, a few million dollars. At, at and how much did it go to? Uh, a few cents. Cool, keep going. <laughs> I would say I made more money on Cosmo selling the gear on eBay than I did at the company. <laughs> but, but, um, but I learned so much about investing back from that moment in time because at, when it looked like we had raised $300 million and it looked like, it, it, to me, like if you just take a step back saying, well, you know, there's no more paper and the, like the vendor's not delivering toilet paper. Like we're probably on the brink of the end, right? And at that moment when I was evaluating whether to go leave and go take a big job, um, at that exact moment, a huge executive, I won't say who, from a massive company, quit their job and we put out a press release saying he was joining Cosmo. I'm saying, wait a second, so I'm looking at a situation where I think we're probably gonna go under in like eight weeks and this person is <laughs> taking their job. Taking a step back, if I had outsourced my own judgment, I would have said, well, you know, my options, I can't walk away, I'm worth millions of dollars. Like, so I always go back to that story. You have to, you can never, you have to look at context. And if people don't have the context of, of the situation, you can't, you know, you sort of can't take them. So back to, back to the point, I think the early stage investment that was going on in 1999 was all about mind share and grabbing real estate. The ideas that I'm seeing getting funded today are not as preposterous as was happening back then. Well, the internet, not, the internet yeah. wasn't actually at scale yet. Right, right. right? It, it would be like, it's the it same might be, It might be Bitcoin might be the equivalent of ideas that are getting funded that are kind of absurd in the blockchain space. And to me, the, the example that's very obvious is virtual reality. One of yeah. the reasons over the last three years I've been pushing against it is I believe virtual reality will happen in the same way that in 1996 I thought the internet would happen. My problem is actual human behavior, right? I don't think anybody at this conference knows anybody who spends an hour a day coming home and going into a VR set and doing something. So if that's the case, if no human has done it yet, 
how in the world are these companies worth hundreds of millions of dollars? It's just that classic example of yeah. pets.com. If nobody was really buying a ton of shit on the internet yet. And by the, time, by the way, in 98, 99, there was a staggering percentage of Americans not on the internet at all yet. Right, AOL was still crushing you know, it. And, right, so, yeah. and so it, you can see it's, I mean look, blockchain's gonna happen. But which currency wins is no different than which browser was gonna win in the early internet or which search engine. There was a lot of fucking search engines back in the day. Yeah. Right? right and now. so these races become a game of one and everybody thinks everything's gonna win and that's where people get caught. I think you're right. I think it's about sectors. I think virtual reality is a great one. I haven't seen a virtual reality business that is anything but virtual. I mean, and uh, we backed a couple that you know, aren't doing great. So. And, and, and by the way, you can get caught the other way. One of the things that, I, last night I probably said 50 times, I don't know what's next, but I'm really good at, when I see it, going all in. If you told me that we would be here two and a half years later and there had been no significant app other than Pokemon Go around augmented reality, I would have been 100% wrong. Once Pokemon Go happened, I'm like, oh, there it is. It's happened. People, I mean, look at all those weird people running through the woods to pick up a virtual Pokemon, right? So I would have thought every IP, Marvel and, and Harry Potter and anything and everything would be in play and here we are you know, almost three full years later and there's not been one significant hit since. So even sometimes when there is an indicator, Agreed. it's a hair early well, I think that's it's an anomaly. Right, well and to that point, sometimes you could recognize something and think, oh, I'm late to the game and I missed it, right? Just look at what everyone's here right now. I'm, I'm amazed by how many founders that I'm looking at in consumer-facing businesses, which is almost everybody to some extent, that need to sell things that have not fully embraced the fact that you need to build a brand and you need to communicate. And so the fact that you're here at this conference, you're actually light years ahead, even though it might seem late, because people like Gary you know, are standing out. You're incredible at it, right? But the vast majority of founders and business owners still are either uncomfortable or don't realize that you have no other choice, right? So I think that excites me. Like, your point, you don't need to spot the future. You just need to spot the now and go all in. We're very early in, the, in recognizing that you need to develop an ability to communicate one-to-one, -one, and you need to be out there and you need to be using those tools. What do you think, what, professionally, what are you most fearful of right this minute? I think one of the things I've been spending a lot of time on is like, wow, something about when I play on the field, uh, I just, it, fear's funny, you, you know me very yeah. well. It's just, you know, we talk about this quite a bit. Like, but I, but it's, you know, everybody has it. Um, so professionally as a leader, personally, or, yeah, trend, or trend? right this minute, right this what minute? are you most worried about? What do you uh, fear in I, your business life? I think I fear, we're, we're, we're operating or helping businesses at scale, you know, spread pretty wide. I am afraid that, or I get fearful that my attention is being diverted in one place and I'm missing something off to the left. I think that's the number one thing I think about. So many is, balls in the air. Yeah, is this feasible for me to have so many balls in the air and what's suffering? So, but I think if, if you're asking yourself the question, you're probably doing okay because I constantly then divert my attention to where I'm screwing up. Downside is I don't spend a lot of time enjoying the victories. Like we don't say, hey, high five, look how great the firm is. We suck I, at yeah, that. Yeah, we do. I think about everything I'm fucking up. Smelling the roses yeah. is like something we're just completely incapable of. Yeah, it would be nice to be experienced more joy. Like maybe we AJ's could. the best of the bunch. Yeah, AJ, AJ, AJ is Yoda. I, right? I mean, AJ I say, AJ, he's like, I'm out. I'm going to live a great life. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what are you guys doing? You want to run me? Like, no, we did. See, the difference is, though, you're, you're like hunkering down for the apocalypse and excited about how you have more tools to survive it. And I have like, you know, post-trauma of I don't want to go back to that 16-year-old in Queens. And everyone will say, what are you talking about? You're on Shark Tank. And it's like, it doesn't quite register. 
The downside is, I mean, the positive is it doesn't register. And so as I'm always hustling. I'm still working on it. But the number one thing, you have to ask yourself, am I spread too thin to be effective? You shouldn't do anything that you can't do well, generally. It doesn't mean you have to do it perfect. But what if you love it, Matt? Like, a lot of yeah. people ask me, like, hey, I do two, three, four things. And they're like, everybody yells at me. I need to focus on one. And I'm like, I do 17 things because if I only did one thing, I wouldn't want to do well, it. Well, I'm the same way. You, you talk about that. I, only, I don't only want to do one thing. Call it ADD. Call it whatever you want. I, I'm incapable. It's a self-awareness but thing. I don't respect right? myself if I'm doing multiple things and several of them aren't doing well because I'm doing multiple things, right? Like, that is not something to be proud of. Yeah, you're doing 10 things and seven of them are failing, you're failing your employees or your, you know, I don't respect that. So if you're going to choose to do multiple things then you're going to pay the price to do them well, and so even keep taking care of my body, you were giving me shit, you know, two years ago, like, Matt, if, we, if you don't lose weight, like, we're having an intervention. It's a fair point. If you can't take care of yourself, your personal health, your mental health, you know, then why are you spending your energy working on things outside yourself, right? So to me, before you begin to tackle nine different companies, you better tackle the first company, right? The, the estate of self. And so that's the only area that I would go, I would go back to you when you say, when you're doing yep. four things, are you doing four things well? You know? One last sentence as I see the time is up. What's the final thing you want to leave everybody with? Well, you always hit me with one of those questions. What's the, I, I think, um, you know, like Gary always says, just, just be yourself. It is a great opportunity to go ahead and connect with other people. And you are amazing, whoever you are, whatever you do. You are beautiful, you are unique. And your greatest advantage of is that you're different from the person to the left or right. Was that an Eminem lyric? Or? I know, I do. I know, I speak in Eminem. I just, I just have a thing for Eminem. You know? I love it. Matt Higgins, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, Gary. Thank you. Meeting. I'm gonna be around all day, but let me try to do a couple real fast. Last year, started a podcast, started a vlog. Yeah. Just want to say that it changed when you talk about being entrepreneur operator. Yeah. That, that total life changer thing. Thank it's you. A great mind shift. So Thank I appreciate you. it Thank so you, much for doing Thank this. Thank you. Let's let's go over here. Actually, I think it's quiet. One of the things I want to do this year is show you the context of the day. A lot of things aren't being shown in the vlog because I can't share them, but we're gonna run through them quickly, give you a little bit of context, maybe a little music, so that's what this is about. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, good to see you again, how are you? I'm great, well, I'll take you up on the elevator. Yeah, where am I going? Awesome, how are you? Great. Beautiful weather I'll tell you again. in a second. We're going to the Southwest Players Club. I guess that's the whole thing. No, the Southwest Players Club is over in the, um, the tennis facility. Is it? It is. Okay. It's then. on the right-hand side. I can take you over. Okay. It's a good walk. We've got 45 minutes. You know what, let's stay, wait right here for a second. Thank you. Let me just call Reed. Um, I totally agree. Can you get a hold of Reed? and tell him where I am because I don't know where his people are. I thought where I was going was here as you know because I have to do a Q&A in 45 minutes. Um, no, I'm like, like my whole feast. Yeah, I'm coming to the Southwest Players. Yeah, so, yep, wow. coming. Okay. We, we announced a new company called the Sasha Group. Okay. They have a cabana on the main court when you do the networking thing. Uh, it's VaynerMedia for small businesses. Okay. Like, we were at place, you know, after 4Ds, a lot of people were like, yo, I want to work with Vayner. We're like a million in fee. 
minimum. Yeah. Right, which means you gotta spend five million in media, 15% commission, yeah. four, you know, yeah. uh, when you make videos, there's out of pockets, like we had to make a million. Yeah. And so 99.99999% were like, fuck, okay, one day. Yeah. And then I just kept hacking, I'm like, like we have people who wanna give us, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on Facebook, we're spending billions, like it's very unlikely that the person that's spending your hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook is better than my team. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. The end. And so if you're, exactly. And so, and if as long as my team is better, than, but we weren't those guys yet. This is okay. why Sasha happened. Okay. Got it? Cool. They were basically knowledgeable enough to know subconsciously, even if consciously, no. Yeah. Got it? Love it. Now if we're charging a 15% big, as long as I'm 16% better than what you're doing, I'm in. I'll, I'll definitely go. And by the way, we may not be. By the way, you might have hired. What's great about the Sasha Group is they know the only thing I told all my executives is if you let anybody walk around the earth and say Gary Vee's a scam artist, you're fired. So they're incentivized pretty aggressively yeah. to like look under the hood first and be like, oh fuck, you stumbled on car. Like I'd rather them be like, oh fuck, we should hire his person because they're so like. They're not gonna take the business if they don't think they can beat the business. Cool. No, I love it. Come out of there. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. No, that's backlit. Can we turn around a little? Oh man, this is what he knows his shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting old, man. I need that natural light. Yeah, we do look a lot better. All right, see you guys, brother. Oh really? I don't know how. Hey, Dad. (laughs) I was sitting there. Yeah. Literally. How did you? Um, I came from an angle. An angle. No, seriously. I didn't walk straight. I'm always, I'm always coming from different angles. How's it going? What's going on? Good, great. Well, hey everybody. Uh, thank you. Jesus Christ, bro. That's pretty fucking aggressive. Front row Tom Brady jerseys always. Um, uh, happy you're here. Uh, what I really want to do is just mainly Q&A. Obviously a lot of you have a ton of context and so you don't need to hear something you've heard 8,000 other times. So we'd just like to open it up and uh, let's get as many in as possible. Go as specific and selfish or macro as you want um, and let's rock and roll. Emma, you're gonna rock out the mic? I love it. Great. I mean, we have enough time probably to get to everybody, so I think we could just literally go that just route. Up and down the road. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks very much for having the conference. Appreciate it. Um, How are you guys enjoying it so far? Really good. Really good. good. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having part of my team on your panels, so that I appreciate that. Uh, and being warm, not New Jersey. So, <laughs> uh, question is running agency, how does your team handle, especially in automotive? Clients being very emotional, month to month, stressing out, I'm not getting this, cut budget, pull back. How does your team handle trying to walk them through the emotion of just blowing it all up? You know, it's like, uh, it's bedside manners, right? It's like being a doctor. I mean, uh, to the best of our fucking ability. Like, to me, I think if you're in client services, you can't cry about being in client services. You know, obviously having my dad here, like if you have a retail store, you don't get to complain about working holidays and weekends. Like that's what you signed up for. So if you're in client services, you're gonna be at the mercy of clients. And it's super not fun. I mean it's just outrageously not interesting. Um, But the reality is, is there's a lot of people that like to do it or have enough of an appetite to do it for three, seven, 12, 20, 40 years. I think, 
I think the key in the way that you're asking a question is, I think what I've done at Vayner and one of the reasons we've grown is they're gonna have tension on the outside, right? They're gonna have somebody, they, I can't control if the Fox account yells at Kim and says, you're a fraud, get out of my, I can't control that. What I can control is the way that they treat each other internally, right? And so I think if you're running an agency, it's about creating an internal culture that has less angst and agita in a world where they're gonna inevitably have a lot of it from the outside. And so that's what I spend my time more worrying. I mean, you know, I'm just looking, because I've mean, been around a long time, like the amount of time I've allowed anybody to complain about clients in any scenario I'm in is zero. I'm like, this is what we do. Yeah, we don't, I do that with the teams today. Yes. The complaint is more, setting the expectation to the client when you start like front load. I, so but you know this, I can tell you every best practice, but you can front load and set expect, I've set expectations, like I've literally to somebody's face and say like, you're in, this is what we're doing, like, and I'm a very good communicator. There is no communication gap. I'm like, and for seven months, nothing is gonna happen. Like I go overboard the other way, like nothing good. I don't even wanna talk to you, don't talk to me, judge me in 12 months, they're like, we get it, we get it, da, 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 da. And then three weeks in, I get an email, I'm like, this is not working. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what the fuck happened to the seven months you're not gonna fucking talk to me part? <laughs> gotcha. You know, so like, yeah, when you're at the mercy of the customer, you're at the mercy of the customer. So, emphatically, clearly, to the best of our ability, and then the real life takes over. And so I think I spend way more time on the real life. I actually don't even care about how we, like the reality is, it breaks so anyway. Internal culture. Yeah. That is actually the answer because that's controllable and can allow people to get through tougher days because they've got each other, which is what you want in continuity and what you're trying to build. Appreciate it. You got Thank it. You. I'd probably, I, me personally hearing what you'd say, I'd probably drop the Kelly Blue Book, I'd probably up the PPC to 35 and I would spend 15,000 on brand building and social because that's your only defense mechanism. guys. Anybody that's in, and a lot of everybody that's here, anybody who's in the referral business lost to the companies that 10 years ago understood that Google was the best, got on top of Google first, siphoned all the attention, and then charged you back. OpenTable, Zillow, all the, it's all the same shit. The only way you defend against referral business is you build a brand on top of it so it comes to you. Otherwise you pay the toll booth, right? So, you know, like, and you, you know, I know from last night a little bit of your context, and then the problem is, like for you, you're a new senior executive with a lot of autonomy and you gotta show results, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna go for the short-term results thing, so you're gonna pay the VIG, because that's a sale, not a brand building. When you brand build, it takes a decade. Right. When you sell, you could do it tomorrow. Right, right. right? And so, that's that. And so like that's really gonna be the answer for like 38% of the questions here. I'm always gonna push everybody to go to, as close to the customer as possible because whoever controls the, the relationship with the customer wins. Amazon is the biggest company in the world because it's got a relationship with everybody. So when you get your last package, there's a car advertising truck on your last boxes from Amazon. They made a fucking fortune on that because that truck company is now trying to get in front of people and they can't do it on commercials. I mean, it's all the same shit. It will always be the same shit. So what would I do? I would not kill what I have to do in the short term, but I would invest in what I have to do in the long term, and the way you do that is by scrutinizing the thing that's the weakest in your world. You've only got two things in your world. Right. Sounds like Kelly Blue Book is weaker in my opinion. They, they, both have, they both generate really good leads, it's just, we don't know what. The punchline very simply is, 
for everybody here. If you're not building brand, you're, you're vulnerable. I don't know. You got, like, there's, no, there's nobody here doing anything that isn't a commodity, including me. I just have brand. Brand. You're, every piece of clothes you're wearing, you could have bought somebody else's. You paid extra because there's a word on it. The end. Yeah, I've never paid a hundred bucks for a pair of shoes in my life. I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> right? I mean, I've got a white pair too. I really appreciate it. But like, I really appreciate that and it speaks to my strategy which is if I bring so much value, you notice, and this is gonna be advice for some of you as well, I do marketing and content. Most people that are the worst versions of me wanna sell you information. Right? I'll give you some free content and then there's gonna be a Gary VIP thing where you pay me 800 bucks a month for the good content. Right? Or that, the thing I'm probably the most proud of recently was that Gary V content deck that I put up. That was expensive to make. That was very easy to sell in the internet marketing personality world for a lot of money. I probably left five million dollars on the table. I would have sold a lot of those at 2,000 bucks a piece, especially how good it was, right? Um, My plan is to give you so much value, never expect anything in return, and if you happen to wear sneakers or if you happen to drink wine, well then I'm interested, right? But I want no direct correlation to what I'm trying to do for you in the way I monetize. And that's where I think people break. They're, They're not putting out Good. Nobody's putting out content for their community. They're trying to set up what they're trying to sell. And that's why a lot of you gravitated towards me because intuitively, or after finally three and a half years when you're like, when's the other shoe gonna drop? When it didn't, or actually it was a shoe that dropped <laughs> instead of a $5,000 mastermind course, then you bought in. So I appreciate that. My question is, okay, we're doing all your system over here yes. for branding and yes. stuff. I want to be able to then go in to make accountable all these massive companies that are doing nothing but filling containers and shipping, to me it'd be a way of leveling the playing field. If I can get them to have the same concept or approach, do I go in, my question is how do I go in and and cut the legs out of the giants with um, like agencies, like plastic agencies or um, environmental awareness agencies. There's no regulation on our industry for that, zero. You reach out to media. And then, or do you create your own? I mean, and so walk me through all that. How do I? Creating enough awareness at the level that you'll need to actually put pressure on a multi-billion dollar company to change, it'll, it'll, it'll take you too long. Well, you can, so you can send it, you can send one email to CNN and they may pick up on it. The 2020, yeah, they just did that. Okay, so emails and that's it? Yep. That's the only answer, <laughs> When you're a journalist, you need shit to write about. Okay. Cool. Thank cool. You. Well, now, now it's yeah, now it's the New York Times. It's you know you're doing 800 things. It's an it's a uh, environmental uh, Instagram account that has seven million followers, and you DM them. It doesn't stop with CNN. You're just definitely going to places that are likely to pick it up. The Washington Post got it. Literally. And then, well, so what? I just pitch them the idea or yep. do I need the videos and I need stuff nope. like No, you just even be like, hey, this is what my company does. Did you know that all these other companies do this? If you, you know, you, I saw you wrote an article about plastic straws. This is eight trillion plastic straws. Thanks. Hi Gary. Hi. I'm Haley. Hey Haley. And I'm 
little nervous. I'm usually not don't be. Friend, but <laughs> holy cow, I'm sitting front row talking to you. This is Thank pretty you. incredible. Thank you. I'm from Phoenix in the mortgage industry, and I think I'm going to take this opportunity just so I can go back to my loan officers yes. and say, I had a microphone in my hand, and I asked Gary, and this is what he said. But 50 year, 50 year older loan officers constantly tell me, Haley, I am a loan officer first. I know product, I know guidelines. I do not know how to market. Yes. I don't care about social media. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yes. And I'm constantly sharing them everything that you preach all the time, right? Like absolutely, you have to, you have to, you have to. What would be your strongest advice to get through that mentality of a professional who has worked 30 years doing XYZ and now is trying to stay relevant because I'm having a hard time getting through to them. I would just tell them that you actually don't care when they go out of business in six years. Perfect. You just tell them the truth. Okay. So you care about them, whether it's financially or personally, right? Yeah, that's, well, that's life, right? Yeah. So you tell Rick the propaganda, the things we believe in. You tell Rick again. You tell Rick again. You tell Rick again. And then the fifth time you're like, Rick, I'm never gonna tell you again. And let me say something because we're gonna have a conversation in six years. When the internet continues to build scale and all your referral machines are gone because they do it themselves, right. when Zillow's and Schmillow's and everybody does it themselves, do you understand what's happening? Amazon's gonna do it itself. Like you're not paying referral fees anymore from the toll people, they're just gonna do it themselves. So like when that happens, I'll be here for you. Like when you actually tell them the truth, which is more cool, fuck you, I'm gonna watch you die, not hey, you shouldn't die. You know, nobody stopped smoking either but then they cried about it when they were dying of lung cancer. I don't try to convince people. I tell them the truth and then I let the ramifications fall and I tell them my truth which is I love. Do you, know you know how much I love when somebody says I listen to you and good things happened? Admiration, it's the best feeling in the world. Funny for me and luckily for me, I also really, 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 really love when people come up to me four years later and say I didn't listen to you and my business went out of business. I love it. I don't love it because I'm a dick. I love it because I like capitalism and merit and the truth. (laughs) If you do the wrong things, the wrong things happen. It's the reason I got into the parenting content. You do the wrong things, it's gonna not work out. You do the right things, it's gonna work out. You're being ideological. Probably because you have financial vested interest in that scenario. The problem is you have to widen your net so you don't spend any time trying to sell somebody you can't sell. This is awesome, man. Like, Thank you, bro. I, I had no idea that first in line was gonna get this amazing perk. Yeah, really cool. So you guys probably recognize this. First in line, I haven't been texting you because the infrastructure of first in line super phone's broken. <laughs> so, uh, but we're, we're, I'm investing and advising a new company that's gonna come out strong and big and we're gonna be, it's gonna happen real soon. I'm really excited about it. Like, I would tell you, and by the way, watch what I do, not what I say. Every single person here should start a text message service. It is my belief that something happened in the last 24 to 36 months that for some reason the American consumer is now willing to get shit in text where for the last seven years we kept it away because we realized we fucked up email so we don't want spam so you didn't give away your number and I can't fully, I don't have the full answer yet but I, like I say, I know it when I see it. I'm, go, I'm going all in on text. Like, like I'm gonna text but I want to make sure I get that cadence right, right? I don't want you to unsubscribe. So like, what's the balance of like, what's great about Texas, you can, like, it's just CRM, right? Like there's a lot of people, if you notice, always watch what I do, not to say, the reason I put out on Instagram those little screenshots that look like my phone and a text, 
I see a lot of people that say, yo, I want that daily. I'm like, oh, are you willing to just take content from me in text form? Versus what I try to do, which is, I want to me it's the holy grail. So in 2019 and definitely in 2020 as we get the machine right, I'm gonna make you being on my text super valuable. So that I have those six times, mm. right? Because with, when you get 95% open and engagement, which is what text is, which is absurd, um, you know, your right hooks land, right? Like, like I would have sold a lot more of anything I cared about the last eight to ten weeks if I had it. Go ahead. I feel guilty asking a question. That I was right. Um, so, <laughs> man, I, I built my own personal brand and reputation doing intuitively what you've taught, which is why your message resonated with me, right? Like, I really mm-hmm. love the community. You just mm-hmm. helped a lot of people. I'm, I'm a, I'm Kindness is the ultimate I'm leverage. I want to do something for yeah. you, guy, with nothing in return. Yeah. Like, I, I'm born that way. Look, me too. Self, being selfless is selfish. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Agreed, by the way. It's all, it's all long, long game, right? Um, so, as that happened to me, uh, you know, I, I, I reached upon the limits of my self-awareness, right? Like, I realized, man, I'm a great, I'm a great uh, business developer. I'm not an empire builder. I get it. Right, so like, I've eaten shit, um, and I'm now back at the point where I'm trying to redefine what my goals should be. And Have you thought about teaming up? Yeah, yeah, so that's what I've done. My last one ate a dick, like it was horrible. <laughs> 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 Uh, just walked away from that end of, end of November. Um, and make, sure, make sure nothing from that experience would stop you from doing it again. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm saying it right now. So, so in, you know, I, I, I've taken like a three month detox to like figure out what the fuck I want, right? Good. Like where I want to be in 10 years, not like, hey, it's a good path, where does it go? Yeah. Um, what would you advise me on like what I should look for? In, like I think if I partner with an empire builder, it's fucking on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause I can, I can bring it in the door. Go do homework. Find somebody who's, uh, you know, one of the things I've been talking a lot about at Vayner with my executive team is like, I'm gonna start hiring more zebras to do zebra. Like my favorite thing about hiring a penguin to be a giraffe is it leads to me, it leads to Kim. You just take talent and then you can do anything and I love that. The problem is at scale, there's vulnerabilities to that because when it's not right, you know, if you need the giraffe to like eat the green leaf at the top of the tree but you hired a penguin and the penguin's like, yo, I'm in the snow, dick. You know, and so, so, what, it's very easy for you to go find somebody you admire, both as who, how she or he acts as a human and their capabilities in business. What you just need to do is not guess. Yeah. Don't guess, right? Okay. Don't meet somebody charismatic and she said she was at Chase and now she's gonna start an empire. I'm thinking about an executive here who's amazing. I think she's amazing, but she hasn't actually, it's not what she's doing, but if she said to me today, I'm starting this company, I would guess that she would win but that's not where you're at at this point in your life. You guess when you're 22, like that's fun. Like right now, you look, you look, I actually, yeah, I weirdly think you probably are young, you look great, but I would go find somebody who's now 11 years in, it's very clear, and when, you know, the success is obvious, then you go talk to the employees, they all think she's amazing, and that's who you join. Don't guess. The middle is always the problem. The middle's the problem. You never ever wanna be in business in the middle. You either want to be Walmart or you want to be Cartier. Got it? This is why I always get pissed when the Jets win a random game late in the year. I want the number one pick, not the seventh pick. Right. Like, you need, the middle is the worst. Right? I want to, that's why I want to build monster businesses all the time. Because I never want a little boutique thing. You know? 
AJ with Vayner Sports wants to be boutique. He doesn't, I want to sign every fucking player. Like, I don't know, that's what I do, right? Like, you know, so the middle is the problem and everybody, the internet's destroying the middle. So you think it's gonna get worse? Oh, dramatic. Like, just so, yeah, just so everybody understands, like, cause, you know, just looking around, everyone's gonna be around for a little bit. Everything that you're worried about from technology is about to be compounded because it's also momentum. It's consumer behavior. Guys, wait till you see what last mile is. Nobody's going to a fucking store. You want a root beer, a $3 root beer? Press a button, somebody's gonna walk it to your house. Like 7-Eleven's out of business. I'm telling you right now, 7-Eleven is out of business. It's gonna take 13 years for me to recall this video to say that I was right. There's no need for 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven is across the street from my dad's store, right? Our $10, $13 hour employees like walk across and buy a Slurpee. Literally in 13 years, they're gonna press a button on their phone and somebody's gonna walk it to them. Convenience stores are gonna be inconvenient. Why are you ever gonna fucking leave? Yeah, it's gonna get way worse, so now you gotta make a decision. Hi, Gary. How are you? Ryan from Winnipeg, again. Thanks for the Jets jersey. Oh yeah. Winnipeg Jets. I figured you'd love it. I loved it. So I got a two-part because I have to be my own videographer. Go ahead. I get it. I remember those days. Now I'm fancy. Yeah, yeah. Caleb. Yeah, so I have a quick uh, quick question. Uh, On the authenticity side of things and documenting. Yes, we talked about this a little bit last night. So this is is a little bit of a a further to that. Go ahead. So I'm an independent insurance advisor. Good. And for me, like, being authentic is huge, right? And so documenting the journey, things don't always go as smoothly as Show them. you expect. Show them, it's the, be- it's the best part of it. Right, and so that was what I was kind of getting at yesterday. I was like, do you show those losses? Because you know, you're trying to, per- um, you know, you, you don't want to portray um, being larger than you of, actually are. Of course I show those losses. But, I put out a post the other day of like all the mistakes I made. Like I love that stuff. My biggest problem right now with Vayner is too many other people are involved in my losses. I can't show you on my vlog firing somebody because it's not fair to that person. So a lot of the shit that I'm going with, plus I'm like, you know, so anyway, the answer is of course. I think it's the best thing that my sister's doing with her journey in building out her real estate world, right? She's talking about that she sucks. Okay, so, so. I suck. Liz, we'll talk about that later. It's very, very important. This is an industry that is built on faking it till you make it. Young kid comes in the industry, goes buys a suit that he can't afford, fucking tries to play it off, and then you actually meet the person. Authenticity is, that's also the middle. You know why is in trouble? The internet. No internet? Cruising. Because NBC and ABC and Wall Street Journal had his back. Do you understand? Authenticity is no different than the last question. There's no other option. Because you can't hide. You can't hide. How many fucking cameras are at this place? (laughs) Wait till you see what the world looks like in 10 years. Camera for every person. Probably in the form of a piece of technology that nobody can think of right now, which eliminates Caleb and DRock's job, which is I throw a ball in the air and it follows me around. 360. Why not? Did you ever think you'd have an iPhone that was the iPhone is more powerful computer than Ronald Reagan had as computers running the free world. That's five minutes ago in the scheme of things. Last 
So share it. Yeah, let's go super rapid fire. I'm gonna try to milk some stuff. Just fire away, go ahead, brother. Yeah, um, number one, I'm Go tight, say, tight, so I can get a couple in. Number one, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we create more content than we know what to do with, and over 5,000 pieces of content last Supply. So what do you see as right now, so one of my blogs, My Living Legacy, we're transitioning to calling it Our Living Legacy because I want the other four people on our media team to have a role in that. Love that, smart. What is the current upside and what's the future upside you're looking for from your team Gary V content? To me, one thing I think that they're probably, you know, you should probably ask Caleb after this is open, like one thing I'll tell you is I don't suppress anything. Like I put them on, like, and you know, I mean DRock probably gets 50 fucking job offers a day. Like I create a culture that is sticky because of who I am and what I'm willing to do and my, my ambition for them is the same thing my ambitions are for my admins. I hope Caleb wins a fucking Academy Award if in the back of his mind he wants to be a great filmmaker and at some point I'm gonna have so much fucking leverage in the world, right? Justin, who used to film me, who quit, called me yesterday, I talked to him yesterday and he started, he called me and goes, you know what? I didn't get it when I was on your team. I come out and I'm documenting myself. Justin decided he was gonna be Gary Vee but he didn't realize all his content was selfish and it clicked. So now he's starting a new series where he, it's like Humans of New York. He's gonna literally go up to random strangers, film them, and ask them for advice. And then he called me and said, hey, I'd really, can you do one to give it value? I'm like, of course. Just want, what do I want? I want them to think that joining me was the greatest fucking decision of their lives, right? In the same way that I can impact people that I've never met from afar with content. Imagine how they're actually, they think I'm a much better guy than you guys do. Anybody who really, really knows, the people who think I'm the best guy are my assistants who have all the information about me about everything. They see everything I do, exactly how I do it. They know me better than my parents know me. They know exactly the things I do. Have you thought about talking about the idea of so many people with videographers following them around now? To me, it's been the ultimate lesson in self-awareness because it sounds silly for someone to say like, oh, you're on camera, so you're a better person. Like. 100%. 100%. In, in 2006, when I realized this was all gonna, you know, I was smart enough, intuitive enough to understand it all out, I fundamentally became a better person. I say it all the time. I started Wine Library TV that morning when I told Eric Kastner to go to Best Buy to do QVC. And the second the camera came on, I decided to do Wine Spectator because I got scared, literally, I mean, you know how your, you know, my brain works fast. I'm like, fuck, what if I go to a party and somebody gives me a glass of wine and says, what do you think? And I say, this is shit. And they're like, fuck you. You said it was 95 points on what I got scared. So then I was like, shit, I just have to say whatever it is. And you know, it's fun to have my dad here. Like, it all makes sense now. But in 2006, and this is February 2006, so this is early 2006, for me to go out and make content, first of all, it was weird. I didn't make content. Second of all, for me to pan shit we sold made no fucking sense. Even Brandon, my best friend, who runs Wine Library with my dad, who believes in everything I do because he saw the craziest shit when I was a kid at baseball card shows where everybody made fun of me and then it all sold out, blindly believes in everything. Even he was a little weirded out with Wine because it wasn't, you couldn't hide. It was just like, this is bad. And we have like 15 cases downstairs. Like that's, what are we supposed to do with it? You know? Yes. By the way, on the whole camera thing, um, 
I saw a situation the other day where somebody was filming somebody and somebody was filming the filmer. Because with the sales force. You guys are overpriced. The internet's better than you. Everything works without the sales More and more, more and more, all the numbers work. And the consumer behavior, 58-year-old Charlie needed you. I don't give a fuck about you. And my kids don't even know you. Got it? Got it? That's what happens. Just like you buy milk at a store, but your great-great-grandpappy needed it delivered. And now your great-grandkids are gonna need it delivered. Shit just goes in circles. Are you all in on cannabis? I'm all in on cannabis. I'm, you know, it's funny, I'm all in on cannabis for many reasons, but the biggest one, and this is like complete, I got F's in science, intuitively. Like as a human, I just know there's things in there that Big Pharma kept out of the system that are gonna do things for people that are better for them instead of fucking putting pills in their body. Do you know what I mean? Just like, like a human. So how does a small guy with a little bit of money to invest get into it? You either go high risk and change your life and play the fucking, like, like what I do, and you invest 25, 50K into some startups that are trying to make it happen, or you go more low risk and you really do your Wall Street homework and understand which fund diversity lets you just oh, take up, yeah, 30%, 40%, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, I'm more like, if I don't fucking 5,000 exit, I'd rather lose it, you know? Yeah. Hi, sissy. Hi, Francis. You make me well, Kayla, what like- do I have? It makes me get teared up. Because you changed my life too. Just took you 40 years, almost. Well, just we needed to go to Asia. Asia. I got so jet lagged. Mamu, you want to go to Asia? No, mom would turn. Mom would change probably to calling us Puskuda. (laughs) I could change her fully. Wow. That's real. I'm sure. Someone put this my secret. The end is You've got to come up with your own secrets. Dad has lots of secrets that help. But what, what did you tell the kid about principle? Anything? Kid is not going to build anything. I said, uh, forget about principle. I try to do principle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that what you said? Very good. Good. Advice. That was appealed to my son. Very good. No, really. You said it to him? Yeah, I said it It was crazy. Yeah. If you looked at when, I like tell you, when I tell you nobody's ever brought up, principle's a word we've talked about a yeah, lot. Yeah, I loved uh-huh. principle In my too. entire life, and think about how many questions I get asked, nobody's, nobody's ever said principle. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, the one time my dad's physically around, this guy, it's like I believe in that I shit. I said to him, that's exactly what I said to him. I said, I try, that doesn't work. No, it Go doesn't. with uh, advice. Whatever he says. <laughs> no, seriously, no, because. No, but the truth. God, I got so much, got so lucky in the way I got brought up. Like, I can give a lot of good advice, but to take something from zero to three, it takes a certain trait. It's just different things. Yeah. You know? For sure. It's, it's unbelievable, actually, the difference of something from zero to 10 versus 10 to 100. It's like, it's like completely the opposite skills, almost. Hmm. I just have them both. You just what? I have them both. Yeah. But most people don't. It's amazing. And most people, if they have the 10 to 100, can't get from zero to 10. Mm. See what I mean? Sure. That's true. Got it? I do. We got it. <laughs> we, we get it. We'll get it. <laughs> what else is going on at Papua? Beautiful day today, actually. It's perfect. such a nice facility. It's a good energy, too. People yeah. are so happy to be here. And work here. The workers here are so happy, too. Very organized. Mm-hmm. But even the staff, mm-hmm. of, like, 
the stadium. Amazing. Yesterday was a good too, last night. I didn't so realize what is my that? Well, I supposed to get in. Where I talk about LinkedIn being a shit place and you shouldn't even think about it and then show what I've been talking about for the last three, four months yep. and then I can write the copy that says, yeah, because on June 2014, because a lot of people get caught up with that. Like, Gary, you said this. I was like, yes, that was fucking last year. I'm like, I might change my mind about some shit that happened yesterday. The ability to change your mind based on new data is the differentiation of being successful. I almost want to tell my friends what that yep. was like, right? Because you want right. to, it's, it's easy to go for the short-term monetization, right? Where am I going? No, let's do the Yeah. Thanks, man. Got it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. Yes, great talk. Thank you. Yeah, Thank very you. Enjoyed. Thank you so much. I picked the right spot. She Jessica. We met last year, but it's good to see you. Yeah. Happy to do it. He's so pumped about this pizza thing. Have you stopped by yet? Not yet, right? Yeah, not yet. I'm gonna stop by. Oh, he's opening it in the southern part of the city. Isn't that how you got? He opened it up near Obal, but he opened up up the west side. And weren't you guys? That's how you met when it was southern, because aren't you guys right? Like that's how we ran into each other at one time years ago. That's how I met Aton. It's awesome. It's awesome. He's always been such a gentleman. Want to do some content? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it now. Alright, Gary. So, it's so good to good see you, So I brought the whole crew here from yes. New York to Asian 2021. Everyone's always figuring out, you know, when is a good time to kind of jump in and build content. If you had any advice for all of these guys here, you know, whether they're starting out, whether they've they've been doing it for a while, what's the biggest advice that you can give all of these guys from starting? It's content? it's the reverse of what people told people in the 70s and 80s and 90s about smoking. Like at some point our culture smoked, everybody smoked and then the data was very black and white that if you smoked it was very likely that you would get cancer and many people looked around at each other and a solid percentage did everything they could to quit because they were scared and a solid percentage said I don't give a fuck, the feeling I get in the short term for smoking is good. I'm basically telling you the reverse. Every single person here, which is, a, think about my actions over my words. I started a conference in this space, which is not just one space, right? It's a collective, which is the following. All of this, real estate, auto, all, referrals, sales, right? Referrals, sales. Then what happened? Google came along, and then there were smart companies that jumped ahead of everybody, and now is taxing the shit out of everybody, right? Right? Over the next decade, what technology is gonna do is destroy everybody here unless they build a personal brand. The end. So, so Gary, with that being but, but, said. But I'm gonna stick it, Ace, because I wanna yeah. nail this. <laughs> I'm promising you, I'm promising you that the, the bank, the Sotheby's, the Remaxes, the, what, the mortgage, the logos are in trouble. So, or they'll kill their agents to stay alive. It's over. Now you have three, seven, 12 years. Now 
you may be 74 and you're like, I don't give a fuck. Or you might be 44 and you made enough money or you're bored with it and you also don't give a fuck. But if you're sitting here and you give a fuck about this business five years from today, you better fucking start paying attention to what I'm talking about. So Gary, everybody here is a salesperson, right? So they have a company within a company. How do you incorporate building your own brand with a company like Olga Solomon, Nest Seekers, Citizens Bank? By realizing that that's your channel conflict. Like, you can't. Uh, You live in this boat. I promise you this boat will sink in five years. But the boat's delicious right now. There's good caviar and shit. You've got to time your jumping out. My personal advice is to just do it until they get rid of you. Call their bluff. They're scaring you like you can't do that. You gotta build the brand, not us. Call their bluff. If you have an option of what you're doing after. Guys, this is this happens all the time. Em- employees at Kmart lost. Even though Kmart was winning in 1984. Like this has happened already. This is exactly what I told Toys R Us. They didn't listen. It ended. Look, all of you guys here are here because you guys all want to learn something, build your own brand. What Gary is saying is true. Do it and build your own brand and create your niche and what what you're an expert on. And, And like getting to real life, if you need Caldwell, if you need what you have now, you gotta figure out how to get as close to the edge as you can and then you get slapped and you step back but but if you don't go there it's all it's gonna end up anyway they're gonna fire you they're gonna fire you that's that's a strong technology wins when I called my dad's friends that own black cars after I invested in uber they laughed at me until they cried go go read the articles by bookstores points of view of Amazon Gary, what's the one takeaway for everyone here leaving Agent 2021? Shit's about to go down. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's about to go down. You know, home life, well, home life. You know, that's a capital all the way. Guys, putting us all out of business. Red thin, home life. Zillow's starting to call people directly. They have the data now. Guys, it's over. The only thing you got left is yourself. And that self, what's amazing about making personal brand content is it may lead you to pivoting into health and wellness. Because while you're making your fucking real estate shit, you're like, fuck, what else do I talk about? And you start talking about smoothies and in four years you're actually doing what you should be doing, which is you own a smoothie company. It's 100%. I ran a liquor store. I ran a liquor store when I made my first video 13 years ago. Content is foundationally the only leverage left for us humans and you better figure it out fast. And then it all becomes the semantics. Many people here could not have to act on what I'm saying because of what, they're, what makes them happy or their financial situation. But, but head in the sand to what's actually happening is a bad strategy. And these collective four industries are head in the sand collectively. I don't know you, but I know it and I can Money in the banks know that 95% of the people, 95% of the people at this conference are outrageously vulnerable to the macro technology trends. And here's the part that really I'm most passionate about, because we talked about this for fucking, I mean we talked about this 11 years ago. 11 years ago, you're right, you're right, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, 
He was young, dynamic, and smart enough to be like, I'm not completely sure, but it feels intuitively right. 11 years ago, 99% didn't shake their head. You guys are all shaking your heads right now because this has already happened. 11 years ago, I was talking about what could happen on top of the internet. And then the red fins and the homeways and the Zillows became real. But now you're all shaking your heads because every day you know it's happening. But you're not willing to make less money in the short term to protect yourself in the long term. Which is why I got, if you follow my, nobody should follow me this carefully, but the reason I ended up in the current state I'm in, which is trying to talk about the Joneses and not buying shit for other people's opinions, is because the biggest vulnerability to a lot of people here who know exactly what to do is they're not willing to downsize their home or not buy a nice suit. Literally. And then that got me to, because they care about other people's opinions. Thank you. And that's the fucking game. So you should sell your home, rent an apartment, wear <laughs> shitty clothes, bunker down and fucking dominate. And punch people in the face. 100%? Gary, how do we get mortgages out of that? What do you mean? Everybody sells their house, so we're not writing any loans. I want to make sure I understand the question. Oh, oh. by the way, by the way, I'm telling you right now because both of us should see it. In 50 years, nobody's buying a fucking house. It actually makes no sense. Wow. Let's go party, fuck it. I'm telling you right now. I'm, 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 telling, I'm telling you right now. Right now, I'm telling you. I'm telling you on my, it, and it's funny, let me, let me tell you how it went down. All my internet friends in 2007, 8, 9, who went on to build the biggest companies in the world and made like real money, hundreds, billions, Something, when Facebook and Twitter and all these things went IPO and a lot of people that I came up with started making real bank, something weird happened. I started hearing them talk about not buying homes. Like, and it was like so foreign, right? I was already 34 years old, I lived, like the American dream, the propaganda of it all, what feeds the machine, marketing. What happened was they were so young and became so wealthy, they looked at homes the way they looked at business and they just ran math. It was fascinating and started building the foundation like you're tying up capital. When you eliminate worrying about what other people think and, and worrying about your parents wanting you to buy a house and that's what you're supposed to do, it starts getting real interesting. I got a question. So how much, how much do you think that you should spend on a monthly basis as an elbow or somebody to invest in your, in your social media, your marketing, as much, both and as much as you possibly can take. If you want to be the most physical specimen that you can be, everything. Seven days a week, every meal. Right? It's what happened to me two years ago. I did the, to answer your question, I have been on this kick for 11 years. I just went all in. Zero percent body fat. Which is why I have 30 people on my team, not two. If I had two, I would be taking home a lot more money. It's an expense. As much as you can fucking afford. It's your only defensible product in this industry uh, 10 years from today. The only thing you will have leverage in is being Sally Thompson. So guys, 50 years. Let's go. You'll be dead. (laughs) You'll be dead. (laughs) It's gonna take time, but I do think that one unwraps. I really do.
But look, the one takeaway that you take from this event, I truly mean this, is you build your own brain. Right, and that's why we brought everyone here. I believe you because you're so passionate about it and you dress the part. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Anybody else have a quick question? Go ahead. So you're super intense with what you do. You're so dedicated. I got three kids. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have about don't over that? Don't overjudge yourself and do it for you, which means do it for them. I have a question. How do you do it? Like, I have a, fortunately, very successful business. I'm a broker in Manhattan. I'm single mom with two kids, same thing. And it's like creating the time to create content. It's, it's, what I would say is, it, it's, well, first of all, you can outsource that. Like if but you, how do you outsource it and stay authentic to who you are? That's what I'm I do it every day. I don't, like they film everything, they send it to me and then I write the copy and I post. Let 98% of it be produced and then you post. So you let somebody just kind of trail you and then you... I mean, this is the ultimate, right. but it's not for everybody. Right. right. I have empathy that like, like, Jesus, when I did it three years ago, <laughs> Like I knew I was gonna, like it was, like, it's crazy how much has happened in just three years. Three years ago, I, that first month, me and D-Rock, you know, you're going into a meeting and they're like, uh, why is that weird guy filming us? So Gary, I'm going through the same thing with Josiah. Yes. It's so weird, we've been doing only for what? A week? A week and a week. And? It's, uh, I'm getting used to it now, you know? So, he's good. So are we, so are we. Yeah, so are you, so are you guys. So to both of you, here's what I'm saying. The biggest issue right now is very similar to like, the American dream is to buy a home. The reason most people are struggling with work-life balance is because they're listening to outside voices. You worry about what your spouse or your parents or your best friends are thinking about subconsciously. Well, it's not even that, sorry to pick up, but it's like getting the time to keep your business running successfully. Yeah. Yep. And then obviously getting to see your kids. So they That's right, you and by the like, way, but it's really ev- keeping every, your everything's like, a trade, but to me it's like, it's job. a daily, of course it is, but it's a daily execution, right? Like. Like, I just had two full weeks off the grid with my family. I feel awfully good about like taking the next three weeks and going hard, it's the beginning of the year. Like, I'm just, it's in real time. And by the way, if my daughter FaceTimes me right now and is like, da da da, then I have to adjust to that. Like, to me it's not, I hate ideology. You know what the answer is? Try fucking hard. But the other part is don't judge yourself, right? I'm willing to miss a recital. Do I want to? Never. We fight like hell. But like if fucking Pepsi calls me and says we have $31 million deal for you, you have to come and go sign it, I'm missing the fucking recital. Like fuck. Like, like it's okay. Like right? And by the way, by the way, and if it's not okay for you, I have no judgment on you. You gave up the $31 million deal to go to the recital because that was more important to you. Mazel tov. But it's judgment. It really is. It's, it's not hard if you contain it within yourself and you try. And you know how we all ebb and flow? Feeling good about business? Yeah, I'm gonna stay home today and meet them from school. You try, you try. Like what's right? I love my dad so much it's not even funny. I just named a fucking company off him. I didn't see him for the first 14 years of my life because he worked every day. Didn't know who the fuck he was. So as you can imagine, I'm super not concerned to miss some shit randomly. Doesn't lead to like resentment. Most parents shouldn't come home. You wanna get to the, you wanna get to the real truth? I love when parents come at me. I'm like, cool. I'm like, so you go home and you go in your man cave and say some fucking stupid thing to your daughter that's gonna actually fuck her up. Good job, I'm glad you're spending time together. That's how I feel. When did good parenting come in the volume of time? Somebody said something real interesting to me that's been watching me carefully. Older woman, she, uh, she said something about, you know, showing your kids how to live a happy life is the ultimate way to parent. 
bring my kids into my office. That's it. I'll let them see me work. You have a daughter? A son and a daughter. Yeah, I mean like, your daughter's gonna look at how you do it and it's gonna be a real fucking impact. And you never know, maybe it's not. Like, there's parents that are super successful. People always ask me about my kids because everything that's going on with me, I'm like, look, inevitably, one of my kids is gonna look at my mountain and be like, you know what, fuckface? I'm gonna climb it and be bigger than you, right? <laughs> and one of my kids is gonna be like, fuck that, I'm running away, I'm going to build a nonprofit in Ghana. You just don't, right? You don't know. Like, there's so, too much variables, you know? So, like, honestly, the, in that scenario, for sure, but, but if, it's my, if my daughter asked me 39 times about am I coming to this hip hop recital and it's a $1 million deal at Dunkin Donuts, I'm not going. I'm going to the recital. It's just making decisions, right? It's just making, right? It's just making a fucking decision and then living with it. And then most of all, not worrying that your mother-in-law says you're not spending enough time with your, like, that's just not in play. I think the biggest thing is Because then I'm like, well, what about you? Like, 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 when people judge me, I'm like, why don't we dissect everything about you? <laughs> I'm glad that that's what you think about me. But what about when you did that? Like, so, every single person here does fucked up shit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary, yeah. Gary, how do you get investors who can take equity in the company without trying to drive the ship, without trying to navigate the company? By giving them, uh, uh, you, just, you just ask. Right, I never thought I would take money until I met Steve Ross because he was willing to give me equity, uh, cash at a high valuation and have zero say. So they exist, how do you find them? You ask. Ask around. Hey, do you want to invest? No, I don't. <laughs> but, but that's exactly right. Like honestly, maybe four years ago the answer was, like right now I'm, not, I'm fully in like, I'm building my machine, so the answer's no. But I'm telling you right now, six years ago the answer would've been yes for a 15 minute coffee and it might've led to it. It's really that simple. Right, a lot of people here are good salespeople. They actually inherently are very comfortable with no. That's what separates you from everybody else. True. Right? Totally. So you're in a good spot, right? Yeah, it's just trying to track them down. When I'm, you know what I'm a big fan of? Try to find things that were invested in that look like you in some way and try to go that same person, right? Yeah, that's if you see, idea. you know, if you see somebody who's like kind of like that and, did, and what, they don't have to say? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, the other people I really, really, really like right now is third generation trust fund babies. If you can find somebody who's 22 to 33, who's extremely trust funded out and is very much an Ibiza, Mykonos, Vegas kind of kid, they're, they're using investing as a justification that they're an actual human being. Right? Right? So they, they want it when they're on the boat with their 16 models and bottles, they want to be like, I'm an investor. So you're perfect for them because they need to put something in and they're perfect for you because they don't give a fuck because they didn't make that money in the first place. Gary, I'm off to It's true. By the way, by the way, I once told that advice to somebody, they went to Ibiza and got their investment. Really? Being dead fucking serious. I actually think it's a great place to go. It is. Gary, thank you for what you do. Appreciate it. I own it. a company that publishes magazines. Yes. So we're making money selling print ads. Yes. And access to email lists. People aren't reading email reading magazines as much, print, not opening email as much. Should I offer new, better solutions? Yes. Or should I teach them that they don't need me? They need to be doing it on their own, and how? Both will work. Both will work? Either building a service business or a platform business. Just depends what you want to build. What should I offer them as far as platform? Look at the next few years. I mean, I know there's podcasts, yep. sponsor podcasts, I mean, any other. Alexa's voice is gonna be big. Social's got a good half decade still in it. Yep. It's never too late. A lot of people wait 
They're like, oh shit, I missed social. Yeah. You know you didn't. This is a game of best, not first. We didn't miss social. Nope. No. You know what? But I'm saying, if he's in the print and email business, he right. may say, fuck. There's Vayner. There's other people who've taken that business and social. Right. The reality is, it's just not true. If you're better, then and you might be able to use the leverage of your other products to amortize against an offer. Good point. This is a game of best. A lot of people here are not going all in because they think it's already happened. Because there's some realtor in their neighborhood doing a good job on Facebook. Yeah. You know? It's not the game of best, it's the game of what? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, a, it's not a game it's of first. To me, the bigger thing that people okay. struggle with is first. Oh fuck, I'm embarrassed. I'm gonna go on Instagram right now but I only have 30 followers. It doesn't have yeah. a good look. Vanity, you know? Yeah. Alright, thanks you know? Like, And that's what's happened to a lot of OGs, right? She or he's the OG of the area. I'm the biggest broker in the area, and you are. You've been there for 21 years. You're the biggest, and you don't go on Instagram at all because you don't want that to hurt your brand by having 82 when the upstart has 4,000. But you're 16 times bigger in business. The problem is it keeps compounding. This is why Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are irrelevant. They sat on the real celebrities sat on the sidelines on Instagram over the last decade because there was influencers that had more so they didn't want to come in until the influencers actually became the celebrities. They all made fun of Kim until they didn't. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, I yes. Yes. Remember I told you yesterday that I was going to write a book and write a e-course? Yes. I just had a major revelation, a huge breakthrough during John's Yes. Speech. I'm not writing an It's why John's there right now. John looked at my content and I broke through for him and it took him, he was very much going down the cliche course and just in the nick of time and now, you know, this is, this is why I love what I do for a living. I did it for him, now he did it for you. Thank you for the coaching. It's very real. Once you go in for the ask, you give up the leverage. The end. Whatever that ask is. It's just very real. Well, I, product is a little bit different. Pro, product is a little bit different. Um, but the inherent nature of giving versus taking still plays out for product too. You know how it plays out in product in a funny way? Making the best product, right? Like Apple I actually think is a terrible advertiser. It's just the iPhone's amazing. And so like the pro, right? Like if the product's better. I'm segueing from real estate into product because of exactly what you just said. And I'm a little confused. <clears throat> Yeah, but product, but product marketing again, is, it's all sales and branding, right? Instagram's incredible, it's just really incredible. You could be great at either on Instagram. You could make ads on Instagram that have the shop now and you hit the button and it's a piece of your picture of your watermelon. You click and you go to the watermelon and you buy it. Or I can make a piece of content that tells you how to take this watermelon and make a great cocktail. I'm just a big fan of doing as much of this as possible because everybody else is being like, buy my watermelon, right? That's, people are like, how do you break through the clutter? Don't be a dick, because everybody else is, because everybody's selfish. Go look at every single post. It's 100% selfish, even when they're trying to humble brag. Everybody's PRing themselves. Yeah, that's true. People are going to places just for the Instagram photo to play perception. Gary. Right? But you know what's funny? We always did it. Like, you just did it at the PTA meeting. You weren't telling your friend the truth. You hated your husband. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, but it's true. After nine o'clock at night. Right? It's just the truth. We always will, that's who, everything I do is just predicated on basic human behavior. Yo, gave up some of my money and others and like, re, like really undid, like turned back the clock. And it was, I didn't care about the money, I cared about my reputation, I turned back the clock. I gave up equity, of human equity, which I never liked to do. The person ended up making $81 million. Six years later, I emailed him and told him I had a book coming out and I really would like him to support it. And he didn't buy a single copy. And we have a good relationship. Now, moral of the story, that story could even happen to me. I could get an email, I like Ace a lot. I know who he is, it's not like a flyby thing. He could email me, he could text me, and I could miss it. It's just the truth of my life. So, so in theory, because I've never broached it, because I, I tell you this, you'll appreciate this, I am completely unfazed by that story. I have no judgment towards this human being. I maintain a relationship with this human being. It's just, just, do not give with, I did it at the time because I wanted to do it for him. I'm comfortable to ask. You know, Jab, 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 Right Hook was fun to watch as a book because it's give, give, give and then ask. Yet everybody who complains to me about it not working is in the business of give, give, give and take. There is no giving when you have a loaded gum in the back of it. The amount of people that give with expectation, that's called manipulation. It's not called giving. And that's the majority of givers out there. That's exactly right. Just give in the macro, because the shit that's being said behind your back is what you really give a fuck about. I'm, I'm building predicated on what you and Aton are actually saying about me. Yeah. That's the truth. Reputa- I love every personal brand. It's, so, it's called reputation. You want to feel better about personal brand and eliminate the stigma? Let me tell you what it actually is. It's called your reputation. It's called sleeping. 100%. Sleeping. I'd much rather sleep than have a couple more bucks. Boy, do I like to sleep. <laughs> Fuck, I love sleeping. He doesn't sleep. I, I sleep a lot and I sleep like a fucking baby because when you don't have anxiety that you're a piece of shit or you're a house of cards, yeah. life is good. Yeah. So, all right, I gotta go. Right, Thanks, me, guys. Let me come hang out with you for one day, follow you for free. <laughs> Work for you, I don't, do anything. I, I don't want to. Pr- come on, say yes. One, you always say yes. Fine. Let's do it. I'm going. I'm going through. I'm going through ways with you. Let's do it. Done. Let's do it. All right, Citizen Bank. All right, Citizen Bank. Citizen Bank. Really quick. Citizen Bank. One of the things we want to talk to you, Gary, about was the we focus on bringing value to the agents and doing direct consumer. So we're doing like two different models. Of course. So content that's direct to consumer, like financial fitness, yep. which is one of the things you told me to go mm-hmm. in on. And then the second thing was, how do we bring value to agents? Recruiting them um, in. By just giving more, helping them build their own personal brand, right? So Got it, so the gateway the there is, we'll, we'll help you we'll build help your you. personal brand, which then leads to the actual relationship and, we'll and the referrals, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Exactly, understand. because everyone's asking I totally referrals, understand. but they're not giving anything. So we, That's right. we just switched it. I couldn't get any meetings, so I just asked, can I give you something? And then it just switched it all around, right? Just, I just, it's like a click. So um, I get it. We did that, uh, and one of the things that we want to do is bring value to our agents, like that's our, because that's where, that's our bread and butter. That's the majority of our business. One hundred percent. So one of the things that we are going in on is a third of the buyers are now millennials. Okay. In our markets, um, and of those millennials, all the things we learned over the past ten years on marketing, actually are pushing these people away, right? So we're told to when a lead comes in. 
call them X number of times over this period of days. <laughs> There's not a single person them. that wants that phone call. No, nobody answers the phone. So yeah. they actually will flood an inquiry on a, on a lead page or something, and they'll say they're interested, but when we call them, they don't answer the phone. What about texting them? So that's what we've been doing is like, um, I've noticed a little bit, like emails weren't getting open in personal email boxes. Mm -hmm. Work emails are getting open, but mm -hmm. personal ones are right. a wasteland. That's right. So I've been texting video clips through this service called Bomb Bomb. Yep. Um, and then also just sending quick texts asking yep. when they would like to talk. Mm -hmm. And it's working. Uh, am I on? Imagine is that talking to people the way they want to be talked yeah. to. Yeah. So like, is that, you? what do you believe, what, do you, what are your thoughts I think Instagram text? DM would, I, I'm, I'm, all in on text. Okay. Because okay. Uh, like we I'm very bullish on text. It's why I have first in line. Yeah. And I believe in it the most. It's, uh, notice how I said what about text? Yeah. Text. So do you think like you think in terms of building a subscription if, model? If you added opt in. If you added what's your Instagram f handle in your lead gen form mm -hmm. and said in little parentheses we will follow you on there and DM you if we're unable to get to you by phone. You'll get everybody. Yeah, it's, I mean, and then. What you should really do on your lead gen form is how would you like us to communicate with you? Email, phone, Instagram DM, come to your house, smoke signals, write you a letter. You yeah. get a lead gen and then you've decided through tried and true practices from the 19 fucking 70s, this is the industry now, yeah. to communicate with them but they don't want to communicate. If somebody called me, I'd be upset. Yeah. I'm upset when people call me. Yeah, because you don't want the bandwidth for it. Because there's technology. It's yeah. called text me and I'll get back to you when I can, not you call me on my time. Yeah. We value time. Yeah. You should make the lead gens predicated on not just that, you should absolutely ask them up front aggressively. How would they like to be talked to? Like, if you say we acknowledge many people now communicate in different forms, how would you like to be communicated to? One, two, pull down, email and Instagram. Call and handshake. Okay. Letter and telegram. Makes, yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yep. It will work. And with millennials, that's... that's, that's and by the way, more and there's old school millennials who want a phone call. Right. And there's 73-year-old yeah, yeah. grandma who's hip as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Individuality yeah. to how they want it. Not just millennials do this. Got it? Yep. And you have that ability. Yeah. That's how the forum should be set up. Mm -hmm. So you actually build a service of, and then for texting, is that something they have to opt in for? That yes, okay. big time. Like you get their thing, then they gotta opt in and confirm because it's a very sacred ground. It's not a spamming place. No, it is not. Okay, Okay. and is there anything else that um, you can give us as far as marketing to this demographic which is becoming a bigger portion of our buyers? Look, I mean, they're cynical to marketing. Like they don't want the fucking... They don't want to be sold. Yeah, dude, they don't want the hot shot, I got a Lamborghini and a suit and like, I'm your real estate guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they want authenticity, stuff, yeah. they want contextual creative where they live. They want, you know, they want information, they want value. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like any other human. They either want to be entertained or informed, okay. right? Yeah, makes sense. At, it's basic, but the problem is you can't run an infomercial anymore. They don't care, that you, there's no 27 year old that thinks it's cool that your face is on a bench. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they don't. I mean, literally, when I see like a real estate agent's face on a bench, I'm like, that person's definitely we, like, dead. We'll, we'll go on the free board, we'll see a billboard where somebody just put up their face, and I'm like, that's for you, it's not for anybody else. A hundred percent. And like, and that's fine too. Yeah, that's cool. Like, mazel tov, enjoy it. I put my face on a billboard back in the day, it's fun, I get it. Yeah. 
The part where they really lose, I'm all, believe it or not, I'm a little bit funny with outdoor media. The same billboard can sell for 20,000 and 2,000. Yeah. So my opinion changes on that. Mm-hmm. But there's a price, but it's just not what they're asking. Correct, so like billboards sell in a funny way. Like you'll sign a six month contract and they couldn't sell it to somebody else. So now the month is there. Now they're scattered. They don't want an empty board so you can buy for 2,000 just for the month. So I like that billboard. Here's where I get screwed up, the content. So now you got the billboard at the right price. I'll take it. Yeah, every passenger's looking at their phone. Yes, I don't think billboards is as good as they were 30 years ago, but you give me a $20,000 board for 2,000, right? Everything's got a price. That's how I think about media, but then creative. The problem with most real estate agents when they get a billboard is they take their most stock image in a good suit. Nobody wants to talk to you, Barry. 1-800-BARRY will help you is like fucking 1987. Why don't you put a billboard that says every other real estate agent sucks and wear that awesome shirt that you're wearing now and that like will convert way better. Even though some people hate that you said sucks. Like, I know what every single banking and lawyer outdoor billboard looks like. It is a person in a suit with a tacky phone number. Can't break through. You've never seen it because you're so used to it. Vanilla. Yeah, it's the same thing. You get somebody with a FaZe Clan hoodie, like saying, I'm a lawyer and every other lawyer sucks, and put a phone number, they're gonna cream up 22 to 30. Yeah, it's just different. 25 to 35, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Real estate and mortgage, like both these industries moving forward with everything happening in technology and and how they're having to adjust or pivot, which one one feels the impact more? Both, because they're so inherently tied together. Okay. You know? Mm -hmm. Both. So the middle gets tech, eliminated on both. Yeah. yeah, tech will eliminate everything in the middle. Okay. Glass stores, people that tell you those sunglasses got eliminated. Yeah, sorry, I bought these from Warby Parker. Correct, you used to go Straight. to fucking Sunglass Hut. Lens cocktails, all that That's shit. exactly right, yeah. got it? The internet wins, we lose. Now figure it out. Yeah. If you're in the middle, you're finished. I really believe that. Now, the question becomes when. I'm right about that, yeah. mm-hmm. but if I said this in 1994 and you owned a bookstore, You'd be like, you got called out first. Yeah. Mr. Bezos came along. Yeah. If you were a taxi cab driver and you watched this video for some reason because it hit your fucking Instagram feed and you're like, well, I run an uh, internet taxi in 2009? You're laughing at me. Like yeah. the kid doesn't know shit. And then Uber put you out of business. Yeah. The internet will put everybody out of business if you don't build something defensible. The only thing that's defensible is the best product, the best. And this is the scary thing for people because now they hear that and like, well, I'm the best. No, you're not. The best product that's differentiated. You're just a real estate agent. There's plenty of people that have done it for 27 years too. Yeah. Or they could be LeBron and Kobe. I have a funny feeling if I decided to be a real estate agent next year, even with my lack of experience, that I'd be really good at it. <laughs> is that why you got Liz into it? Or you- no, Liz, Liz, my sister got into it because she like, always wanted to do it. Like, I mean, I pushed her to like make the jump and like supported her as she navigated inevitably what a lot of stay-at-home moms navigate, which is, you know, you feel a level of guilt that you want to do it. She grew up in an Eastern, I know what household she grew up in, one yeah. that's very traditional, Eastern European, mom stays home, you know? Yeah. So she had to go through her own shit. The part that I've pushed Liz on is her content on Instagram is I suck, I haven't sold shit. But it's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna lead to all her business. You know? Yeah, yeah it makes no, sense. For and sure, I, definitely. And there's like, a, it just seems like just being at this conference, there's a disproportionate amount of people in a higher age bracket. Like people are in real estate mortgage 
40, like we have no yeah. young people in our office, it's all older people that have been doing it for a while. And I think they get stuck on. Well, everybody's in trouble with young right now yeah. because everybody young thinks they're Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. We can't hire we need, anybody young. You can't hire anybody young because they're all starting companies. Mm-hmm. We need the economy to collapse. Yeah. Then you'll get young. Yeah. When everybody realizes their direct to consumer kumbacha is not going anywhere, they're going to get a job. Yeah. Punched in the fucking mouth. As you Punched said, right? in the fucking mouth. These guys, like a lot of them, everybody's kind of plagued by the shit of what it could have because they're in the older part of their life. Yeah. And they keep them back from future opportunity a lot of times. Of course. But um, I saw a piece of content of yours a while back, I don't know, mixed in somewhere, and it said, like, you were talking again about how you should have invested, or you could have invested in Uber, yes. but you didn't. But then you don't get yourself get hung up on it because you could have done it and then got hit by a bus. I'm very big you know, on that. Like, I'm glad you, what, did what you I, like that like piece just, of content? Like yeah. Super interesting, right? It just hit me because I'm like, all the mistakes I made before. Got you to where you are now. Like, yeah, this exactly. is the reason why you're at where you're at. And use that as your fuel to go forward. Yeah, and by the way, I could have been way better. I mean, I'm pretty smart. Like, uh, that 400 million, and I put it, like, it could be great. Yeah. It could be great, but, but it didn't happen. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, until somebody shows me a time machine, my ability to look back and dwell is going to be zero. Yeah, makes sense. We just want to thank you for doing this too, man. My pleasure. We got got a ton of wine on the way, I think, so. I I love it. it it Yeah, what are you gonna do? We'll give it to clients. He's a big wine guy, I'm not. This is why I'm so excited about the barter I did with wine. It's a win-win. Yeah, but a win, it was always a win-win. I always loved when I did barters for books, sneakers, and anytime I'm selling something, I want to barter because I want it to do well. And I know that access to me is very valuable because you can't get it. So I always knew I had a market and obviously as I've gotten bigger, the market gets bigger. I mean, some of the shit I did for Crush It, like buy five books and I'll be your best friend for a year. You know, like I didn't have the same leverage. Um, So anyway, with books, what I watched a lot of people do was they would buy a thousand books and put in a warehouse. Yeah, because it's, because they just wanted my time. Right. Maybe they gave away a couple, but like yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. They're busy. Right. If you can buy a thousand books, you're probably busy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, the best use of their time was to put in a corner. Wine's gonna be different. Yeah. Wine, people are gonna do shit with because it has a natural currency in our society that's better than a book. No clients love it. Yeah, love it. and then for me, for me it was always ROI positive. Once I ran the math, buy four thousand sneakers was worth whatever I was doing for you. Buy four sneakers was worth whatever you just bought, I decided it was worth it based on how much pressure I felt to sell it, you know? What's interesting about that though is I'm like, hmm, this actually might really work for me because I did the trade that was worth it but the back end has more of a residual. You're gonna give it to clients. They're gonna fucking love it. They can't get it anywhere else besides me. Mm-hmm. It's a direct-to-consumer brand. Oh, it's not right? gonna be in retailers, okay. So they're gonna go to the website and order it. It's just gonna travel better than books. It works better, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it's easier to enjoy right away. And, it, and I'll tell you, and I'm very proud of this, it's a $40 wine for 20 bucks. That's fantastic. So my hope is like, like that people will be able to taste it. It's a big delta. So. That's awesome, man. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Just for real quick, for our audience, we yes. wanted to run a um, kind of like a sponsored thing yep. to grow our awareness. Yeah. Can you give us like a shout out? Or I can. On camera? I can. What do you guys want me to say? Um, What's the name of the show? Well, this is just—it's just about our business. So Neil and Arjun. In Nevada and, and, and San Francisco. Yeah, Nevada and San Francisco. Hey guys, it's Gary V. Neil and Arjun and I are just chopping it up. The Nevada and San Francisco markets need to listen to this. That will work. That'll work, man. Thank you. You're welcome. It means a lot. Thank you. Got it.
Yes. Can I ask you a couple follow-up questions to some of the content? Let's go. Let's go right now. Man, there's so much content, brother. Oh, no, it's insane. Like, I got, like, nine hours of good shit. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's two points to this question. The first one, it, they're both about personal brand. It's the biggest thing you've been hammering this, like, weekend, or I guess it's not the weekend, this trip. But... Trying to figure out the most tactful way to say it, I'll just say it. Everybody that's around you and closest to you that I've seen doesn't have one or doesn't push theirs other than like D Rock, right? D Rock does. He like pushes his personal brand. What do you think the strap, like what would you do? Well, a couple things, couple things. Got it. So, a couple things. Number one, I'm pushing, look, I created Agent 2021. We, Boehner. Like, I picked these industries for purpose. I picked these industries for a reason. They're the ones that have the most amount of people that are vulnerable. The biggest reason that most people around me don't build a personal brand, take my own advice, is they have the best leverage going right now. You can go work at Lucas tomorrow because what you're investing in is building a relationship with me. They're all at the mercy of logos and platforms and referral fees, understand? 100%. My advice is contextual. You know, I put out content every day, as you know, and I'm willing to be judged by them because it might not be contextual for them, but it was contextual in the moment no matter how we post-produce. The best advice for people in auto and mortgage and real estate and travel agents is to build their personal brand because they're at the mercy of a bigger brand above them. The best advice for Tyler Schmidt and Max and Justin Novello and Rachel and May is to disproportionately over-deliver for what we're looking to do with me so that they have leverage with me so that I can put them on. Justin did enough on my team that I'm willing to do the video for him on the thing I referenced earlier, Justin D. D Rock has done so much more that I'm willing to like take off my leg for him, right? Mm-hmm. That's why. I don't mind or stop you guys from doing it, right. but it's not the best advice. The best advice is you somehow got close to the sun. Now milk the shit out of that and leverage that relationship in perpetuity. I mean, I literally, this is real. I want to show you this. Actually, zoom in. This is going to be very, very, very meta. I have to be careful and not showing a name possibly. Just stick with me. Give me one second. This is actually remarkable. Ready? Yeah, you're good. We're good. We're good. All right. You have post-production control. This is literally an email I sent. Can you get in? You can can blurry it. Do you see what it says? You're about to. This is literally an email I just sent to somebody who had to resign for personal reasons who worked at VaynerMedia for four and a half years. This is literally, look, look at the time, 1.58. Show your time, right? Oh, actually, there it is. One, here we go, 1.58. I want people to really see. This is, this is the most meta, real-time thing we've done in a long time. I was sending that email while I was answer, right before you asked me your question.
my advice is contextual, even though it's misinterpreted or didn't have the luxury of being contextualized based on our post-production capabilities, but it is fucking contextual. (coughs) Torchna. Sasha? Yes, right, but I think more importantly, identifying the winnable gaps is different for every company. Whether that's figuring out attribution of their media spends or architecting what 2019 spends look like or what are the 40 different animated graphic videos that explain my business to different consumers because I can't make 40 different creative videos like this at an effective price point. So figuring out what the winnable gaps are for each one of these businesses is different. But there's trends. There's themes. Yes. And I think that like that 2018 audit that informs 2019 spending is something that's really smart. Like that's a whiteboarding session. Like you give us, you know, the last 60 days of all the social channels, we bring you and your team in, your internal media buying team. A plan. Yeah. And then we help you understand. Like one of the ones I just talked, and at the startup stage too. Like there's startups right now that spend a million bucks in Q4 trying to acquire users and not happening. Gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the CEO of VaynerX, Gary Vaynerchuk. Hello, hello. Yo. Uh, first of all, I, I just want to thank all of you uh, for being here today one more time. Uh, how did it go? Awesome. Great. So, um, Really what I want to do is just set up a, a little bit of a framework of a recap of everything I've kind of sensed over the last two days. Uh, there are mic stands um, in four places throughout. There are two, uh, for everybody up there in the bleachers, there's right there. So I really want to go into Q&A and maximize our time together. Um, but, but what I really want to talk about before I go into that is in the macro, I genuinely believe that this is the greatest era to be navigating in the human race, I just actually believe that. I I believe that we've made so many advances, but most of all, everybody that's here today has the luxury of being alive during the prime years of the internet, which is the disproportionate invention in the human race. We are now, you know, the internet was awesome in 1996, but it wasn't at the scale that it is today, and the opportunities are ludicrous. And for all the disruption that's happening in all four of these categories that so many of you are in, with all the innovations of the companies that have the leverage with referral fees and things of that nature, you too could take the power of that platform and you could have the relationship with the end consumer if you chose to. And that's just not how it used to be. It used to be too expensive to do that. It was expensive to build 50 offices. It was expensive to give Walmart you know, millions of dollars to put your product on the shelf. This is the moment. This is really the moment. And a lot of my passion and the reason I've gotten so loud, especially over the last two or three or four years, is predicated that I just know this is the moment. I know when you have the best hand, you need to go all in. And the fact that you are even at this event, know about me and or this space or this movement is a, is a fundamental advantage. There are millions and millions and tens of millions of agents and dealers and and companies and people that look like you for a living that haven't even begun the process of accepting 
the realities of the technology advances in our society. So it would make me super fucking happy if everybody clapped it up for each other. Let's do that again because that was some tennis shit. <laughs> the content is the variable of success. We have an incredible team and I've heard unbelievable accolades of the presentations around media and things of that nature. We, other people for free, you know, you can figure out how to get in front of people. You know, pre-roll YouTube ads, for what you do for a living is something you can look up with a Google search and pretty much get on your way, right? It's the creative that you put in front of people that is contextual to the mindset, the culture, the target. If, if anything, I hope that everybody leaves this year. So many people came back this year from last year, talked about they started their podcast, they went more, just an enormous amount of success and beginnings of success throughout this entire day for me. But... There's a part of me that really wants to put pressure before we go into Q&A. And I'd like you guys to start lining up if you got questions. Let's start doing that because I want to get into it. Um, there's an enormous amount of passion I have for people to get excited about producing a lot more content. And when I mean a lot more, something that I got to say to a couple breakout sessions, one of the reasons I had my team do a fake takeover of my Twitter account the other day was I wanted to find a creative way to figure out if I could post 100 tweets a day. 100. And to be very honest with you, that was just a precursor to me to figure out if I can do 500 or 1,000. The, the sheer volume of content that I think will be the differentiator of the mature understanding of this social and digital web is gonna be the differentiator. You're not gonna be able to continue to just beat your competitors by knowing to run Facebook ads. People will catch up over the next two or three years. So I'm already starting with the thesis that's gonna help you compete, which is your ability to somehow figure out how to make 500 or 1,000 pieces a month instead of three. There's a lot of you on your first try on Facebook ads with one piece of content converted. It's that underpriced, it's that remarkable that you were able to win when you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. So, this is a really important time and I'd love to get into some very specific questions, so let's do it. So, go ahead, my friend. I'm a little nervous here. Um, Don't worry. Cool. Um, first of all, as a Miamian, I think it's really cool that you're here and you know, welcome to the city. I think you're, you're a guy that understands the relevance of um, hubs that affect culture and Miami really is affecting the Latin American American, North American nexus of culture, which is a big growing thing, I and I think it's awesome that you're in on that. Um, and my, my question is, man, you're, you're winning in like one of the loudest spaces um, that's the most wide open tournament for anybody to compete in. And I think one of your big differentiators when I listen to you, man, that, that I really like is that your end goal is to build an empire of honey. Yes. You're a context guy, right? Have you looked around, is there, has anybody else, who's the closest that's come to building an empire of honey, and what stops how are you, you know, like, what, did, what are the obstacles that are coming to come out of that? It sounds like such common sense. Like, what, what do you foresee as an obstacle in accomplishing that? So I think there's probably tons of big businesses that run by nice people. I, I, Warren Buffett sounds nice. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. The, the truth to your question is I have no idea. The amount of time I've ever spent 
looking at other people. That's not, and by the way, I think it's a good thing for people that learn that way. I love when people go to another company, spend a week. We do four Ds for that reason. There's a lot of people that learn that way. But there's a reason that I got Ds and Fs. I have a different style of learning. And it's not gonna be looking at, oh, Nestle did that, or in the early days of Johnson & Johnson. or like That's not how I roll. The, things that co- the consequences that come along with running a business or what makes it hard is when you create a nice culture, entitlement takes over. It's hard to motivate when you're feeding everybody and taking on all the stress. You know, so there's, a, there's always ramifications to a style, but at the end of the day, for all of you that are looking to build something, if you're not happy and it's your thing, you need to reset. Somebody told me yesterday in 4Ds that they fired every one of their employees, which I thought was fucking amazing and like super self-aware. Like, you know, the end. So I, I think that there's a lot of ways to do this, but I just don't understand how to do it in a way that wouldn't make you happy. I hate conflict and ne- negativity, so why would I build a company where that is rampant? There's no amount of money that can close the gap on that feeling for me. The end, so that's it. Thanks for it. everything. You got it, brother. Go ahead. Stranger, it's been a while. It's no good more to see oysters you. for you. I'm out of that game. I, I get it. All right, so I'm, I'm going to kind of go out and left field a little bit based off of something that you led with earlier today. Okay. As an independent real estate broker, and I've changed the brand name, and we're officially Dean Miller Real Estate. To go yep. only, if it's good enough for J.P. Morgan and Charles Schwab, why not me? I get it. So my, got, my got question. Looks. What's that? Got the looks, baby. I got to lose another 30 pounds, maybe. We'll see. I'm going to shave this off, too. I appreciate it. I trust you. I get it. All right, so here's my question. As a broker... What should we be doing to attract agents to come to our organization? And what do you think we should be doing to add value to those agents? I mean, it's a very easy trade. You know, brokers need to bring value. Agents have different things that they value. Some agent literally might switch tomorrow because you took the commission from 30 to 29. That was the value. They wanted the one point back. Somebody else might just like you because you're nicer and the brokerage that they work has got negativity in it. Somebody else wants you to help them build their personal brand because you got a little bit of a leg up and you do videos. To me, it's just reverse engineering what people value. Where do you see where the minds are going of the people? Personal brand. That's it. I, there's nothing else. Like the internet's gonna get the leads. Everybody hates their brokerage right now because the value changed over the last 20 years. Personal brand, because it's the only thing you're gonna have. It, you know, I've said a couple times, and people react, it's genuinely why I think if we ever started a Vayner brokerage, we'd win. Because it's the only thing that's valuable. I'd, give, I'd work on less commission. I'd, how much commission are you taking? How much? Yeah. It varies, but it's about 30%. Good, I would do 16. Now I've already got a financial leg up on you, and then I'm gonna say I'm gonna build a person's brand. I'm gonna win. See you soon. <laughs> I do. Hey Gary, uh, Jesse Lasseter here from Bayfield, Colorado. Uh, question for you about Agent 2021. Earlier you mentioned that last year were kind of getting flack. People were saying it's kind of a hodgepodge of, uh, and, uh, sorry, industries. <clears throat> and, and honestly, as I said earlier, it wasn't flack. People were just like, why'd you make a conference with travel? And it, like, how'd you come up with that? And I didn't really answer it last year and I'm alluding to it a little more this year, which is, These are industries that I think are disproportionately gonna get disrupted by people that did a good job by getting in the middle of everybody by building great big companies on top of Google that got all the leads and now siphoned it all out because everybody here is in short-term sales DNA. 
And to piggyback off what the gentleman was just talking about, um, so is that the end game for VaynerX to create brokerage business? No. Okay. But I might. I also might start a bubblegum brand. Or buy a soccer team. I don't, I don't know, but, I, but when I see things going on, I lean in, and some things manifest, and some things don't. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, one quick question. What are you and The Rock up to? What's up, me and The Rock? You mean, oh, oh, that. Absolutely nothing. That was a throwback Thursday video from two years ago. So, not much. Hey, Gary. Uh, Leo Gonzalez here from Orlando and Accurate Mortgage. Just wanted to say, first things first, thank you for hosting us all here. And obviously all the content that you put out really it's, I mean, it's changing my life and I'm sure other people here as well. Thank you. Um, just kind of want to go on a macro level, not really anything specific in like, you know, industry related, just more of like leadership style. Okay. Um, how do you deal on a personal and as a managerial level with emotional and, you know, work distress? Uh, like, you know, maybe helping your employees compartmentalize. Like myself, I, I can do it pretty well. I can put out fires kind of like how you yeah. Um, you know, pointed out yeah. with relative ease, but how do you, as a, like a leader, pretty much, you know, help other your employees compartmentalize that? Communication. Okay. Right. Like, there's a lot of employees who, you know, I create infrastructure. It's why it was very important for me to build up Claude and the HR department and chief heart officer. There's I lean into leaders that have been around Vayner for a while that build up equity by just being in the company for a while. So I don't I don't get my hands into things where I don't need to get my hands into caring, just being updated when things are going on with people. So I stay very close to HR that way if things are going on in people's personal lives or if there's conflicts with inner department or people of that nature. I think it ultimately just comes down to over communicating. When I get the chance to do it one on one, it's always rooted in insecurity. People are just insecure. And then you know, if I get the luxury of really getting to know them, you try to figure out why. And if they can figure out why, you can start building towards the resolution. But it's just, it's caring, right? Yeah, no. I mean, it's just caring to speak to them about that. And one of the things is candor. You know, I talk about radical candor not being a strength of mine at, at one point at Vayner, but in hindsight, there was a lot of candor. Like, in, in, its, in its detail, I was very comfortable over-communicating why I thought they were acting that way because they were scared they were going to get fired. People, 90% of people navigate through fe- with fear as the lead. You know, but besides like communicating, you know, trying to communicate as much as possible, is there anything else you would suggest to kind of break through that wall? Maybe like new employee or an employee who maybe doesn't feel comfortable sharing things. You you try to create multiple things. It can't just be come to me. I have an yeah. open door policy. Nobody comes. Right? Then you force it. Then you do group dinners. Then you really invest in the people that are cultural monsters within your organization. Right? There are many people at Vayner over the last decade that are the reason it worked because they were great at HR and somebody would trust them but not me, right? So it's just creating a culture where you're eliminating fear. Makes sense. And firing shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Perfect. Thank you. You got, you got it, brother. Hi. Hi, Gary. So you talk a lot about like creating content and attention is the asset. And yes. as agents, we are constantly putting out fires, as that gentleman over there said, and like we have inspections to go to and um, contracts to negotiate and all these different things that are working on our business. And I what know you, that what are you doing with the other sixteen hours? Right. So how how do you prioritize creating content and creating that, you know, 
videos and social stuff when a lot of the, the time is taken up by like clients and inspections and things like that. First things first, which is what's your ambition, right? For a lot of people here, they don't have to, right? In the essence, <clears throat> like to me it comes down to how many hours do you work and what are you doing within those hours mm -hmm. and how much money do you want to take home? If you're doing really well and you want content, you could hire somebody to film you and post-produce, you mm -hmm. could, right? Mm -hmm. If your ambition is enormous, you could work an extra hour. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is just about resources of money and time mapped against your ambition. There's no, I can't. Mm -hmm. Of course you can. Every single person here wastes an hour every day on dumb shit, mm -hmm. including myself. Including myself. Of course. So stop doing dumb shit. <laughs> Right, but, the, right. but it, start, it starts with the self-awareness that that's the case, yeah, yeah. and then it depends on how ambitious you are. Mm -hmm. If you're buying into my model, you're running a marathon. I'm talking mm -hmm. about branding mm -hmm. and long-term wealth creation. I'm not talking about short-term sales arbitrage. Right, right. So people pick short-term. Mm -hmm. They wanna buy a Lambo. Right. They wanna go on a better vacation this year. That's why they don't do it which ultimately in this industry and the four here will lead to the demise because the only thing left is gonna be your personal brand. I should have known that was gonna be your answer, but <laughs> I just figured maybe, I don't know. Sometimes you have to hear it. Yeah. Like there's so many things that. Cause that's, like, that's such a typical answer for like across the board. Cause it's the but answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I don't know why I didn't think of it. Like, like my favorite thing on my social is when somebody on an Instagram post, cause I read them, right? And they're like, hey Gary Vee, you know what? Unsubscribe, I'm done with you. You say the same shit over and over. I'm like, would you like me to make up shit I don't believe yeah. in? Yeah. Just to mix it up? I mean, mm -hmm. it's very true, but the question is, what, what less people talk about is ambition. You know, when I talk about work-life balance, I talk about happiness and ambition. There is no right work-life balance. If you, if you like, like what? Like everyone's living a different life. Like if you love what you do, it's your hobby. Mm -hmm. Like when I was seven or eight or nine or 10, when it snowed, I wanted to shovel people's yards, not build a snowman. It's in my DNA, it's what I like. Mm -hmm. So when you love it, the hell are you supposed to do? Not do it? But you have to know what you're up to. My biggest problem is people's mouths don't map their yeah. actions. Yeah. They're gonna build a huge fucking brokerage, but they can't find that hour because they have to watch the English Premier League. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Gary. You're welcome. Thank you, Gary, for putting this on, and uh, thanks again for the advice you gave us last year. It helped quadruple our can, business. Yeah, can you tell everybody just four seconds of it, because it's so real, because I remember sitting in that, we, we had a mix-up as a, as a post-game to a keynote, and so we met at an airport hotel. We had condensed time, and I just, you know, it was funny, I was telling you and your wife yesterday, like, I knew you were gonna do it, it's just in that short period of time, that kind of financial impact excites me. So just for the benefit of everybody to inspire them, not hearing it from me, hearing it from somebody who did it. Sure, so my wife, who's sitting over there, Carrie Scholl, we run a uh, real estate team in the Northern Virginia, DC, Maryland area. And we were already number one in that area. We met with you, the time was condensed, but you were very flexible and uh, you know, made it happen despite the mix up, which I think was a third party, not anybody. That's right. Uh, with you and uh, we got about 45 minutes and you know you really dove into what exactly we needed to put out on social media Facebook Instagram all of that and it was it was 
pretty simple. I mean, you can boil it down to just be the digital mayor of your town. Be Which, the, by the way, uh, you know, I think I did it first at like an Inman talk in 2009 was when I came up with it, improv on stage. I was like, just be the fucking mayor. I'm still obsessed with somebody here filling up the pothole on Main Street and filming it and making the whole town love them. Yeah, that was the example you gave us. I want that one. So we went out and did a whole bunch of series just going to restaurants, bars, uh, neighborhoods, and, and filming like a two-minute highlight reel of what that bar was about, what that restaurant was about, and then promoting it on a local blog that was paid, uh, you know, running Facebook ads to that area, and, you know, all of a sudden people were... It didn't work for about a month or two, but then all of a sudden people were like, and by the way, shit, the I'm seeing you everywhere. The bail at that month or two part is a lot because this... These industries, why I'm attacking it, are sales-driven. And so all the other voices are like, whoa, that's bullshit. He, you spent a thousand, we didn't get a sale. Go back to cold calling, tried and true. Yeah, so all of a sudden people were like, we see you everywhere, 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 and like, well, we really, we, we cut out direct mail. We went from like 15,000 a month in direct mail to zero overnight, and put it all into Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and it, it took about two and a half, three months, and then we exploded. Normally in December, we would do about 20 deals for 12 million, and we ended up around 86 deals for 52 million in one month. So my question Please. is, and, and thank you for that, but my, my question is, how do, how do we scale it and make it even bigger? And More. how do you, and when you, more. And when you're doing that, how do you balance the need to just put out a fuck ton more but still be authentic to your voice and, and true to your brand? Because that's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff to look Because I, I imagine for you, like you've probably got 15, 16, 20 people just working on your personal brand. Like how do you yeah, but make sure the they're putting out stuff that matches your voice and, and what you want? Because I post everything and write all the copy. Guys, I post every single Instagram post and every tweet. It's me. I write the copy. They, like, when Caleb was filming me today, there's even things I've said where I give him a look so he can remember to cut out that part. Otherwise, they watch and look for the good stuff. Then it goes into a text chain with 20 people. I approve if I like it. Sometimes I like the title they put at the top. Sometimes I don't. I change it. Then I take it. There's, there's a reason there's only one post today. We've been busy here. It's authentic because it's authentic. How do you how do you avoid you being the uh, the speed bump then? To, you can't outsource a personal brand. It's a personal brand. I don't. I'm just working harder than you. So how much how much time a day are you putting in just to Today, writing editing? Less. Well, in a normal day. When I go take a poop. <laughs> like there's a reason why a post always comes in for you guys on Instagram around 8.50 like, no no I'm not I'm already I'm, it's because a really good time for me and you know it's fun to have my it's honestly and this is about life like honestly it's fun to have my parents here 
I've started speaking less to my mom in the last year and a half because I need that five minutes to get that one post out. And that doesn't make me happy, by the way. That's just the truth to your answer. The reason you'll see so much from me at 8.50 to 9 is that's that little window I'm in the car right before I get into the office where I can sneak one in. And I also know that you guys are starting to get to your day. Then you're gonna get something somewhere around noon, one. I don't eat lunch, but like it's consciously hitting me like, fuck, I need to like think about getting another one out in the next four hours. But like, it's, it's random, but like, but it's the most valuable thing. Guys, everyone's like, when do I do this when I have to do my real job? I'm like, your fucking real job's bullshit. This is the game. Yes. 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 So are you actually like on the Instagram app typing it with your thumbs or are you doing no, it No, my fucking else? tongue. Right. <laughs> yes, my, yes, I'm <laughs> posting it. Yeah. Me, me, yeah. me. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, I didn't know if they, they gave it to you and you did it in a different program or you know, teed I, I up like a you know couple what, days it's funny, worth Caleb, of stuff. You know what's funny? Caleb was excited about the Caleb, where the fuck are you? You're like 6'7 with a fucking huge beard. I can't find you. There you are. Okay. <laughs> Caleb actually did a good job. I gave him a compliment yesterday because I like the way he vlogs me. It's a new look, fresh eyes, right? Me and D-Rock are in our cadence. Me and Babin were. Me and Iris were. He's brought a really good element because he was a big fan and knew a lot of stuff and there was things that he knew weren't answered and he's really helping me answer things. He filmed me yesterday posting it on the way here for 4Ds and he, and he got me to say something. He, he was interested in it. I, here's what happens. I get a bunch of uh, pieces of content in my text chain with the whole team. There's clips from the videos because that's why we vlog. Then I look at the title, like do the right thing, or whatever, you know, that shit, and sometimes I'll change it, sometimes it's great. You know, my, when you're around people, you can get into that. But then I watch it, and I'll watch it, and then I'll immediately post it. And if I get a call from my dad while I'm in the middle of posting it, when I'm done, I'll have to go back in, rewatch it, because I've got to be really fucking fresh on it, right? Like, and then I'll write the copy, and then I'll post it, and then I'll reply. That's why I created Team Gary V. that's them. When you get Gary V reply, that's me. I heart it, that's me. Good. So, that's how I do it. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me tell you why, let me tell you why, coming up to you in the top right, let me tell you why, bottom left if somebody wants to line up. Um, let me tell you why that's so important to read your comments. The reason I've been able to continue to come up with shit is because I read comments. The replies to things are the things that allow me to build on things. It's how I, you know, it's how I got into parenting or self-awareness or keeping up with the Joneses. It was just one long seed to why would I, why is every single person here not doing exactly what I'm saying? That would be something I was interested in. And then I would read and read and I'm like, oh, Insecure, you know, and just you just keep going down these paths. You must read every comment. You must reply to it. You need to, if somebody, everybody here is trying to build a huge following. The best way to build a huge following is to actually give a shit about your small following. All right, guys, home stretch. Thirty minutes left. You've made it this far. We're gonna close super strong. Chris Cano from uh, Line Mortgage of Texas. Um, our organization specializes in helping veterans uh, utilize their VA home loan benefit. Love it. Um, you actually gave a Fortune 500 speech a long time ago, the ROI of your mother, I'm sure you remember that. I do. Um, super awesome. It caused me to leave a big organization I was with and start our own thing. I've built our entire marketing off uh, a lot of what you have to say. In the morning I listen to you, my sweetheart listens to praise and worship. It's kind of a weird mix when you hear the two together. Uh, so but she's right person, here, her name's Marissa. Hey Marissa. 
She likes you now. Thanks, Marissa. Yeah. How long did it take? Uh, about a year and a half. Fuck. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, my point, uh, you talk about how you're a very competitive person and, yes. and you even don't want your son to win, you know, That's and right. I know your people take it out of context, but I don't like other mortgage professionals at all. Yeah. I don't like our industry. Yep. Um, I think the problem with a lot of our veterans not utilizing their benefit is because all the BS that's out there. I think banks and greed and a bunch of stuff have disrupted the idea of a veteran owning a piece of the country they've helped defend. And so I'm a small guy competing against a big lie. Yeah. And so what advice would you give to somebody like me yep. uh, to fight Goliath? David wins a lot when yeah. David knows that he or she is David. Yeah. It's a very important statement. Little guys and gals win all the time when they stay in their lane. Do you know how many companies are crushing it on Facebook and Instagram and Instagram influencers and then they think they grew up and they start running television? Stay David. Uh, if, and yeah, then, I want to be and, David. Good, uh, and, and then, then it's just time. Just time. A, here's the beautiful thing about being better. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Would you recommend David had like a strong connection with a strong agency? Um, like, do you want to... Should David and I Sasha need, be friends? Do David and Gary be friends? Well, Gary's more expensive than Sasha, you know? <laughs> Look, I, th I, think that, I think that at this size, and, and one of the things we're doing at Vayner, and we'll probably end up doing it at Sasha, it's just so new, is we want to help people build their internal capabilities. Anytime you're at an agency, you're gonna, you know, even the best ones with the best intent, there's still gonna be, at some level, conflicting interests, right? And I think the reason we exploded is because we try to eliminate them at all costs because we want to build businesses in perpetuity and so that's how we matched. You know, sure, I think one of the, listen, the, the reason I think the Sasha Group's gonna be a monster is we on purpose are gonna build a lot of tools that allow people to spend very little, learn it, and not have to re-up with us. It's my behavior. I give you away all my best stuff for free. You don't even need to go to Sasha. But if you want to go a little further, or Nick Dio is saying something because he's been picking up a lot of uh, vibes here. He's like, look, we need to create like a whiteboard media audit product because there's people here spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook, but they don't really know how they're doing it. And so like, if we just did a half a day session and got 20K for it, which would be nice and profitable for all the great people that Johnny and Avery are building up as learning experience for their, you know, because we have talent, boy, right? Profitable for us and for everybody here, if you spend $100,000 and it's 10X like, more effective, that's, you can, like, it could get very good. So the answer is sure, yeah. um, but long term, internal if you can help it. Thanks, Gary. You got it, brother. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. My friend. Hi, Gary. Kim, I can go a little something, right? Cool. Go ahead. Hi, Gary. Garrett Stone, uh, owner of a Remax franchise and model mortgage franchise in Westland, Michigan, near Detroit. Love uh, it. First, Hold on one second. I apologize. Kim, can you text Alex to push my calls? Cool. Go ahead. First, uh, me and my wife have been following you for about three years. Uh, we ended up quitting our jobs and going directly into Remax. Uh, real estate, and then six months later, dipped into the mortgage uh, companies as well. But uh, it's been a great two-year run so far. We're looking to scale up just like the mayor of the town that was down there. Yep. We're pretty much at the same thing in December, and we want to take it to that level okay. uh, that he talked about earlier. Yes. A couple of years ago, you gave a talk on 
how much money you should be spending on social, where are you at now with the monthly ad budget of what you should be doing no matter what? As much as you can humanly afford. Okay. I like, I like hearing me, it from you. Let me, let me tell you why. Facebook and Instagram attention is grossly underpriced. It won't be forever. You know, like real estate. It goes up in value. It's coming. Because Google did it. How many people here ran Google AdWords in 2000 to 2003? Raise your hands. Raise them high. Raise them high. Remember that shit? It's not the same price anymore. So, to me, as much as you can, and that means being thoughtful about what you're saving or spending for your life so you can pour more into the business, right? It's gonna go away. As much as you can. But it's content and media. That's where everybody's getting a little bit caught up. Everybody's pouring more media, but they haven't made 14 new, 44 new, 72 new. You're one new video, one new post away from changing the outcome on that CAC LTV leads. Same media spend. 33 to 47 year old women in Detroit. Different piece of content. $8 a lead, $4,000 a lead. The content is the variable. People have committed finally to the spend to some degree, but the people here that aren't effective on Facebook right now, it's your content sucks shit. Or your content isn't contextual against your media spend. But the value is clear as day and it will go away. Thank you. You got it, brother. Hi, Gary, Neto Almanza. I'm a huge fan. You're an idol of mine. Thank you. Um, well, maybe D-Rock's an idol of yours. So, uh, That's a pretty rad t-shirt, bro. It's, uh, I came prepared, you know? He's wearing a t-shirt that says, I'll record your videos like D-Rock. I came prepared, and I, not only that, I made flyers that I said, uh, Old record, school, I like it. I record, uh, have your own Gary V style videos, and I made packages. The Kickstarter, the Rockstar, Lead Like V. How'd it go? Uh, Tell I have truth. some, you know, like Beth. She's gonna follow up with me. Good. I have some people that I were you spoke aggressive with. enough, or were you too shy? Uh, no, no, I was aggressive. Okay. Um, were you too aggressive? I no, no, no. Okay. Just uh, <laughs> I'm good at the networking thing. I know, Understood. like, yeah. you know, create rapport Respect. and then yeah. You're romancing. I, I uh, tonight. <laughs> Go ahead. I did a, an Instagram ad one mile radius from here. Um, so I, I'm doing everything. You're dabbling. Uh, yep. And uh, actually last year I, I met you and you gave me the advice to be patient. And you know, I'm being patient, I'm working, I'm doing everything I can. After I ask you this question, I have to record a commercial for a client. Love it. Um, so you mentioned 500 uh, pieces of video a month, but I've been focusing more on my clients, producing it for them because they're the ones that are paying the bills. Totally understand. But I wanna do stuff for myself and then keep growing. Good. And so beyond just having interns and doing a shit ton of content, What's like your best advice for me right now? More content. <laughs> I just believe in it. I don't, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I started realizing how much my advice is like health advice. Eat better food, work out. It works for everybody. <laughs> I mean. So just getting into like, to just, I want to stay a David enough. You know, I don't want to grow so much, but I, should I raise my prices so that I can just yes. reduce my of clients? And of, of course you should raise your prices. Always raise your price until they say no. Okay. The best story ever for me is my speaking career. I get a random email at Wine Library that says, we would like you to speak at this internet marketing conference. 
I'm like, that sounds cool. Like, literally, just never crossed my, I didn't even know speaking was a thing. So I call, I'm like, hey, hey. And the guy goes, great, so we'd love you down here in Florida. Actually, it was in Florida. Uh, you know, April 23rd, I don't remember the date. Uh, I'm like, great, you know, at this point, I was traveling never. We traveled very little for the business. I was in the store all the time. So, like, I wasn't even, like, comfortable. Tra- I was like, can you help me with my plane? They're like, yeah, we got that covered. I'm like, oh, got that. I was going to pay for myself to go. I'm like, that's good. And then he, and I will never forget this day because I just remember sitting at my desk. If you've seen some of the old school Viddler videos of me sitting at the old wine library desk, it was right there. And the guy then goes, how much is your fee to speak if you fucking saw my face? I was like, they're going to fucking pay me? So now you gotta think fast, right? I have, when I tell you I have no fucking idea, so I'm a good, I'm a savvy kid, you know? I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, like, I'm like, I'm gonna throw out, because I have no idea, so I'm gonna throw out something so fucking crazy, because I need to figure out what the actual price is. Like, I have no clue, it's a good opportunity for me to learn. Like, you know, a million things are going through my head. They're, you know, I'm pumped. So he goes, yeah, an hour keynote, like, how much is your price? And I go, And he goes, great, we'll send you over to contract. And I go, fuck. (laughs) He responded so fast. So now I'm pissed. And so I'm like, like, first of all, I'm like pissed and pumped and blown away and what the fuck. Like intuitively I probably understood this was going to be a part of my life at that moment. And then all of a sudden I, I get a little kind of crafty, shady. I go to the end and I go, all right, good, let's recap. So... I'm coming to Florida, April 23rd, 30 minute keynote, $5,000. He goes, no, 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 I said 1,000. I go, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, like, I apologize, I, I, I didn't hear that part. That's actually $10,000. He goes, okay, great, we'll send it. I go, oh, fuck! <laughs> yes, you should raise your price. So thank you, I appreciate you. you got it. Thank you, and uh, if anyone needs videos, videos.work, video.works. Shout out, thank you. My man, first of all, too fucking close to the mic, but I love what you're doing, brother. Thank love you. all this. I uh, got a two-part question for you. One, you know, in real estate, in a second home relocation market, 60% mm-hmm. or more coming into the area. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook ads run well, a lot of advocacy on a local level. We lead with listings. That's great. We do want to tap into these buyers. We get real bottom of the barrel on the yep. local level because yep. there's no jobs there. They can't afford anything. Retirement community. Yep. What would you recommend... Do you have it's, data on which cities that are the colder area? Like, have you done that yet? It's, it's, a, it's a mix. A lot of Bay Area, a lot of L.A. coming up. But it's also a mix from everywhere yep. as well. So. I mean, look, I, when I, again, sorry. When media is so underpriced, yeah. like running aspirational ads in Los Angeles suburbs wide mm-hmm. for 60 to 90 to just say, is it time to move down to here, is just something you should need to see if there's legs in. Gotcha, but keep pushing the content. So we started doing like a local show, a lot of food and wine there, interviewing restaurants on a free basis, putting a lot of advertising budget behind And it. have you done the whole chopping up the one-minute stuff from the long stuff yet? We're in the process of doing that. Because yeah. I'll tell you, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, like if you talk to Caleb, if you talk to D-Rock, if you talk to everybody, it, like at first, I mean, D-Rock was trying to make the first 50 episodes of Daily V like fucking Star Wars, you know? like. He was like fucking bleeding, dude didn't fuck, like he was just like, that was, and then, and now, it's so much more about just getting it documented, doing a nice job on the vlog, 
but really looking for those one and two minute and 50 second videos that really give you unbelievable traction when you distribute them in, in a modern mobile digital world. Gotcha. Second part of the question, shows gaining a lot of traction, getting a lot of attention. What would be a strategy you'd recommend to maybe get some national network attention? DMs, shit like that. Sure, more, but yeah. is that what you want? You want to be on uh, the history look, channel? Look at, fuck, I don't know. Looking for a pivot. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, yeah. I, I would say concentrate on making great content. Gotcha. Like, build more leverage. Gotcha. You know? But yes, you can absolutely. But honestly, the route to actually do that is to go to an agent or a manager in Hollywood. That's sure. how shit gets sold. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right awesome. on, my man. Love it. Thank you. Fucking Tom Brady again. <laughs> What's up, Gary? Hey, bro. Marshall told a lot of solutions. <laughs> Hey, but Pints and Polish and Podcast, thank you for everything that you you've got done it, for us. Um, my question inside was more for me. Yep. question uh, here is, is more for my industry. Okay. Um, as, as I told you earlier, I started just as a detailer. Yes. Scrubbing carpets. Yep. Going into chemical sales to dealerships, um, where dealerships make the majority, a big, huge margin on used cars. Yes. Right? And the person responsible for making those used cars, their product that they make the most money on is a detailer. That if he can make it look the best, clean the carpets, shine it, whatever, that that customer, when they come on the lot, they might she pay. She or he has to see it post their, that makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah, right? Okay. Um, the redhead stepchild, the, the side of the industry that is shit on the most is detailing. And especially okay. the recon department inside dealerships. Okay. Very lack of uh, uh, education, lack of training, okay. lack of proper tools, lack of yep. proper payment, right? All that. Respect. Learning about Honey Empire. Yes. And my question for you was to just even to maybe a dealer here or another dealer owner or manager that might be listening, how can dealerships use Honey Empire to invest into those guys, into detailers to make no their lives what, better? And no make matter them, what you said up to that point, Happy employees stay longer and produce better work. I just, uh, that's how it works. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, like retention matters. Everybody's a big shot as a boss shitting on somebody until that person quits and you're like, fuck. Right? You're really pissed about the, you know, you, you, you focus on all the shit they do wrong, you don't focus on what they do right, you nag, you shit on them, you nag, you shit on them. And then they leave and you're like, fuck. And then you gotta replace them. I just don't understand. When you own a business, you work for them, not they work for you. Cool, thank you. You got it. Current, sorry, current thoughts about meditation center expansion. I think meditation is gonna be an enormous consumer trend in America. Like, if you, you, know, I, you listen to me enough to know that I believe this, I believe the next soul cycle and orange theory and all that shit is actually meditation studios. Gary, what's up? What's up, bro? So, first of all, my name's Dean, I'm in real estate. I started following you uh, a while back, actually, when you were talking about not listening to your spouse, your parents, just doing your own thing. I think you have to, that resonated with me a lot. And I think you have to say that a thousand more times. I'm going to say it a million more times. Um, but on a separate note, you keep saying how excited you are about this d big depression and the yes. depression that's coming out. Yes. And you're half joking, half not. But no, really... I'm 100% fucking serious. Okay. There's no joking. <laughs> I've eaten shit for the last nine years to put me in a position to capitalize. 
Guys, nine years ago when I started VaynerMedia, you know how much client, you do, client service businesses suck. Nine years ago, I was on fire. I just invested in Facebook and Twitter and nobody even knew this social, like, and the digital, I was on TechCrunch all the time, Zucks, and all these fucking fancy fucking people were my friends. I should have raised, should have, like many of my friends who were not as on fire as me, I could have raised a $300 million fund, took two points for just running it. Do you understand the math on that? And had 20% of the fucking back end for being somebody who just took fucking meetings and gave out cash to invest hoping something hit. Instead, I built a business that sucks shit. I'm not joking at all, my guy. I fucking put a decade in to build a foundation to fucking capitalize because I want to buy the Jets and win Super Bowls. All right, good, so talk to me. So, you know. Joking. So, you know, real estate, the, the, there's a limited barrier to entry, a lot of, a lot of bullshit artists out there. Um, you know, director of sports, director of redhead, redheads, you know, there's all these bullshit titles out there. But really. Are you the director of redheads? No. no. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about. I, of but, course but, I do. But, you know, the housing market is at a slowdown, especially in Miami, and a lot of people are trying to fluff it and talk uh, a big game, and, oh, it's great, but no, but yes, but bottom line is we all know where, where the fuck we're at. So and it's going to get worse. Exactly. Thank you. So how, what, what's your advice to prepare for that getting worse? Have and cash. And what's your advice to prepare in that industry when there's that standstill? Buy shit. Well, there's a, there's a period of time where there, there's a standstill and then all the flight Maximize real cash. Estate people. You know what's happening next. Right. So maximize cash right now. And maximizing cash comes in two ways. There's people like me who just makes a lot of cash. And there's people like my parents who spend no cash. If my parents and I teamed up, we'd be trillionaires. <laughs> you know? So... Everybody here can figure out how they're going to maximize cash. For me, for most people who aren't capable of doing what I'm doing, which is just generate so much, it's probably better to be thoughtful about your spending. Right? Right. No, I mean, look, there's, there's, there's that period of standstill. You know, everyone's like, oh, Dude, no, we're at the bottom. You'll, no, you'll, the bottom's you'll, coming. You'll appreciate this. This is going to make a lot of sense to you. I value the depression so much that I've been waiting for the stand, we've, I've been in the standstill for four years. I just know that $100,000 today, see what people do, they're, they're not smart. They, they, they don't think it's the bottom yet, so they're trying to pull a couple right. more shekels out exactly. while it's good, right? What they don't realize is that $100,000 when it's a nightmare economic world is worth 750,000. And they're not gonna be able to pull out 750 in this little window. So am I happy that I haven't maximized all my cash? No, I'm not thrilled. Am I gonna be super pumped when the shit hits the fan? Super pumped. Here's the best part. I'm telling everybody it's gonna happen. Like you can do it too, it's so black and white, you know. Oh my God. If you're in your shit, if you are in your shit and it sounds like you're in your shit in Miami, it's not gonna get better, it's overbuilt, it's over leveraged, tax implications, it's fucked. The band-aid this time is gonna be much slower than, than 2008. A hundred no thousand percent. Or maybe, for brother, reasons. or maybe not. Maybe the current president and the current atmosphere and whoever else, maybe they decide to put a huge band-aid too. I don't know. What I know is shit's gonna hit hard. No doubt about that. So my advice is don't try to get cute and get a little out, Sit, maximize fucking cash. God bless. Right? I told Zach to his face, I'm like, we got to hit a big fucking number in speaking this year. I want the cash. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Gary, once again, thank you so much for everything. What is it, cozy as fuck up there? Is, like, are the seats that cozy? You don't want to ask questions? What the fuck's going on up there? The hungry people come to the front. Go ahead. So I think I've, they're just better chairs, bro. These look like <laughs> shit. Go ahead. They are digging into the asphalt. I have, a team, <laughs> I have a team of 12. Not everyone is interesting. Not all content is industry in, in interesting. Real estate as an industry is not always the most interesting. Who says? Oh, me. Right. You're one fucking dude, dick. I know. <laughs> you don't get to say. Fair enough. Right? But you say I do. No, no. You do for you. Right, right. But not for the consumer. True enough. True the enough. end. This is a very important... You know, I'm, I'm jumping in and making right, a joke right. to make a very big point. Some people think it's really boring to watch men run into each other and play football. I think it's the most interesting shit in the world. Other people decide watching six episodes of Escaping R. Kelly is fucking fascinating. I do not. The audience gets to decide. So I keep telling people here, like, they're like, I'm not interesting. I'm like, the only thing you've got is that you're actually interesting because you're uniquely you. The biggest advantage everybody here has when it comes to this concept is their truth. (coughs) But everybody tries to do what's the right thing to do and they start to vanilla themselves. So go deeper and deeper into content, as deep as I can get. Correct, about anything, like, tripped today, (laughs) hurt my ankle, post. Thank you so much, Gary. Third comment's gonna be like, I fucking hurt my ankle too today. (laughs) We're humans, guys, we're humans. I mean it, it's why reality TV won. Reality TV got shit on, social media got shit on. The closer to the truth, the better. We like it, it's why we rubberneck. It's why we try to like, sit and listen to other people's conversations. It's what we do. We're interested. And so we have to talk about more, you know? Thank you. You got it, brother. All right, there we go, motivated. Let's go, brother. <laughs> so, so I have a question. We, yes. I launched a new brokerage about six months ago. Congrats. Okay? And I'm a firm believer in literally, I'm taking as small a salary as I can get. Good. All of my dollars, I'm pouring back into the yes. business. Right? So I'm at the, I'm, I'm, Everything I can, every dollar I can get pouring back in. Love. How do I, how do I balance that with the thought you just mentioned of there's a recession hitting. I'm going to want cash to invest when it hits the fan. You're caught in bad timing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pouring it in, but at the same time knowing there's something coming here. Yeah. You're threading the needle. You, you basically have to decide, can you build enough of brand and enough infrastructure that when shit hits the fan, are you in the top one to 2% that picks up the business? Mm-hmm. I'd have to know what's going on in your business. Well, I'm not, I'm not as worried about the business. I think we're going to, we're going to explode with that. Okay. But every dollar I pour into the business to get to the top 1% is a dollar that I can't spend on buying a 24 apartment unit whenever it's at a discount. This is called decisions. Right. You know, I, I, by the way, it might be 29 months before shit hits the fan. You would be able to do a lot of damage in those 29 months, or it could be tomorrow. If I knew, I'd sell everything the day before. I got a lot of Facebook stock. If I knew, I'd sell it all tomorrow, because I'd rebuy it back for half. (laughs) I just don't know, but I know there's a lot of things in place that feel really off. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, college debt, whether it's you know, not being able to write off certain taxes in certain markets, there's just a lot of pieces that feel eh. Not to mention the macro com- competition of all these tech-based companies that are coming into your pockets. 
There's a lot going on. Right. Cool. Appreciate it. You got it, brother. Hi, Gary. Oh, man, that's very loud. Hello, I'm Ashley Skeen Hi. from Hi, Atlanta. Um, so I'm an extrovert, and I have to, like, talk it out to make Good. sure that I'm, like, comprehending what the hell you're saying Let's and go. it makes sense. I'm ready. Okay, cool. So the chick uh, <laughs> earlier up there, she was talking about, like, oh, contracts, inspections, yes. yada, yada, yada. Yep. At the end of the day, and I know you're like, content, content, content. Yes. I love it. Okay. Right? And you're like, maximize every minute of the day, you know, yes. still have that balance. At the end of it, though, yeah. it's like for me, I'm starting off fully in real estate, yes. and um, I have a partner who is also my, my real estate partner, but we have a roofing and construction company where it all ties hand in hand. Understood. So he's doing that. I'm really full-time real estate. Yes. At the end of it, I'm just starting off, and I want to do that content, 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 and I don't necessarily have the cash to leverage all the schmegma. I know that's kind of gross, but I don't know. You know, like the contracts and stuff, but when you build your brand, like it has to be about you. So, so like how do I leverage without maybe having the pockets deep enough to leverage properly for all that other stuff? My patience. Oh man, that's that's. I knew it was gonna be a freaking easy answer. Well, let me but let me let me tell you something. I'm an instant gratification, so maybe that's my problem. You're gonna be right? instantly in trouble. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. So like, okay. look, let me just tell everybody what happened in my like. I like to remind people about my career. A platform came out called YouTube. I say I think it's gonna be big. I start a wine show. I want to promote this wine show. We, you know. How do I do that? I'm not taking dollars from what we were doing to sell product. I saw a new platform called Twitter. Then there was a website called Samize. What Samize built was a way to search Twitter because for the first year and change of Twitter, you couldn't search anything that was ever tweeted. Samize had a search engine. I used it for 15 hours a day. Dad, I don't know if you remember this when I started coming in at like 10.30 because I was up till 4.30 in the morning because I would stay and work seven, eight, nine hours, 10, 12 hours searching every wine term, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Bordeaux, Napa, of anybody tweeting anything because nobody knew who the fuck I was. So I read somebody saying, I'm going to Napa today on Twitter, because Silicon Valley, right? Going to Napa today to drink some Merlot. I replied, what kind of Merlot do you like? They replied, Duckhorn. I replied, overpriced. They replied, I would do that for 15 hours a day and I did it for four and a half years before anybody knew who the fuck I was. VaynerMedia was started in Buddy Media's conference room because we didn't have enough money to pay for rent. I've, I live my advice. Patience, you don't have the money? I get it. Go and reply to every single person in Atlanta on Twitter. It's free. And if you really, 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 really want it bad, you'll stay up to one o'clock in the morning and do it. And if that's too much for your body, listen to your body, don't get sick. But like, this is the game. You either put in the work or you don't. There's a lot of pushback to hard work. I'm not on that bandwagon. Hard work is the only thing I know that works when you don't have money. You have money, trust fund, hit the lotto, made it already, use it. Facebook ads. <laughs> Don't have money, you have hustle. People are starting to try to demonize hustle here and there in different pockets. Hustle's gonna be put on a pedestal when the world collapses. I gotta go catch a plane. Thank you. One more.
You want it? Yeah, I want it. Go. Your shirt is I'm pretty sure. fucking phenomenal. Oh, thanks, dude. Go ahead, Devin. All right. Uh, Devin Tryon from Hawaii. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think real estate is moving towards the Amazon, which means I think it takes way too long to buy a house. Uh, it should take 45 days. Appreciate it. Here? Yeah. Okay, got it. I think it takes 45 days to buy a house, sometimes two months. I really think you should be able to walk in maybe on a Monday. You get your keys on a Friday. You're good to go. And I think that's where real estate's going to end up maybe in 10, 20 years. Definitely. Uh, definitely. I would love to Devin, be on the quick. front. Yeah. Let me tell you how. Yeah. Blockchain. Blockchain. Yeah. Blockchain. Yeah. That's what blockchain's going to do. Right. When it's me and him and none of you fuck faces get in the middle, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to move in on fucking Friday. He's going to give me the keys on Friday. Fuck Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So well, It's coming. And I want to be on the front of it. Good. Thoughts. <laughs> like, <laughs> build apps on blockchain and wait 17 yeah. years for it to be at scale since you're young as fuck. Sick. You know, start putting out content around these thoughts yeah. as you're thinking them through. Um, oh. yeah, I mean, that's what I got for you. I mean, like, like what, how are you practically going to be at the forefront of right now, tomorrow, making house purchases go from Friday to Monday? I don't know. You, you can't. There's too much infrastructure and too much logistics in the middle in the way the industry's structured right now. You yeah. don't have the leverage. The only leverage one can have is putting out content to create new ideas and get people to rally behind them. And that's what I would do. You know? Yeah. Like, you don't, the, the tools are not in place yet. Right. Like, I want to go to Mars and eat a fruit. Cool. How? Mm-hmm. That's really what you're, like, there's too many processes and state laws and there's just too much shit right now. Yeah. We're going to need a human restructure. The last human restructure was called the internet. It really is in the process of restructuring. Mm-hmm. The next one will be blockchain. Blockchain has the infrastructure to play out the dream that you have. You're going to have to wait. Good news is you're young. Wait. You'll see it. All right. But I think you should start talking about it. Mm. Podcast, content, things like that. Cool. Guys, thank you so much. If D-Rock can do it with Dubai, Caleb can do it in Miami. There were so many fucking gems today that honestly, I don't even want to put Caleb in the difficult spot of trying to go through it all. So instead, I'm going to ask him to make a two, three, four hour version episode with all the monster shit in it, family stuff. I was very sharp. There's a lot of fucking advice today. And then I'm going to put something on you. Could really use the help for my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn content. So, as you watch this, if you see the fire clips, especially if it's a minute and under, and you can leave a reply with like two minutes and 19 seconds to two minutes and 59 seconds, and then you should title it this. If we pick your thing, we will give you a shout out in the Instagram post, which will lead to an enormous amount of awareness for you. So we're all gonna kumbaya the fuck out of today. Clearly a special day. Clearly, I'm tired, which rarely happens. I put out a lot of fucking energy today and a lot of fucking advice that I'm proud of. So, monster three hour and 19 minute video and then a monster amount of community work on YouTube to clip things and name them and then a lot of monster exposure for the people that decide to put in the work to get clipped up. Have a great day. I did. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.